I don't know, maybe maybe in a blessing to our listeners, the episode will be the shortest episode in the podcast's history. <laughs> Happy 50th! Yeah, happy 50th, man! Thank you. We did it. We're still here. Still it, here. It, yeah, been a wild ride. I never actually expected us to make it this far. I have to be honest, I also didn't expect us to get like past the first five episodes, but we pulled it through. I'm, however, wondering if you are still here, dear listener. I <laughs> sure hope so. Most likely not. Like, yeah, this is the episode where we are going to give the mic to you, dear listeners. Not, not literally. Not literally. Not exactly. But uh, you know, this episode is going to be the first deviation to our format of one film analysis that we've done per one episode. That's not going to happen now. Today we're going to follow my co-host's great idea. Like a couple of months ago, <laughs> we <laughs> the fa- famous last words. It it wasn't my idea. <laughs> Pretty sure it was. Like a cu- couple of months ago, <laughs> I, I I take no blame for this one. <laughs> no, no. Hopefully, praise. We'll see after this one. But uh, you had an idea for a celebratory 50th episode where we take a moment to break the entire format. Great, uh, and to relax and to look back. And to look forward, kind of self-reflection episode, inter-reflections, if you will. A kind of, yeah. I, I really wanted us to make an episode where we kind of take a look and try to have a chat about what it actually means to be doing a film podcast. There's the perspective of the listener, there's the perspective of us on this side, and there's quite a lot of experience how we've grown as hosts and how we see films and all that and at the end of the episode we will go through all the feedback that you have given to us at least the ones that we dare to publish in this episode (laughs) (laughs) no but um there's been a lot of well pretty kind words we still have quite a lot to go through here because we specifically asked this for this episode so this will be fun and yeah, so we'll, we'll, we will address all your feedbacks and requests. So this podcast is entirely about, you know, you and us here in the booth. M- more about us than about you. We are <laughs> that, completely honest. That could possibly be, yeah. No, but do you still remember that, that time of making this podcast when we were afraid that the seven-episode curse will be our downfall? I totally remember that. Like there, there, there was a moment in time when we were happy that we actually reached the episode eight because that meant that we had escaped the curse. Yeah. So, listeners who don't know this, in the Halloween Five episode, in the seventh episode, we just had read an article where it basically said that on average, after the seventh episode, the podcasts pod fade. Pod fade meaning that they stop releasing episodes after that. 
seventh episode, but we managed to avoid that curse and we most definitely managed to avoid the curse of Michael Myers right after that. <laughs> and it's been a wild ride. We've had it, these challenges. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you would kind of if you would think about these things in seasons, like this would be now the ending of season one. I, I guess the the title for this season would be the adventures in audio quality. Boy. <laughs> 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 That, that, that has been quite the experience, most definitely to our listeners. Um, yeah, well, it's it's been that too, but uh, the craziest ride, if we talk about audio now, has been, of course, the first episode <laughs> where we were... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we had the bright idea that, you know, we, we can record audio while being outside. It didn't quite work out. <laughs> Yeah, we found out pretty quickly that, I mean, the, the, the first idea that I had for this podcast in terms of mood, how we're going to do it, is just going to be this very, you know, laid back, we'll record where we want, when we want it, and we're not going to worry about that too much. And even the podcast format, okay, you know, we have this template, but, you know, it's going to lose template, and we do basically what we want. But pretty soon we find out what are our strengths and what we should do in terms of audio quality, not having, what was it? You had some tablet that you were using on the backyard or something? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. I, I was on my balcony recording with my phone and, and with a tablet. <laughs> yeah. you, you, yeah. you can kind of hear that out of the audio. You can kind of hear a few birds there. <laughs> and there was nothing that you were recording on your side, so it was... Totally up to Skype at that time, Jesus Christ. Yeah, in the beginning we used Skype and... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, us using Skype, man. Oh, man. That, 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 that was an, that, that was an adventure also. There was a huge delay in audio. Like, there was a real serious trouble to, you know, interrupt somebody if you got a great idea. Because it would take like five seconds before the other guy would stop talking. Yep. And then finally, oh yeah, there was this uh, one, ex-colleague of mine who made the notion that oh, maybe you should be trying Discord. And I was like kind of hesitant, what, what, what is this Discord? Like some, like for some gamer kids, some application, why would, why would we use this to record our podcast? But um, I suppose it's one of the best out there and boy oh boy, there was an improvement in the audio quality when we record. I can hear my co-host much better. There is no delay virtually. It's great. Well, yeah, it, it, Discord works in some aspects. I, I give it that much. But basically, in my end, I have been fighting against Discord through for for now for almost fifty episodes. Because God damn it, is the is the bastard really? You know, more often than not, it is somehow fucking everything up. There are the moments when I completely lose your audio. Then there are the weird gaps when we don't hear each other at all of the crack either joins or leaves or starts to sexually identify as a sea urchin and even if there was even that one time when our guest mysteriously dropped <laughs> mid-recording <laughs> and we still don't know how we are going to salvage that episode i suppose that kind of happened twice actually Oh, we <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so if we want to disclose these things, we actually made the mistake, first of all, to have four people in one show at one time. I figured pretty fast that this is a terrible idea because there's going to be just too much traffic in this show. So we kept it down to this tight three people before it gets too confusing for the listener as well. Like, who the hell are all these, all these people here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what are all the all these noises? Yeah, so yeah... It, Something happened. It was the Horses of God episode. We have we had two <laughs> visitors from Morocco or guests, and only one of them survived for the final recording yeah. of the episode. The second time was actually our previous episode, the Prisoner of the Mountains episode. Yeah, let's disclose it. We did have a guest in that episode. <laughs> we, we, did. we honest to God, we did have a guest, and it was a good guest. Like she, she had a lot of points. Unfortunately, I couldn't hear half of them because fucking Discord w- once again cut o- cut her off. Like she couldn't hear what we were talking and we couldn't hear what what she was saying. And then there was, came this weird moment when when apparently she had dropped off from the chat, but she still was visible. Like like her icon and name was visible in, in the voice channel. Yeah. Giving us the impression that she still was with us, and then we were trying to ask her a question. We didn't hear anything, and then all of a sudden she drops out, and right after that the crate goes down also, so we lost our backup recording. Yeah, so for our listeners, Craig is this uh, automatic kind of a backup recorder. In in case we lose our uh, original audio files for whatever reason, then we would still have this Craig backup, but it failed. Yeah. So yeah, oh, through, through some editing magic, we still, you know, managed to pull that episode together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, like, or that that one time when we were doing doing an episode. Uh, and one of our guests forgot to p- p- press the record button <laughs> on his end. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but that we still guy. got it finished. <laughs> yep, uh, which which actually goes to show how much magic happens behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was like twenty minutes of his file, and then the rest of the audio is from this backup. So if you're <laughs> really good uh, listener then you can maybe hear the change in quality but it's pretty small still yeah wow it this has been like the technical issues the podcast <laughs> pretty much that, that yeah. yeah technical issues that that sums up the whole experience yeah we have been extremely lucky that we have not had some episode which we could have lost like all of it at some point because of these incredible issues. We, yeah, we also have been kind of smart since we actually have like three or four different recording devices going on as we do these episodes, because that is the level of paranoia that we have reached here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good good thing to do. And yeah, we had this pretty, well, lackluster audio quality compared to what we have now in the episode one, two also kind of three and four and then at halloween 3 season of the witch episode i got the new mic i have this rode nt mic which is quite popular among podcasters and uh, people who record some music for this range of quality it's pretty cheap in that sense i like it still quite a lot i mean 
And uh, later on, we got the same microphone for Henrik, just to, you know, make make life easier also in the editing and mixing. And my God, it has been like a huge salvage. Yeah, I, I, I've been meaning to thank you for gifting me the mic, man, because... <laughs> You're welcome. Because, yeah, yeah, I I also have, I, I have the same setup as Kari. Uh, it, it's purely thanks to Kari making the financial investments behind the scenes because that that, that, that is how we make money here basically <laughs> the whole podcast is munching off Kari's wallet all the time <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting this level of openness in this episode but alright <laughs> well it, it, is, it is brutally honest. <laughs> this, is the time, this is the episode when we are actually looking at ourselves. But for the longest time, I, I used the equipment that I had, which were headsets and extremely low-quality low microphones. Like, absolute parkage bin shit, which I used because I'm, I'm fucking poor. And... and <laughs> And, and and it it the situation got so bad that Kari was almost yelling at me off the se- behind the scenes that God damn it man fix the fucking audio will you and, no. and I I tried to do do this do it yourself home repairs to my to my recorders and I don't know maybe it helped maybe it did it but at some point Kari's nerves just gave in and and he was like. Fuck it, I can't take this, take, take, take this anymore, so here, have a fucking mic. <laughs> so that, that's, if, you, if, if you have been following us for quite some time, you have noticed that there are these weird changes in, in the audio quality and, for example, how much levels there are. On my voice, well, that kind of explains it. There are, there are these time periods when I'm going through a different type of do-it-yourself, try to fix this shit kind of invention and... <laughs> yeah, and I noticed that you kept changing the microphone over the episodes in this period as well, and this co- caused me a lot of uh, head scratching like, I had the previous filters that I kind of drag and drop to the next mix and then I would kind of try to you know fix it a little bit, a little bit here and there to, you know, make it sound kind of similar. But Jesus Christ, now we have a new microphone and we have some new weird fucking background noise in there. Like every two seconds there would be like... Yeah, that was the fucking worst, I must admit. Like, I went through like three or four different mics. Oh my god! Be- behind the scenes, before before Kari finally gave up and and simply se- sent a road to my direction, also. Yeah, I remember when I was doing the Terminator Two mixing stage. I mean, I don't know what what it was, but this Terminator Two and Apocalypse Now they are probably my most horrible experiences when it comes to <laughs> mixing because I couldn't make our mix uh, or our sounds to make even remotely similar sounding <laughs> oh god actually it, 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 it's, yeah. a, it's a good thing that apocalypse now wasn't one of our longest recordings up to date <laughs> lasting like fucking six hours 
Oh, it, it also also didn't help that I actually, in, in order to get, get get into the mood of the film, I recorded it with a broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, oh. uh, the acoustics <laughs> must have been great. But but you know, th- there you have it. You you had your very own Vietnam experience. So you know you are welcome, man. Now now you know now you know what what, what the people in the film set went through. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Maybe we can talk about us for a little bit. Like Henrik, who the hell are you actually? Are you? <laughs> I'm I'm still trying to figure that one out myself. <laughs> yeah. You live in Rovaniemi. You study media, and you're about to become the master of arts. Someday. And I also studied media, as you have noticed in almost every single beginning of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. If, if there's something that is important to remind you all, <laughs> it is that we have a background. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, my title is media assistant, just a measle media media assistant. I worked in the field for a while. I I was working for a couple of TV series that are pretty well known in Finland. And kind of, I was the kind of assisting editor and going through different kind of video material and trying to you know find some interesting shots. Like let's use this and uh, giving suggestions to the editor. Like let's go here and that direction. And that was a lot of fun. And I also did a lot of color correction. But uh, we got, we got something to the TV apparently. Now what made you quit on the TV side? Why move Poland to work as an IT? Um, when I was working for TV, it was always a case by case contract. So I would sign for this TV series. I would know that I will spend there maybe three or maybe four months, and then I would have to again look for a new job. And this seemed to be pretty much the norm in those circles, and I kind of got tired of that. And yeah, I wanted to get something more stable, I guess. So it wasn't for me. Then I guess there was a little bit of an issue with the way people operated, you know. There was a lot of egos floating around. The director would have this idea, and then the editor would have that idea, and then I would not like the idea, even though nobody cared about my opinion at that time, when I was still like a trainee. And, you know, when you when you have um, an artistic product on your hands, everything is always pretty much up for the interpretation. And in my opinion, if you're the director, you make the calls. Because if, if everybody is starting to make their calls or suggestions, then it's going to be a catastrophe. There was a lot of people who made arguments about basically nothing. I mean, if, if, if we would be talking about something factual, I would understand why you would start raging on about this decision. If you don't want your name to be in the product, I can get that, you know. You don't like the final product, then change your name to Hupakadoo or something like that. But yeah, this is... And then I moved to Oulu in Finland, and I desperately did try to find some media work there, but you know how it is, pretty small city. And it didn't quite work. So what happened was I started to be in a call center. And I couldn't find anything else than that in there. After that, you know, I broke up. I went back to Helsinki. Still didn't find anything that interesting. Then one day I saw online uh, this 
application that they were searching for people that would like to work in IT in Poland. And at that time I had broken up once again with somebody and then I was like, okay, nothing is holding me back. I don't really have a contract for an apartment even. So hell, I already know something about Poland. I like Poland. I like the language. I know something about the language and I always wanted to go live abroad. So, okay, that was a pretty easy decision. And also knowing that I already have had some friends here, I could come here immediately. I contacted one person and she had a flat for me to share for the first six months or so when I lived here. So I just packed my shit and went. Do you still feel that, you know, someday you might want to return back to the TV productions or film crew work? Kinda, yeah. Because the little amount of creativity that you can give in artistic production, you cannot do that in IT. So that feels kind of limiting. But still I'm kind of decently good with computers, so I kind of like it. But to be honest, it's very technical job. At least, you know in this IT. The one thing I like about it though is the fact that there are only kind of yes and no answers to questions. Something is not working. Okay, then there has to be some reason that it's not working. Let's see. Is it this or this thing that is not making it working? Or yeah, it's kind of like this on-off mentality. There's always a reason for something and always an answer for something. Whereas in artistic production it's like, oh this is good but I don't know. Today I feel like we should scratch the whole project and do something else. Yeah, that really is uh, in my experience also when when dealing with art that the extreme ambiguity and yeah. this kind of a not having direct guidelines on what to do and how to do it and even will you eventually do anything because because the projects like you said they can be scratched. Even in the, you know, almost at the finishing lines, like everything is almost ready. And then someone, the the leader of the project just decides that now we are not going to use any of this. And everything you've done is completely wasted on that moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything is up for interpretation and you don't always know what you're going to do the next day or how long it's going to take. Yeah, and you, usually e- even when you are doing something, you or, or once again my experience is that when, when you are doing something, you often even you don't know exactly how it's going to shape up because, for for example, you are filming something and you have the idea already that this is what I'm going to shoot, these are the shots I'm going to take, and this is how it how it's going to be compiled. And then you shoot it and then on the editing board you actually realize that something is off. For some reason yeah. you can't use the material like you have planned. Or then you simply actually realize that you find this new angle to the material you have and you start to actually change the original plan you had. Yeah, exactly things like that. How did you end up into this media school after all? I actually got into it by accident pretty strongly I, I I have this weird habit that I I kind of every summer try different entry exams simply to see you know what they are all about it was the arts turn to check out how, how they actually feel what what is the exam what you are actually expected to do and I I don't know I I decided to give it a try or simply go out and check out the entry exam. And 
back when I started, I didn't even know what how long the exam is going to take. Like I, I was usually in Finland, these are one day jobs. It, it takes you one day, one exam. But what, what I soon found out during the exam is that when you are applying for arts, it's actually a two-day deal. Like just as I'm doing here, I and I do it kind of a quickly, just out of the way. But somehow I actually got qualified and was given a place in the study program. And at, at that point, the first thing I actually did, I called my mom and asked, you know, how, how am I actually supposed to react to this situation? I have a place <laughs> in the program, but someone who had traveled all the way back from Helsinki, you know, she did not qualify. And that actually wow. caused me some concern, like, do I have the right now to take this place and enter the program? Or would that just be a dickish move to some poor shot who really wanted to make it, but just didn't have the luck this time around and my well my mom told me that well of course you're gonna take it that's kind of how i ended up now studying media and this is hardly your first study so you have studied for a lot of occupations before that right yep i i have uh two degrees in business uh, actually what what happened with the with the business degrees was that when I went to study business, the Finnish economy was booming and there was this huge demand to have these middle-level and low-level bosses and God knows what, you know, inventors of business solutions and business analysts and strategists. Even the, the whole business coaches occupation was booming back then that Trainer's house was in a downfall, but it hadn't yet completely went belly up and was at its death throats at the time. But at the same time, the, the general public didn't yet know exactly how dire the Nokia situation was. So that that was the situation when I started my business studies. And when I finally graduated, the Finnish economy was... It, it had already crumbled. There was this... Hell of a long, did it last like 10 years, the slump where we ended up, and it was the kind of the final days of the slump. So basically, we all graduated and were unemployed right from the get-go. And at that point, you know, it, you had like two choices. Either you try whatever you can to avoid being simply and purely unemployed, or then you just, you know, become full-time unemployed person and start raising the social benefits. And I, I did try that for half a year and almost killed myself in the process because well. I, I found that unemployment and doing absolutely nothing really doesn't suit me that well. So I kind of, I, I had to get back to school or I, I had to actually, I had to do at least something so that I yeah. wouldn't have too much free time on my hands. Yeah, be, been there, done that. Although... When I was un unemployed in Oulu, unfortunately, I was uh, stubbornly trying to find something that would relate to my media studies, because otherwise it didn't make any sense. But then I had to succumb to something that was not in my field, which which was call center work. And But yeah, during those six months, fortunately, I found continually some things to do. Like <laughs> I started to study Japanese. The worst part is that you kind of have to give 
all your private information <clears throat> to these government entities that will yep. go through all your fucking records and Jesus Christ, I wanted to jump off a bridge almost, but no, not really, but it was a fucking terrible time. To me, to me, the straw that broke my back was the dullness. Like, the the thing that you didn't have kind of a... You, you, you had nothing during that time. Basically, all, all, all the money that you got came from the government, so it was kind of a government's dime. And then what you had was all this time when you didn't have kind of a, anything clear to do. And that really was that that really kind of a, was too much for me. I I I found out during that time that I'm I'm those persons who constantly has to be doing something, anything but but still do something like do this podcast and and do do my studies and do all the project works and and be active on different communities and work for EU and all all this stuff. You you have to have something, or I have to have something constantly on my plate. Because if I have nothing to wrestle with at the moment, then I it, it pacifies me to a point where doing anything all of a sudden becomes e- extremely hard. Yeah, I also need to have always something to do in a sense, but maybe in a different sense. Like I have no trouble. I have no trouble whatsoever. Just. Being on my own, being in my room <laughs> almost 24-7, of course I have to do something else as well. But, you know, I feel I have so many things to read about, so many movies to see or whatever the case would be. Go to the cinema or learn about this or that thing or study languages, which I should do way more. But um, I don't feel like I have to be at least running for from something do you get that feeling that you get really anxious if you don't have always some you know project to join to or uh, be active with people i don't know i i don't get that thing i can be separate on my own like for like a year i don't care um it's it's quite kind of hard to explain i i need the project but you don't you do you need the social interaction as well um not really i mean the the case is i'm i'm actually quite inverted as a person, so to yeah. me, the social social situations are quite taxing. Be- being socially active is is very tiring for me. It takes mm. a lot of energy, and it is something that I have to force myself to do. Yeah, like e- e- even to do this podcast, and I don't even see you, man. But I I know that <laughs> we we have this constant social interaction. So even even doing these episodes is very kind of a taxing for me. It takes a lot of energy and it is at times something that I really have to push myself through in order to be able to complete the any given episode. But at, at the same time, I, I also have the constant need to actually do something. Maybe it's something that I'm, I'm just running away constantly from something. And I, I don't even know what that is, but... Okay, let me put it this way. Have you ever meditated or have you tried meditating? And how did it feel? No, no. God, no. That that could be way too scary for me. Be that that intimate and that lonely with my thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, okay. For for me, it's not a problem. I can sit somewhere for an hour and kind of it's it's about doing perfectly nothing. Just noticing uh, the feedback or the environment that you can't avoid hearing and sensing while you are concentrating on nothing. 
people have been recommending meditation to me, but I, I, I don't even know what has been holding me back. For some odd reason, I really haven't given it, given it a shot. Yeah, there is this, uh, that some people connect it uh, very much with Buddhism, or it could be some kind of a pseudoscience, or they are um, disturbed by the fact that in some meditation circles, they have a lot of these Buddhist beliefs or pseudoscience connected to it, but the act of meditating itself has been seen as scientifically useful for you. So, of course, it's still a kind of a new side of studies, but uh, yeah, results seem to be promising. And yeah, I would say it's beneficial for me. It clears my head. I can concentrate on some people's talking, for example, for more extended periods of time or whatever one task it is that I'm focusing on. And yeah. Yeah, well, maybe someday. Like maybe I, someday. I'm, I'm not completely closing it off. Yeah, I guess it's great all around for people who <clears throat> like to do that kind of a solitary or, you know, tasks that uh, leave you to, to your kind of senses. If you like to, you know, go hiking or spend a week in the mountains or th- stuff like that, I would love to do that. I could be in a, in a shack in the mountains for like half a year and do the podcast weekly from there, but that's all. <laughs> Maybe someday in the southern Poland, I will just disappear there. Yeah, I, um, well, at, at least I can recommend, you know, seclusing yourself into a shack in the mountains. I, I did try that one out, and it was a great huh. experience. Didn't last that long, though, but still, you know, maybe, hopefully someday I'm somehow able to once again return to my little shack. Let me guess, you didn't have any internet connection, and then you were like, oh, I need to do the next uh, Flick Lab episode in 50 minutes, so... No, no, it. It, it, it was way before, <laughs> it, it was before we, we started this one, yeah. and, and doing this, but, but I also, I am an outdoors person and I like kind of simply wandering out there in the nature so the being on your own in the wilderness it actually suited me quite nicely great we should go hiking someday or just you know getting some do some long nature path walking yeah well maybe we actually should give it a shot whenever in this life there's a possibility to actually make it reality (laughs) but uh, it's a nice thought yeah, since you mention it, the, the notion that we are, the two of us have now been making this podcast for over a year, it's it's kind of a surprising seeing how we have, haven't actually met properly D- during this, this entire year. Like there, there was that one, one one evening which lasted like two or three hours when we saw face to face in the cold night of Helsinki. Yeah, yeah that was great. But I was already tired uh, during the evening and uh, probably wasn't uh, giving the best possible output at the time and uh, Jesus Christ if we would have done the Apocalypse Now episode at that time (laughs) that would have been a joke. It it, it says a lot about the two of us like (laughs) we we are old friends we haven't seen each other for God knows how many years now and then then we finally manage to organize to meet each other in the, in the streets of Helsinki this one night. And what what is the first thing that we actually try to do is to try desperately try to record the next episode <laughs> for the podcast. And the lengths we actually went, like we, we we didn't have a recording space, like like a 
proper indoor space where we could act, could have made the recording. So we ended up kind of scouring through the the hotels and hotel lobbies of Helsinki, trying to find a place that would allow us to stay indoors for a few hours so that we could actually make the recording. Yeah. Um, most of all, I was just really interested of having a like a kind of a special atmosphere for one episode where we would actually be like face to face and what would come out of that. And well, I guess because you were also using these five dollar mics, so it could have been an improvement <laughs> at the time. See, there, there you see, there you get the desperation that Kari was going through. Yeah, yeah, but it was. Great to see you and and your girlfriend. She was uh, she was really funny and great company. <laughs> she was she was also ha- out of for like half of the conversation that we had. Unfortunately, we were reminiscing all those twenty-year-old stuffs. <laughs> okay, um, I guess that's good about our backgrounds. Yeah, but the background talk already. Got us into pretty dark waters from the all the jokey jokes and and laughs that we had at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> like we were actually supposed to celebrate the fiftieth episode, and, yeah, and I, now, now now it comes dealing with depression. The talk. <laughs> this, this this is the way that uh, conversations with me go. So <laughs> this is the typical Finnish conversation. Yeah. Oh god, it's nice to see you, man. It's been so long. How you been? I have a depression. I have a depression too. <laughs> Let's shoot ourselves today. Yeah, or like the way I just uh, tremble on from one subject to the subject 20 in like a matter of 15 minutes. And <laughs> see, that's the way I do it. <laughs> that that basically uh, still has been this goddamn podcast. So it shouldn't come <laughs> any surprise to our listeners. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, well, there is one thing we could talk about as well, the, like where the idea for the podcast came from. Hmm, it's actually a pretty good question. I guess that falls to me. Yeah, this podcast most definitely is a product of your deceased mind. <laughs> so please share us all your delusions that event that in the end, <laughs> in the first place, made you start this podcast. I have to actually really think about this because I didn't go through this before I pressed record. But um, also a running theme in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you get the only the true moments in the show. <laughs> you you actually do get the free flow of of whatever goes through our heads while recording the episode. Yeah. Like we don't it I I would say it's been perfectly clear to anyone who has ever listened even one episode of the podcast, but we most definitely don't have a script. Yeah, most of the time, no. Like, <laughs> what have you, have you been cheating? Have you been cheating me <laughs> at this podcast with a script? <laughs> I'm a professional from media circles, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Never talk to me or my recordings ever again, man. <laughs> You'll yeah, be hearing it... our lawyer. <laughs> yeah, it's quite quite unscripted indeed like and and for that i'm really impressed by for example of henrik because of course i don't know what he uh, he's always doing in the background of the episode exactly <laughs> usually masturbating but, now that you ask it oh <laughs> good to know thank you 
yeah, you're able to do this really long monologues, which are <laughs> blasting, like full of information. Most of the time, I don't even really cut your your sentences because they are useful. <laughs> it, it, it's good to hear because most of the time, I don't even realize what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you get more into this, you know, in this mode that you kind of are able to ignore all that is around you, you know, you're kind of meditating, I guess, you're just doing this talk about the film, you can concentrate it on, pre- on it pretty well, whereas I keep stumbling here. Uh, you might be onto something there. I've actually never thought about it in that light. Who knows, maybe to me, the deep analyzing of films is a form of meditation. Because I, I most definitely, quite often when we are doing the podcast, I don't realize what's actually happening around me. I, I, I don't know, may, maybe in the worst case, even my room could go up in fire and I wouldn't realize that. Maybe it's like what some musicians say, that when they get to the stage, they reach this certain mode. And when they finish the show, they have absolutely no idea what happened on the stage. I don't know if it's similar to like... To you, like, do you remember what the hell we were talking for last four <laughs> you, hours? Usually not. Usually, yeah. I, 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 I do re- remember some conversations. Usually the ones where we have fought the most. Like, those I remember. But often, once we have stopped recording the episode, it takes like hour or two hours, and I mostly forgot what I have said and what we have been talking about. Interesting. So about the, like... Genesis of this podcast. Let's see. Well, you know, the big project in my life when I was a teenager, this goes all the way back to the Viton and shit. So we were doing this, you know, video game shows for our own own entertainment. Me, I was doing basically everything in them again. <laughs> and uh, they were not aired anywhere. We were just doing it for our pleasure, putting something together that could be kind of like a TV show-ish thing where we would review video games and uh, music videos and what the hell ever else we were doing. And that was a weekly format. And, and those episodes did come out on Thursday. Uh, it just so, so happens that uh, so does this podcast, so something has not changed. And w- when we stopped doing those TV show things, I kind of missed that kind of cyclical thing that we had going on. And the second thing I missed was that I was pretty highly knowledgeable about some aspects of video game world at the time. I need to, I needed to, you know, study it to keep up. And then we stopped doing this and then I'm completely outside of video game world and lo and behold, Xbox the first one from 2002 when I bought it, that was the last game console that I ever had and uh, so on and so forth. So, yeah, something happened there and it took a while to come back to something like that and you know doing some project with friends or whatever and then I did like a couple of amateur films including the Terminator 2x (laughs) and uh, I like doing this type of projects that are somehow artistic and then we stopped doing those and year by year it started to become like harder and harder to convince people to join projects <laughs> well i understand of course that the the terminator project project for example was uh, kind of an experience for all of us like i learned a lot from that like you don't just simply shoot stuff 
that fast as we were wishing for it to be finished took like five times the time that we were planning for it. And then I was thinking like, well, okay, nobody wants to do a movie with me, fine. Whatever did I do so wrong that nobody wants to do any art with me? God damn it. And it just so happens that in my circles, there are not that many people who would be like maybe artistically inclined. And most people's answers would be like, yeah, I don't know. Like I have many things to do. And I didn't get any of this crazy passion for any of my suggestions for some people. Then I started to kind of crumble in my stupid self-misery. Like I was kind of blaming others and then I was blaming myself. And at that point I realized, okay, I have to do something about this. There has to be some people who want to do something cyclical. When I've been living in Poland, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I started to listen to a few movie podcasts and I realized that uh, there was always something that was lacking for me in those or you know I was looking for something specific where I would get a lot of information in the in those episodes like yeah I would search podcasts in like an episode name basis so let's say I want to look for episode on Goldfinger then I want to you know after that episode I want to know what happened during the production of Goldfinger and kind of get like very specific scene by scene information And of course, what we do now here in the Flick Lab, it's a weekly format, so we don't, we never have the time that we would like to have, you know, to research some films. But then again, I also realized that there's so many films in this world that you kind of have to keep pushing forward and forward and forward. And the more episodes we do have, you know, it's, I think it's better for everybody and we can market different kinds of episodes for different um, populations. So that's kind of where it, where it started. I wanted to have a podcast that would cater to me. I couldn't find that podcast, so I decided, okay, let's create it. And who would be interested in doing that? Well, there was person one that I kind of signed for doing this podcast. It, this was my brother. Unfortunately, it really didn't go through. However, during the process, I had already written my notes for the Bone Tomahawk film. And I used those when we recorded the Bone Tomahawk episode with Henrik. Uh, but yeah, that ne never happened with my brother. And then I was looking for person number two. And he was a little bit shy, so it didn't work. And uh, then I posted on Facebook in one beautiful June day in 2018. Like, would somebody be interested in actually doing this? And then Henrik is one of the guys who responds to that. Like, something aching to... Like, what kind of podcast are you interested in doing? Like, I've been thinking about something like this myself, right? Then I told you what it was about. Films. Great. It fitted you. I've been kind of uh, curious to know if you would have gone with some other kind of podcast as well. <laughs> like politics or music or whatever. Uh, politics, maybe. Even though politics is really hard really hard and I'm even more kind of insecure and not that familiar with politics. I, I yeah. do have a background in some level but I, I would be kind of a hesitant or I, I would be ready to do a political podcast but it would still require a lot more of that time before we would start actually recording the episodes for me to kind of catch up and Reread th re through all the political theory and kind of catch up with the what are the 
ongoing politics. For example, in Finland at this time. Most definitely there's a very passionate crowd for these kind of things. And these are, you know, in a sense, things that matter. So it would be interesting. And if you would have something like this, we would know more about politics. But yeah, the, the backlash of getting something wrong is so huge. And uh, it feels a bit cocky for me as I haven't studied any political sciences to just start some kind of podcast. So it would require a lot of prepping. I mean, I should probably take at least a year off of just reading about politics. So it wouldn't be as easy maybe as jumping into film podcast. Even though here I feel my limitations at the moment. I wish I would uh, have time to read more. We kind of went way too ambitious with the podcast. Like, did, I, I kind of we? remember the first ideas which we had, which was supposed to be very technical. Yeah. And, and kind of simply be, be, be this mix of technical and making jokes and giving yaps at <laughs> any given film that's kind of what you find in in the first episode you do yeah 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 but we pretty soon we started to wear off more and more into this territory of of deep analysis and and talking about symbolism and and the philosophies of the filmmakers and the film itself and looking at subtext and all this stuff which you are supposed to do in a in a serious film podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do more of this character and plot analysis, but at points I've had these attempts to get us back into more technical. Then I put it in the episode, I leave it there, and then I'm like, hmm, you know, I'm not sure if this is interesting even for a technically minded person. I, I'm not sure if it works that well always in the podcast format. But, it, uh, uh, that that's a that's a hard question. Uh, I mean, of yeah. of course, I kind of a, would be on the side of believing that it, it would work and it would be interesting if we would stick with the technical themes longer. <clears throat> yeah. But th- then again, the technicality of filmmaking is something that I myself also have pretty often left it as your territory. I'm I'm left the kind of the pretentious role in this podcast, trying to sound very schmuck and smart, as you said. <sighs> I, I I don't know about that. I don't, uh, now, now that you raised the issue of pretentiousness and and who is pretentious and what what is being pretentious, I actually have been thinking that question myself. For for some time now, when when we have been doing this podcast, like are the two of us actually pretentious? Like, is is the flick lap a form of our pretentiousness? In every episode, I'm kind of conscious about that same question actually, and I try to do my darnest to not sound pretentious. I'm always aiming to portray. Or give it only correct information, not bullshit. I try to avoid bullshit to the best of my ability. Yeah, but is is film podcasting and film criticism in itself is it actually an act of pretentiousness? Like we we, we are basically to to be pretentious means that you pretend, you are pretending, you are a pretender, and. When we do the podcast, when we tackle these films, we kind of um, 
by the virtue of making a podcast, we kind of give out this statement, even though we don't word it out during the episodes, but, but the act of podcasting itself gives you this statement that we have this deeper understanding of uh, film. Yeah. Like we, we understand it better than necessary our listeners, necessary than than even other podcasts. That's why you should most definitely listen to our shit. And (laughs) in some episodes, we've even made the claim through presenting harsh criticism that we actually understand film better than the actual persons making the said film. And film (laughs) in in the end is... It's a form of art, like it's it's not hard science. It's you you can't you can't give ultimate truths in art. Like you can, for yeah. example, in in math, like one plus one equals two, and and the Earth is a sphere. But I, I don't know if every critic kind of a, takes this high ground that I I have this deep understanding. I have cracked the film. I have cracked the art. You raise a lot of good good points when it comes to us stating our credentials in the beginning of the episode. That's of course, you know, to be brutally honest. That's of course, to, you know, to give a good starting image of our show. It's kind of part of the marketing as well. But I would say that we still do know like more about films than you know maybe the world average or whatever you want to say. Of course, there is the fact that we kind of. In this internet age, it's easy to give yourself this kind of artificial pedestal in the sense that you just put up a podcast and, you know, there's, I think, thousands of movie podcasts without even exaggerating it. So I I don't know, like, compared to whom we know more, but if I have ever made any statement like that in any episode that I would know more about something than the filmmakers, well, yeah... In many occasions, I guess, yeah, in a retrospect. And probably the makers of the film as well noticed that they were making a shit show or they made a small mistake or whatever the case was. But when we are being hard on a film, we kind of make this... Like like being a hard, giving a hard criticism, even though it is important and it is deserved. And I'm not saying that that it it is wrong to uh, criticize art or give criticism to the makers of art or to give criticism altogether like i'm not saying that that is a bad thing and you shouldn't do that but non-verbally through that act of giving criticism you kind of point out that you have found flaws like this you could have done better this you didn't do well enough and this you simply fucked up and that kind of a that i'm not sure about any of this, but I have been wondering, does that had the hidden meaning that you actually understand the target of your criticism better than the one who actually made the thing, made the film? Like, when, when we were hard, or I was hard, on Freddy's Revenge in, in uh, just, you know, a few yeah. weeks ago. That's an interesting one, yeah? Yeah. I, I mean, at times I was being downright brutal to the film and the people who were involved in the film. And I used a lot of rough language. I blamed the whole production house for pretty much fucking up. So did that act had this not stated out implication that I would have made it better? I found all these flaws 
I understood the film better, I wouldn't have made these mistakes. Uh, of course, it's always like convenient in retrospect to look at these products and look at them from like our fancy Blu-rays or DVDs and you can stop and play and pause and rewind forward whenever you want and it's also convenient and you can analyze every single frame of it and make jokes of this and that. Uh, but um, yeah, that's an, that was an interesting episode. I think uh, like artistically also we just experienced that differently, but that doesn't take away from the fact that of course this film has a lot of, you know, that even that can be a gray area, but there's a lot of like technical stuff that you could have done better in in the sense of, you know, putting the story together perhaps, but more obvious like movie cliches, the toaster wasn't even on, blah blah blah. Weak special effects, bad timing, repetition, weak uh, villain at points. But yeah, I felt that you were really, really harsh sometimes and uh, I wasn't so sure if it was so important to get so concentrated on this that the film crew quote-unquote fucked it up that if they didn't realize that there was this gay undertone. Even then, you know, who knows? My god, it was like, what now? 34 years ago. Who knows what was going really at the set? And... When it comes to these artistic ambiguities, that's kind of why I wanted to make this podcast in the first place, originally at least, like very technical, because technical things are harder to argue about, and um, it could be something that's not been exactly done before. When I look at films for this podcast now, in episode 40 plus and on, I mean, most of the time it seems that the execution is quite basic and there's not much to talk about it. I mean, I do pick up these things, but for the most of the time, eh, I don't even know if there's so many interesting technical things to talk about. I mean, these are still professional most of the time when we are talking about our films. These are still industry professionals who get paid for this shit. So you can't really expect, like, major fuck-ups. Just wait for Uninvited from 1988, though. But, um, but, uh, all in all, I'm really happy how the podcast is now going and it seems to be appealing for at least two or <laughs> core listeners <laughs> and by god man i think you have like saved at least half of the episodes <laughs> by delving deeper into the philosophy or mythology or all the thematics whereas i'm just looking at the frame most of the time okay cool shot next Okay, cool shot. Not so interesting shot. Okay. Uh, yeah, but that that still isn't any less important. <laughs> and and as as basically anyone who listened to the Hellraiser episode on the sci-fi we have gone through here, you know, no one can deny that you don't put up a hard fight on, on the aspects of subtext and, and <laughs> a, a possible philosophies. But yeah, that. That, that, is, that is a question that, uh, for some reason, I, I started to kind of think about D- during this year that we have been making the podcast. Like, do, do, do I have the right to... Do I make the statement that I, I somehow know all? And do I have the right to make that statement? Even though, to our defense, I, I first to remi- remember that we actually do a hell of a lot of background work and research here behind the scenes for each episode. So it's not just so that we 
watch a film and then hit the record button and simply do the episode from there. There is actually, we, we do daily background work for every movie that we cover in the podcast. And in that sense, we are putting a lot of effort to actually earn the right to say what we say in during the episode. When it comes to, you know, opinions, one of my themes when starting this podcast was that nobody cares about your opinions, man. <laughs> I'm w- constantly worried whether people give a fuck what we think about, whether we like something or whether we dislike something. Like, who cares? There has to be some reason that care. And at least we try very often to completely unpack this. Why do I like this? Why do I dislike this? So, uh, I don't know. These are still these are still goddamn movies. So we can't be all the time thinking everything technically, which we don't even do. So the best thing we can do with art is to explain our feelings the best that we can and hope for the best. Happy 50th episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, the continuous learning curve. As I said before, we started recording here now to Henrik. Yeah, listening to the first episodes. Goodness me. We have made a long journey and we have improved a lot. Hard to pinpoint in what exactly, but yeah, I guess the, uh, <laughs> I guess the output is more natural or free-flowing. Yeah, easier. And I I remember this feeling when we were doing Rear Window, even though I was already comfortable speaking English every day in Poland for my work and stuff. Uh, But still, you know, well, here is this other guy from Finland and we're going to be talking uh, in a podcast for several hours every week and trying to, you know, this is a different level than just talking about work stuff. We really have to explain what we like and dislike all these feelings we have to find the words for these things in a foreign language i guess i felt a little bit of weirdness about that for some reason for like the first three or four episodes and then it started to get more normal and yeah i'm totally used to this by now i'm talking talking english every week with the guy from finland that not now that you say it out loud like that, it it most certainly is a strange situation. There was but a I... nice thing that you you said when I was in Spain, living there for like a couple of months. It's funny actually if you are a frequent listener and then you hear in one episode, okay, I'm tired of Poland, I'm going to Spain, and then I'm in Spain, and I then I complain about Spain probably, and then <laughs> I'm in Helsinki, and then I'm in Poland again. What is this guy doing? It's a too long story, but. At that time I was in Spain, I said to Henrik that I'm not very good at making habits or schedules in any way, but goddamn, I wish there would be at least one constant thing that would keep on going. And I said to Henrik, I want this to be at least one habit that will stay. And Henrik responded something like, let's make sure it does. And here we are, still. You 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 found the right madman for the job. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's hard to actually, like it's it's e- even now when when recording this episode, it's kind of a hard to understand that we really did reach this point. Yeah, like I b- before starting starting to do this podcast, I have been extremely hesitant towards vloggers or podcast makers making these 
these kind of a celebration episodes, like me too. Yeah. The twenty fifth episode, the fiftieth episode, the one hundredth episode. I've kind of a, all, always wondered that what is the point, like like why? And now now that we are actually making a fiftieth episode of our own, it's I I am kind of a surprised how much my attitudes have changed and how during this process I'm kind of a learn to understand how hard it in the end it is for you to actually reach a milestone like a 50th episode this reminds me that one of my goals when we started this podcast was to keep the you know the feed of the podcast very 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 readable and like very much making sense that whenever somebody would visit the website they would immediately see that okay there's an episode for rear window okay this episode for Pocahontas, okay? So there would be like a clear format that people could understand. Every Thursday, new movie, new analysis. Okay, I can understand this. Okay, so the plan was to have some hilarious games for your listening pleasure for this episode. Oh, please God, no. Yeah, yeah. No, no. There, there has to be something that Uncle Curry will fuck up in this episode. It, it doesn't have to be this shit. Well, you know, that's why we need more feedback from you, dear listeners. I, I, I demand that I will be put on record that I actually opposed this plan all this time. Yep, and I'm the guy who is obsessed about these things that do not really matter. I'm, I'm the list guy, as we discussed early in the Rear Window episodes. I love lists <laughs> and games and all that stupid stuff. <laughs> I I somehow I have the feeling that this is going to be both painful and an embarrassing experience, both for us and our listeners. Sounds like a plan. So, we're supposed to have one, two, three, four different games. First game would be first quotes that come to mind since the beginning from all movies that we have covered on the spot. So, no fooling, no lists, just what comes first to mind. And this could be kind of a, actually a challenge for us because I, I bet there are a lot of movies where I, especially foreign movies, where I'm unable to produce any single quote. So I suppose the one who produces more quotes wins this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, just so we are clear, you mean that we are supposed to go through the entire list of all the movies we have covered Hells yeah. and try to remember a quote from that film? Yeah. But not to spend six hours on thinking about it. Just like with a snap of a finger almost. Okay. Trying to scroll down the goddamn list of our episodes because I can't remember these from my memory. Don't lie, you are just desperate to try to find your text (laughs) files of the dialogue. (laughs) Okay, first one. Rear window. Is it you or me? I can go first if you like. Okay. Okay. Oh wait, this is this is hard. Shouldn't be this hard. You can go first if you have something. Um, if if you don't pull don't pull me out of this swamp of boredom, I'm going to do something drastic. That's a quote from the film. I'm pretty sure it's a quote from the film. Okay. You you of course you you can take the you know the dialogue text files and check it out yourself. No, like no. It, it, it is control F and you can try to have your second check. No, no. 
You didn't just do that, did you? No, no me? cheating. No. In this podcast. I, I I most definitely did not. And if I did, I would never confess. I have it. How's your wife? And the big Lebowski. Sometimes there is a dude. Careful, man. There's a beverage here. Halloween. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I met this six-year-old child with this uh, blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent six years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because what I realized what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Almost got it. Halloween too. Michael! Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can keep this up, the entire franchise! <laughs> that would have been more fitting for Halloween 6, where you're not going to pull it. <laughs> Dr. Wynn. Michael! <laughs> Michael! <laughs> <clears throat> Mr. Garrett! <laughs> Halloween 3. Um, it's still on, on a channel... X. I gotta go. I call you on Monday. Halloween 4. Michael. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't have the police force. Halloween 5. Um, Something like that. <laughs> Maxi. Halloween 6. Mm, let me think about this. Michael. <laughs> it... It grew inside him, contaminating his soul. Halloween H2O. Mom? What the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> I, I, I'm certain there was Michael somewhere. <laughs> Tomorrow night, you'll go into the childhood home of our most brutal mass murderer. The home has been rigged up with several cameras. Well, fuck it. I forgot the rest. How, how the hell can you actually remember this much of Halloween's dialogue? I can even give you a rundown of the entire trailer if you want. Oh, please, no. Because no, that's how it no. goes. No. <laughs> Let the entertainment begin. Now, the webcast is live. Was there something you are looking kind of crispy, motherfucker? Looking kind of crispy over there, Mike. Like a chicken fried motherfucker. Okay. Enough of that movie. Halloween 2007. Rob Zombie. Morning, Bill. Well, wow, 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 wow. Or something like that, that the drunken dad pulled out of his ass. Halloween 2, 2009. Greatest classic ever made. Die! <laughs> Probably. Fuck. Halloween 2018. Uh, do you remember the one time Lonnie punched the cop in the face? They were serving all these guacamoles in all these sexy ways. In the name of... <laughs> um, Pretty good. It probably has... Uh, I'll just go with that. Horses of God. I'm pretty sure it did have Allahu Akbar. And then I'm pretty sure it had Shukran. Pocahontas. Savages, savages, barely even human. <laughs> well, 
I guess I'm just gonna go with Wing Apple. Bone Tomahawk. They are Trogloids. Troglo what? Troglodytes. Yeah, I think it was the line in the movie. Troglo what? Well, yeah, most likely. I, I, I only can remember the Troglodytes. Yeah. Inspector Palmus error. Commissario Palmun salaisessa palveluksessa. Fuck, I'm drawing a blank in the only Finnish movie. Rusket silmät tuuhatukka or something like that. Um. There was this one scene that I even repeated in the episode, but I have already lost my brains. Because there are several of them. Täytyy vain olla erittäin hyvä rikospoliisikomissario, bla bla bla. I, I believe it has a commissario, so we'll go with that. White Hunter Black Heart. Um, I uh, have to skip this one. Action. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I should have actually remembered the whole whole film crew premise of the film, so I, I could have put the cheap shot. Yeah, it, there's an extremely easy quote that you could use right now. It doesn't get any easier than that. Shoot! That or White Hunter, Black Heart. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying, trying to avoid making any racist noises here. Uh, <clears throat> I will just go with... Uh, no, what was this? Ah, never mind. Hi! That's my line. Well, fuck it. I Well, I'm gonna cheap shot my way through this one. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. That's a good line. Six degrees of celebration. Uh, Spasiba. Um, rookie bear. <laughs> Maybe edit that out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna skip this one completely. Terminator 2. Hasta la vista, baby. <clears throat> Easy money. Come on. Yes, piece cake. I'm still not sure if he says piece cake or piece of cake. Apocalypse now. Um, you must make a friend of Hoggle. I'm just gonna be a lazy bastard, so... The horror, the horror. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Get my dad, you asshole! Well, I'm gonna go with simple Nancy. It's a good line. Citizen Kane. Rosebud. <laughs> Newspaper. <laughs> That's not really a quote, but... Chunking Express. I, I, I'm gonna skip this one, and also the next one, which will be Shiri. Well, I'm pretty sure this one has Shishi or two. Shiri. Anyung <clears throat> Haseyo! Because I trained it so well for that episode. <laughs> the opening of Misty Beethoven. Misty Beethoven, they are talking about Misty Beethoven. Napoleon, something, something. Pretty village, pretty flame. Also, gonna skip this one. W- would be simply a repetition of the. in the name of Gag. Just gonna go with Lepasella Lepogore. Do they say that? Do they say it in the film? Actually, I think they do. Because it was. Yeah, it was mentioned there. Okay. Akira. Tetsuo! Canada! Raiders of the Lost Ark. <coughs> we are not thirsty. <laughs> Spoken in Nazi. Your, your fire is dying. Also spoken in Nazi. <laughs> Hellraiser. Demons to some, angels to others. I need more. I would have guessed that you would have picked Come to Daddy. <laughs> Dumbo. Uh, 
Hoot, hoot. I've never seen an elephant fly. Hoot, hoot. Inuk. Well, skip. Well, I have a quote from it. It's Inuk. You have a quote or you remembered a quote. There's a huge fucking difference. I remember it very well. <laughs> Uncle Boomy who can recall his past lives. Also skip. Pretty sure it has a... Mm. Fuck you, that, that, that's even <laughs> more cheap so- shotting than yelling Michael in the Halloween ones. <laughs> well, what you gonna do? Sorry, <laughs> I, I don't speak Thai yet. I'm slacking in my research department. You are slacking in your own game. Uzumaki. I was so gonna escape. Seriously. Arigato. Well. <laughs> Blade Runner. Um. You look down and see a tortoise. Or turtle. Or something like that. How do you feel towards your mom? Or something like that. The bridge. Bunch of crowd. Pretty sure it had Heil Hitler, Ghost in the Shell. I'm so gonna skip. I'm only touching the ones that have English dialogue. Cheating. Um, Ghost in the Shell. Kiotskete. <clears throat> A screaming man. Mm-mm-mm. I'm gonna cheat my way out of this too, so pretty sure it had Salam Aleikum Aleikum Salam or something to that. I, I think it had Salam, so I'm just gonna go with that. The man who haunted himself. Good night, Mr. Pelham. Something about bloody Italians and a nervous wreck. <laughs> Dead Poet Society. Comedy. Or was it seize the moment? However, that one line that gets whispered for five seconds. Oh, Captain, my Captain. From Russia with love. Bond. James Bond. She should have kept her mouth shut. Call me by your name. And don't call this number ever again. Was it there? It it most definitely <laughs> was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you can't be sure. Bye. You can't be sure without actually going through the dialogue files and checking it out yourself. And at that point you would be reading through the dialogue. No, no. See, I, I, I found a flaw in your game. No, no. It's not there. I can guarantee you. <laughs> um... Can I put this in your bag? Yes, please. Stray dogs. Once again, gonna skip. Well, sings in rain with a sign this weird song about Chinese history and stuff. That's not a goddamn bit of line of a dialogue. <sighs> yeah, yeah, simply try to describe the movie. Pretty sure it had something like this. I see That will have to do. You can check from the quotes. I will check from the quotes. And then I will invalidate all your answers and count myself as the victorious party of this game. (laughs) The Lion King. Simba, you have forgotten me. It means no worries for the rest of your days. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I I want you to marry my daughter, for obnoxious reasons. It does take a little more to turn 007 into a herald, more or less that line. The Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. You are all my children now. It's all over, Prisoner of the Mountains. Something, something spoken in Russia. Something about screwdriver up someone's ass. And Spasiba. Wow, this was a terrible... I, I, I guess that was that game. It's finally over, thank God. That was a terrible idea. 
<laughs> I guess this is the perfect moment to talk about how much of our time exactly is going into this podcast. I don't know, maybe you go first. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I I am I am the one who gets off a bit easier behind the scenes because the audio wizardry and making the ma- ma- making the the episodes to be at least even a, li- a listenable experiences. It all falls down to Kari, who who is basically our cutting room floor and our editing wizard here. But to me, I've never actually calculated how many hours it takes to prepare <laughs> for one episode. Too much. Uh, yeah, too much. Way too much. Because we spend an entire week preparing for, for the recording session. Yeah, I, so... This is constantly a process, like always going on. We finish the one episode, and then we're basically already looking at the next one. Yup, like, uh, and, and it's it's of course it's it's not twenty four seven. No, and and there uh, at least I don't have any schedule. Like every day, I'm putting five hours, you know, to to do the backgrounds. I mean, it takes as much as it takes. It depends on the film. Depends how long the episode is to edit and all that. It kind of does because not every film is equal on how much it actually must have background research done for it. Like, for example, Pretty Village, Pretty Flame took a hell of a lot more background research for us to do, like mandatory background research. Something that we had to do to be even able or to have the right to tackle the subject matter. Because you can't talk about a civil war that has kind of almost just ended and which which has left wounds and scars that still are prominent in three or four different countries and still echo through people's lives living today and, and those people don't necessarily even be that old. So, to... to Kind of a say yours to yourself that I have a right to talk about this film. It demanded a shit ton of background work to understand the war and understand what happened before it and what led into the conflict and to understand what that means today. And that was a hell of a lot more work than, for example, put into analyzing a Bond film. <laughs> they they all take work and. And you kind of dedicate in incredible amount of time for every film, even for that bad Bond movie. You dedicate yeah. tremendously your time, but for the, the the Bond movie, it's it's kind of a it's not obligatory. Like you don't you don't have that. You have to do it. You do it to do your job better and to have a better episode and to be able to understand and analyze the film more deeper. Yeah, but you know, we could have done it as well in this way, which we never do, but you could theoretically just pop on Pretty Village, then get a guest and then immediately press record and, and okay, dear guest, uh, what is this whole war about? We could have done that, just push all the responsibility to somebody who is not even a professor or doesn't know every single detail so well. I, we we no, we couldn't. Like yeah, we, yeah, th- yeah. Th- th- that's, the, the, th- the point is that we made a hell of a lot better episode. And I mean, 
it was mandatory reading really if we would not have known anything or like uh, more information about the conflict then that would have been a really a joke it, it would have and i would even say that we wouldn't have the right like no we we would have been absolute assholes and we would have been out of our bounds and out of our limits if we would have done it that way God, I felt the pr- pressure when they guessed Mladen was uh, asking me different questions. Okay, do you know this, oh, as- yeah. this aspect about this film or this conflict or this and that and that and this? And then he was, this was before recording, like a week before, when we were discussing if he would be a guest and all. And then he would throw me a bunch of links, like read this and do that. And I knew that the task was going to be heavy. But yeah, at that moment, I really felt the pressure, like... We have to know kind of what, at least a little bit, what we're going to be talking about here. Yeah, and, and there is this, uh, or I believe that there is this respect that you have to pay yeah. towards the conflict and the people who lost their lives because of it. Because, of course. Yeah, incredible m- amount of atrocities were were committed during that conflict. Like 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 usually happens in wars. Like terrible stuff happens in war. That is why you should most definitely avoid war at all costs. But everything, all, all of that, everyone who got hurt, everyone who lost their life, everyone who who lost a relative or a close friend, they all matter. And and they all bring you this weight. And you you can't really point it out in the episode because you are, you are talking about film. It's, it's not something where you kind of... A, ponder on hours upon hours on on you know how how much the, these people matter but but they still do e- even if we don't say it out loud in the episode constantly the fact still is that you have to realize it and you have to respect it you have to respect those people who are, who now are gone or or who have suffered a trauma because they have mm. to li- live through the conflict and you you have to pay your respect to that somehow it's been the case in many episodes when we go international but most heaviest task or like biggest reading has definitely been pretty village pretty flame and um, to this day it's one of our most exciting and the most well remembered processes for me as an episode that mm, was that to me yeah and that thing did go through a hell of a lot of incarnations i had on my desktop about 13 different work edits of that. I would listen to it for like the hundredth time the entire episode and then I would like go like, mm, you know, there was a laugh at a kind of an inconvenient moment where maybe we can get rid of that and or maybe we should remove some talk about the, this massacre here because we can't really fact check the numbers or we couldn't fact check something that our guest would say. So I felt better that... We should cut these things out where we can't, you know, come back with the links like, hey, this is what this is based on. I couldn't do that, so it was cutting room floor. There, there weren't too many of those cases, really. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of felt that we got, in the end, we managed to do the episode surprisingly well and mm. with surprisingly little of these things that you absolutely had to get rid of because you, you sounded smug or you sounded... Like you didn't care, like you didn't respect what had happened, mm. and it 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 was like Melodin was like he really 
put us on hot coals throughout the episode by by asking us questions like <laughs> what, what what are your thoughts about that what what are your thoughts about the <laughs> intervention of, of the UN into the conflict yeah how, how, how do you feel that 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 US is actually leading countries in UN and UN decided to interfere and that, that is like <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> my personal thoughts are like Maladen really, you know, bless the guy. He really put, put us through a mangler when, when doing that episode. Like he didn't let us go go off easy. There's something he said in that episode early on. He said that that's great, guys. You should push yourself or something like that. And, and yeah, that all of a sudden Melodin is pushing us off the cliff. <laughs> off you go. <laughs> Maybe the way that it's put, like, what do you think about it? Or how do you feel about it? For me, think and feel is irrelevant, really. So I found myself in a really tough spot, like... <laughs> yeah, you are, again, you, are, you are the pure rationality of the podcast. Yeah, I tried to give as correct answer as I possibly could. We, we, yeah, we, with the caveat that you actually can't really give a correct answer. Because no matter how you... Because so many different sides were in the conflict that no no matter what you say, you kind of end up offending some side. Because because you, you you can't be like yeah 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 UN didn't have any right to actually intervene with the conflict w- without k- k- kind of a giving this sucker punch to for example Croats who kind of kind of a benefited from th- from that intervention for for me you know no the the editing was not about you know pleasing every side or something like that I just know that there is like a lot of views on these subjects and it's hard to know the you know the exactly what happened on this and that occasion so we have to strike some kind of a middle ground we don't really know we do know something and we don't want to point any fingers because yeah that wouldn't really be fair and we're still individuals i don't want to you know do this uh, uncomfortable uh, juxtapositions since you are since you are kind of a we are talking about the workload and since you are the one who does the cutting on the episode, how do you actually feel about how much of the episode in the end is lost? Like when you look at the pure digits, because these recordings to to anyone who is not familiar with with the recording process and how, how long it takes to make these episodes. The case is that basically you can take any episode you see in our webpage and take the length of that episode and you can double that length and then you kind of have this rough estimate on how long it took for us to recording like how long is the raw recording for that episode and so how, how do you feel about that to, to know that you have been recording for six hours and then you know finishing the cut and seeing that it's a three hour episode <laughs> yeah like you said like in some occasions we might record four hours. I guess the regular is some something between three hours, three and a half. I guess three and a half is the most usual. Yeah, the episodes have have become more shorter. Like th- yeah. this is, we have had a lot lot of remarks that the episodes last too long, and we <laughs> have tried our best to kind of shorten them up. And now we the episodes are something like 
usually like two hours, maybe hour and a half, two hours, like in that ballpark, which means that it takes three hours to four hours to record. And then there are the nightmare cases like the Apocalypse Now, which was six hours nonstop. Did it take so long for us? It did, it did, and and fucking fuck Halloween six took even longer because we went through two complete movies for that one. That is still the longest episode we have ever done. That that is the longest recording that I definitely remember, and that is the longest episode that we have. And I I don't remember was it like something like eight hours? No 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 no. I I would say like aching to six, but not not quite there. Something like. Okay. Yeah, I just I I remember that even you were getting like maybe pissed off. Like, <laughs> yeah, you even, even shut up, Gary. Now we're going to sign off. <laughs> <laughs> you, even I was in a hurry to actually end the end the episode and hit hit the pause button. <laughs> and and it's on the tape as well. You were like, okay, okay, to the next episode. Um, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, does it does it ever bother you? Like like when when you look at when, when you think about how long it took to record the material, and then you see exactly how long of an episode you can get. It doesn't bother me. It kind of makes me happy that if if I have like a raw recording of let's say four hours, then I do some magic to it, and then it drops to let's say two and a half. Great, I I know it takes. You know, there's some automation that happens here, and then there are some obvious places that you cut before you actually start cutting it. So the shorter the file is to edit, then the less job for me. So I have no problem with that, to be quite honest. And I haven't changed really anything. I haven't made any conscious decision here to shorten the episodes. And if you look at the latest episodes, they are again like two, two and a half hours. So. But when it comes to the rough version, they are usually like, let's say one recording took four hours. Uh, then it's usually hour, hour and a half are dropped from the the time that we took to record. So about, you know, what does it make it like? Let's say roughly 30, 35% is gone. And good riddance, you know, these are long episodes already. <laughs> uh, because... I have sometimes looked back on our longer episodes and kind of thought that it's it's a bit of a shame that no no that that the eventual episode is so short because it kind of also means oh. that no one listening to that episode knows exactly how much effort it took to record it. To be honest, I don't even cut us. I mean, a lot. I mean, I do a lot of what what I call like precision editing like very fine-tuned stuff if i would say how many cuts you have in one episode you would be really surprised i don't know if i want to even share that but uh, (laughs) a lot and most of those cuts have nothing to do with the topics that we discuss about so most of the free flow discussion that we have ends up being in the final episode look at the content and see if there's anything gone Probably not that much. Well, I, I have to confess that to best of my capabilities, I try to actually avoid looking back on the stuff that I've made. <laughs> I'm one of those persons who does a thing and then moves on and doesn't look back at the thing the thing that I've done. <laughs> and that, that is also why preparing for this episode has actually been so so rough on me because for this episode, I've I've actually had to listen 
a lot of our past episodes and and hear myself talking about any given subject. You're great, don't worry. You know, thank God, or whatever mighty thing, thank God you're here. <laughs> this, 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 I mean, what would I do without you? Really? <laughs> Most likely have a different co-host. <laughs> we have had a lot of comments said about how we have a good chemistry going on here and we sound like we know the, <laughs> know the subject that we are speaking about in any given case. Well, we are expert at faking it. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer, we most definitely are not faking it. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. I had to fix something. Um, I've been kind of, of course, jokishly saying that we're probably the only podcast from Finland that speaks English in the podcast. And uh, I did stumble upon at least one podcast that also speaks English, and the host is Finnish. It's a podcast called Nordic Mom. So maybe I shouldn't really describe this podcast because I'm not uh, prepared to do it. But if you want to check out Nordic Mom, that's one of those podcasts that does English as Finn. Giving shoutouts to other podcasts. <laughs> Oopsie doopsie. But yeah, you have highlighted a few points that we should discuss. Like, has this podcast changed how you see films, Henrik? I don't know, actually. It it has affected on how much I watch films. Because I, I don't watch that many movies anymore since I started to do this podcast. And Since? Po- or you're watching less movies now? I, I'm watching less movies today. Than I was, you know, b- before the flick lab. <laughs> some, some of that, of course, is the time constraints. Because, b- basically, usually we record on Sundays. So, any given Sunday, you have to sacrifice that many hours for the recording. And the recording process is, is extremely rough. And it's it's very tiresome. Like, I'm... There is... There is several times when after stopping hitting the stop button and being like, okay, this recording was that, I've been like exhausted. Yeah, it's like, like yeah. yeah, like crawling into the kitchen, simply throwing some some cheap mush into the microwave and eating it, not even wanting to eat it, but knowing that you have to eat something and then just munching it down and crawling into your bed and you know, falling asleep. <laughs> and then you know that, you know, the next Monday you have to, you know, check the next film and you you have to start doing your background checks and you have to study the film and you have to study the themes and you have to look back into this conflict that happened. And you, you do that in a in terrible hurry and you make your notes and you read books like we do, unfortunately, and then you try to do all that for the next Sunday. So, of course, that takes time, which means that there's less time to watch movies. <laughs> kind of ironic. Yeah, but also because because it takes so much of you to watch a film for this podcast, because when you are dealing an episode film, a film you are going to discuss here on the Flick Lab, you can't just watch it. Like, you you don't simply push play and let it run past your eyes. You usually, you watch it at least twice. 
and while you're watching it, you take notes about basically anything that can tie into the film and anything that comes into your mind about philosophical points or you you pay close attention that that there's a lot of scenes that happen in graveyard on this film and it's it's filmed in Uzbekistan so what, what does the graveyards mean why why are there so much graveyard shots what does it symbolize and then you you take a note on that and then you study Uz- Uzbekistan and Basically, the process of watching the film, it, you, you, it is so analytical that after you've done it, after you've done the episode, I often don't even want to watch another movie. Because, because <laughs> I feel that, you know, watching that previous film so deeply kind of took so much energy out of you that, that you rather, you know, do anything else except watch another film. And, and and something that also has happened to me is that I watch a hell of a lot more chunk like like chunk films today than I did you know a year ago <sighs> because that is also something that I have to do every now and often after a recording session I have to watch some absolute garbage something that you can simply you know put put on a <laughs> run and simply you know turn off your brains. And just have flashing images on your retinals and know that whatever happens on the screen, no one put enough effort into making it for you to actually care what happens. So you can just you, you can just kind of sit on your chair, brains in the off position, your mouth hanging open, and just be like uh, and wait for the film to end. <laughs> There's something ironic that happens to me as well when doing this podcast. Like, well, obviously we both love films, and because I do this podcast, I should be even watching movies more than I watched before studying this podcast. You know, to keep up. But the fact of the matter is, like you said, there is less time to watch other films. <laughs> so I have the great possibility to go a lot to cinema here. Uh, because I have a lot of discounts and stuff. But, you know, I just often can't even... Like, for the last two weeks, I haven't had enough time to go watch the latest premieres, or never mind even premieres or the movie theater. Even watching films on my laptop. I just don't have the time. And like you said, there's always looming ahead this next episode and the pressure of that. So you want to take care of that first. And then you see, oh, okay, I should be reading about Egypt a little bit and maybe this director and what this and that means. Yeah, it's hard to concentrate on watching something else in between. But I've managed I've 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 managed to watch something else, thank God, other than Halloween five and <laughs> the last film that I watched Well I did manage to watch Beautiful Boy with Timothy Chalamet. I wanted to kind of expand my library on Chalamet and um I did watch uh, John Wick, which I didn't like. Yeah, well, the last film I watched in cinema, and bear in mind, this is Finland where going to movies actually cost you an arm and a leg, was actually Godzilla 2, The King of Monsters. I did go see it like one week ago or something. Oh, what did you think? Uh, I actually liked it quite a lot. I, I thought it was surprisingly good. Like I, I, I got my money's worth, and I found 
a lot of elements that really kind of a that I was very fond of. Yeah, pretty good action, and they definitely made a good effort, you know, to to get the uh, idea of the size of the Godzilla and the other monsters and the level of destruction and. They did. The main problem I may had with the film was that I actually felt that they were, they, when they were the monster fight scenes, there was too many close-ups. Very true. I guess that was a kind of a technique to give the sense of the size of the creature. I think we should have more premiere films in this podcast, and could be good. Yeah, like once again, like I said, Finland and extremely expensive. But I can, you know, drop you a note. Yeah. Because it actually, you know, now, now that we both checked out Godzilla 2, it might have be actually been an interesting conversation. Te- check out yeah. that film. I was extremely kind of a enthusiastic about the fact how the film handled the scientists. All the human moments that matter throughout the movie was were given to the scientist characters. And I found it that extremely refreshing and at the same time a bit sad that the only film coming from Hollywood and America that really kind of a gives the spotlight for scientists is a goddamn Godzilla 2. <laughs> like, for goddammit America, get your shit together, finally. There's a lot of uh, new films we could talk about. I've seen also Anna. It had its premiere in Poland just a while ago, and I, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I did go see the new... Chucky film and I was not blown away but I was really positively surprised by how they executed this one really bringing something new to the table okay because I've been extremely hesitant with the news Chucky yeah. I, I, I'm a fan of the franchise and I I have a lot of appreciation towards the, the movies in the main lineup now I said Chucky but uh, Child's Play is of course the film yeah name. Child's Play but now that they are finally, like one aspect that have made an impact to me is the is the fact that every movie and and uh, Charged Play as a franchise has lasted what twenty years already, <laughs> and every film in that franchise has been a sequel. Like it hasn't been rebooted once, and they've all been written by the same guy. Yeah. And now now there is a Charged Play film that is being written by someone else, and it's a reboot. And that was something that I really didn't know how to take. And I've been hesitant to see the film because of that. Because I'm afraid that, first of all, they will will kind of a screw up the energy of the Charge Play films. And this humorous side of Chucky. And at the same time, I'm a bit unsure on how I actually should feel about the fact that now the franchise is being rebooted. Even though the next sequel actually is almost out. Yeah, that was kind of fresh enough for me that I really did enjoy. And they made a lot of good good humor there that I think fitted this film. I've also seen Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. There's one film that I would really like to see. This Queen of Hearts. It's a Danish film about... A woman who meets, I don't know what's the relation exactly, but there's this much younger guy and they get into this, you know, relationship and uh, problems ensue. Spider-Man is coming up soon. I did go see the new Judy Dench film, Red Joan was okay. And 
I've been thinking of going to see this new film Midsommar, but it's giving me very much the hereditary vibes. So I'm really hesitant to go see that one. I I kind of liked a lot about the Hereditary, which is the Midsommar director's previous film. So uh, I have been kind of curious to see that one. Okay. But I guess you liked Hereditary more than me, <laughs> but I don't know. I thought it was surprisingly good. Like, it's not without its flaws, but... Well, first of all, it didn't use jump scares, which I appreciated. And I think that it it did use surprisingly well its setup. Or the core element of the film, which, which well, spoilers, is is the satanic cult. Yeah, if you've, if you've seen the trailer, then you'll probably get that vibe anyway. Yeah, could be. I, I never checked out the trailer myself. I went into the film blind, and I wasn't blown away like everybody else appears yeah. to be have been. But I, I did think that it was actually a surprisingly good film as a, as a theater release horror movie. Well, to be honest here, I don't know if uh, podcasting has changed how I see films. Oh. But it certainly has kind of reinvigorated some of my love and appreciation of cinema. Like, so after all, I guess the podcast has changed how I see films, but it has put my head back to this mode of obsessing over every variable <laughs> you see. Because you know how much time and effort every single layer in it will take. Because, of course, it's not only a matter of grabbing a camera, <laughs> like I've often done, then shooting and playing it in cinemas. It doesn't work like that. So to continually kind of appreciate the art of film or the art of filmmaking in the level of doing a complete autopsy on any given film week after week. Yeah, you know, it constantly reminds you of what a pain in the ass it is to put all of it together. And it especially leaves you kind of speechless technical-wise in your average blockbuster, even if you don't really appreciate the film as a whole, you appreciate the technicality of it. But pulling all those units together to do all the work and to make it all make sense... Like your average Marvel film. The only thing you can, you know, marvel at in, in the films is how flawlessly the intended result comes together when the production is already so huge and that no one entity in the whole production can even fathom what in the fuck they're actually doing. It's like, I don't know, an infantry division, and let's say a massive army, where one end of it doesn't know what the other end is doing but it comes together anyway. Nobody's really at the controls. It's like a monster. I, I kind of believe that everyone who is enthusiastic about film should actually make a film of their own yes. at so, some point. Simp- simply so that you kind of understand how much work it is to make. Even uh, extremely short. I, I, I did it with my friends in the movie. Like, even those take tremendous amount of work and planning and that is something that you really don't you don't understand even if you would study cinema like if you read about all these these processes that go behind the scenes of movie making and if if you if you watch every single movie making documentary out there you still don't actually or I would say that you still don't actually understand exactly how much work that all that still is. And that is something that you comes very real to you when you make 
even a few minutes long short film of your own because then you have to kind of mangle with the with the script and with acting and the camera positioning and all the technical aspects that go into the camera like like the gamma levels and all that and wonder about the lighting and in the end you realize that it all went to hell despite your best efforts and then you try to desperately salvage on the editing board and you finally actually manage to cobble something together and you get that aha moment when you half accidentally actually stumble upon something that actually worked. And that is actually something that you only can learn in the process and appreciate how much you know or how it, you know, you build that information. It's something that comes only with experience. It, it does. You, you can try to r- read about it, but you don't actually understand what it means. Like, you, you can't put it into text. Something that also my kind of actors in my <laughs> film productions have, <laughs> have learned that they have many of them learned to appreciate film way more after the project. I I got that a lot. Like they watch our film, they watch the original Terminator 2, for example, and they are like uh, in awe. My mom was playing like kind of Sarah Connor, and then she looks at the actual Linda Hamilton's performance in the original, and wow, wow, the the effort and how everything comes together and the scale of everything. It's it's actually surprising how much or how easy it is to take everything for granted when you are watching a movie. Like, of course the actor yeah. can act. Of course the film looks good. Of course the, all the scenes flow together to form a clear narrative. And when, when you try to do it your own, then you actually realize what kind of a shit show it really is. Yup. Yeah. yeah, just has to be done to be experienced. All right. Well, of course, we, as the hosts, experience podcasting differently, and we have touched upon that quite a lot here. And listeners have their own way of experiencing that. And I constantly try to remind myself what it would be to exactly be on the other side of the fence. And I try to cater to that. But it's kind of hard. We are biased, and it's hard to know what people want that's why you have to get the feedback to which we will eventually get in this podcast but um, so what's the difference between listeners and host experiencing podcasting well for you it's a finished product you you press play and uh, that's it and that's great that's what it's all about but doing one episode i think we have said a lot what comes into play (laughs) well i i might add that it actually takes a lot also from a listener like not necessarily physically like in in the sense that doing an episode takes a lot from us because we have to do the background work and we we have to do these recordings and technically the listener only has to push the play button and then let the episode flow through maybe pay attention a couple of times but it also does take a lot of time from the listener to stick through with the episode from beginning to the end. And especially, you know, if you don't like all the episodes we've done, you know, still listening through the episode, actually, I would say it can take very much from you as a listener. It's a good thing that there's so many ways to listen to podcasts. That's what I really love about this format. I mean, we, we could do a video 
we could do this as a, like a second product on YouTube. Well, we do publish these episodes on YouTube, but there's no video per se. But if you do any physical, maybe you go walking, you go jogging, hiking, whatever, you can just put on our incredible podcast. And <laughs> it, it, yeah, and, and you ruin know. your entire hike. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it kind of gives you free hands. You can you can it, yeah, concentrate on your hiking, and uh, yeah, you can listen to to Finns to all your hearts content that's great that's great and i think that's why people even stick with us for such extended periods of time if this were a video like who the hell is going to sit on the front of a computer for three hours listening to us yeah there, there. you have had those ideas that we should try about vlogging or you know make making videos yeah it's something that as far as i'm concerned we could consider for the future It depends a lot on how we would produce it, where the camera would be positioned, all kinds of things, you know. But if we do it, that's gonna be a hell of a lot more work for me, which I'm not very happy to do because <laughs> I already have so much work just putting the audio product out. Yeah. I mean, easier than putting out the video product, yeah. But then, you know, even the way that we edit these episodes would be highly uh, incompatible with video format. Of doing this show, I have been kind of a hesitant to watch the video product. Um, kind of because I I feel that if we would make videos for YouTube and become kind of a YouTubers in that sense, I I feel that there is this fake authenticity in in YouTubing. Like even if you yourself don't aim for it, the YouTube format kind of a forces you to do certain types of videos like the typical being you know you facing the camera and talking directly to the camera and that is kind of a part of the youtube business model even if you wouldn't yourself be interested about the about the said business model but there there is a notion on what a youtube video is and how a youtube video is done and what is vlogging and what does it look like and all that are built around you know you know the business model behind youtube like that is the one that sets you up the ground rules and what people expect from your product when you are putting that out and in that business model i feel that there is incredible amount of fake authenticity like Business or the main idea of the videos to me looks like the point is try to make them as authentic as possible. Like put the one watching the video in the room with you. That is why everybody is always watching directly at the camera and talking directly at the camera with as little distractions as possible when the camera is rolling so that the one watching the video can kind of a get this experience or try to tell himself that he is there in the room with you you are talking directly to him and you are having this this chat between the two of you kind of like two pals talking being together in a layback room talking to each other and all of that actually is is fake 100% and I I don't know you know if, if we would make a vlog product i i don't know how i would actually take that like i i kind of am am so 
so expelled by the business model that I don't I don't know if I could actually ever become a vlogger. It depends so much on the podcast what they do. For example, Joe Rogan has always, as far as I know, had the video and audio version of his show. But uh, I find that while it's kind of interesting to see where where they are sitting and what kind of uh, whatever to get the vibe of the setting, but to sit and watch that for three and a half hours, not really exactly my cup of tea. I prefer to have it in my ears instead. But I guess I should at this point clarify that there's a lot of nonsensical and pseudoscientific stuff that uh, keeps me away from Joe Rogan for extended periods of time. But God bless the guy, he gets like half of the planet in, into his show. All those really interesting guests that we can't afford in the Flick Lab. But <laughs> there's always something interesting going on. And um, then there's podcasts like Sam Harris's Making Sense podcast. Also very interesting guests, he doesn't have video. So it depends what you want to do. Still kind of iffy about the whole video format like you. And but there is the, the fact that if you push out something as a video to YouTube as one does, and then there is no really video in that said video, I can see that that can have kind of a backlash effect. We have had a lot of some dislikes in those videos, and I think that's mostly down for the fact that well, there's just just the logo flick lap like what the hell? There's this huge intro first, and then it just freezes <laughs> yeah. the image. Like yeah. Yeah, why are you in YouTube if you don't have moving image? Right. So, so you you push that out, and if the watcher doesn't understand the format of podcast, what it what podcast is in its core, then it's going to be a problem. And I see this a lot. That, for example, I've said to some of my close friends, like, okay, well, next week we'll be doing a podcast episode about this and this movie, and. Um, Some might say that okay, great. That's one of my favorite movies. I will definitely watch the show. And then I'm like, watch. What are you? <laughs> what are you watching? There's confusion about this term. Yeah, there, there is. I I went into a job interview, and and my interviewer was <laughs> did it actually had to ask for me to explain to her what is a podcast. And that was that was kind of an eye-opening <laughs> experience. Like, well, it, it's it's kind of like a radio show, but it's in the internet. And I wasn't even sure do I also have to mansplain what is internet. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe to me, maybe, maybe I am. I mean, podcasting itself it also carries kind of a, a certain type of business model that we also kind of take part in since we are podcast, even though there is no business behind this. We don't make any money doing these episodes. No. This only costs us fortune. You know, a fortune and tremendous amount of resources, mostly time, but also, for example, to carry it costs real money, actual currency. But there, there is a business model still behind even this one, even though we don't abide by it. But, but there is like podcasts are a certain type of product, and we are making that kind of product. And in that sense, I don't know. Maybe to me, making making this podcast product is more easier than making making a vlog and taking part on the YouTube business model. Because with the with the podcast, I I don't try to offer the the 
want getting the experience, that fake authenticity, and I'm not trying to to make the audience take action, like clicking that like button or smashing the subscribe button and ringing the bell, like basically every YouTube video these days. And I, I kind of, a, I, I might be more comfortable with us simply being a podcast, simply being this, this schizophrenic noise in your head that every now and then tells you about movies and kind of a forms this cacophony of noises that you listen to and you experience between your ears and which every now and then simply tells you to saw off the head of a horse and hide it under your bed. When it comes to all that uh, marketing noise at the end of YouTube episodes, for example, like if you like me, subscribe on Facebook and follow me in this and the Twitter and YouTube and click the bell. And all that stuff never worked for me. So I don't, personally, I don't believe in that. I just wish that if you like the podcast, then hopefully you you'll follow us. Of course, it's a good idea to probably remind you that we actually exist on the internet so you can follow us in different places but it's not like an obsessive compulsive thing for me like i think people will follow if they want to follow podcasting as a format is a kind of a new marketplace still so i understand that many people don't even know what the hell is a podcast and but i think it's becoming uh, quickly way more mainstream uh, one day i was in my bank and I saw on the screen that, uh, okay, they have a new podcast. Okay, even banks have podcasts nowadays, so... What the fuck? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, <laughs> What spreading. are you talking about? There's the <laughs> new, new loans on housing. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we only have 15% interest rate. I suppose those podcast episodes won't be two and a half hours. But so, what do you think about this episode lengths. There has been some concerns raised about the episode length and then there are some people who uh, actually this, these people might be our most target-ish audience. The people who are like really cinephiles and who will probably burn our podcast to the ground when they find us in greater numbers but uh, <laughs> yeah you fucking sell out. <laughs> but um, so from those people, I've heard that they really enjoy the length of the episode. Like, yeah, please, please go on as long as you want. The, the longer, the better. And uh, that's the kind of way I approached this podcast when I started it. Yeah, like, I want to say what I have to say, and then we finish the episode. <laughs> and that's how it's yeah. been. Uh, I've, I, I myself, I've only heard the negative when it comes to episode length. So I said, <laughs> constant comments that our episodes take for five years to listen through. And we, we go on for fucking forever. And yeah. And we, we should somehow fix it, make, make it more shorter. Try to aim for like 45 minutes or even manage to stay constantly in hour and half. So that mm -hmm. the episode length would at least be consistent but um uh, and i i do actually give value to those opinions like yeah they, they come from listeners and have to listen to that yeah yeah and I, I i do feel that they are right like i i also kind of felt that our episodes they takes forever but at the same time i haven't found a way 
how to exactly fix the episode length because right. since, since we don't script these things since the, since this is a free flowing conversation and that free flowing nature gives us the the it gives us the chance kind of come up with ideas and present ideas as we see fit like if we would script this if this would be scripted dialogue between the two of us. Well, first of all, that would also mean a shit ton of more work because we both would first have to do the script on our end since we don't share the working space. We are we are in different countries, the two of us. So we would first individually we would have to write the script and then send it back and forth and try to kind of amend it together. Uh, then you know try to write one Google Doc when we are both working at the same time on the exact same doc and that would also be a disaster so it would take a hell of a lot of time and the week wouldn't be enough to kind of have have that script well kind of funny yeah like like producing a shorter episode would actually mean more workload on us most definitely yeah it it Uh. wouldn't be that case if we would be in the same location if we could see face to face, but we can't. Mm, I don't think it would really change the episode length at the end of the day. Um, but uh, not, not to like dis- discard any of the listener views who complain about the episode length. I understand that. I understand that. But um, in my view also, that's one of the great, great strengths of the format of podcast. That instead of a radio format where you... Most of the time you have to fit a certain show into a, a certain slot of time. Well, that is actually really, really hard. It is. You know, it e- is. Especially for some governmental uh, radio stations where they really have to squeeze the entire episode or broadcast into, let's say, 30 minutes. And often it has to be to the second. Like you listen to something like BBC News Hour. God damn, they are sweating too get rid of their guests as fast as possible when they need to and move on to the next topic and they're always running there and that that's a lot of work and I really enjoy this freedom in a sense and we did have kind of this producer for a while which totally didn't work out who who demanded that we should actually have a steady length of episodes and we had been discussing about our podcast and making even freaking website for i don't know for an eternity that all those discussions took maybe like two months let's say and uh, and at some point he just mentions that oh and your episodes should fit into this format because we're going to play this episode on kind of an internet radio station that i don't know how many how many people are actually going to listen to it but he wanted to fit it into a into a slot and uh, i was like I think this is totally fighting against our format, but okay, let's see what we can do. Henrik, what do you think about this? Uh, and then we did one episode where we kind of tried to, you know, fit the episode that was Terminator 2 into a time slot. And Terminator was supposed to be an easier movie for us to cover because we were familiar with the movie already. There's one moment in the episode where you notice me saying like, okay, this was the flick clap and thank you, goodbye. And the reason I said it was because that was the time when we ran out of our time and then we went off for next, the next 45 minutes or so. Yeah, and there, there was also that 
that short-lived period when we were trying to trim our episodes into the to last as long as the any given movie that we were talking about so that you could actually use our episodes as a commentary track for that movie. Oh um, yeah, we tried that, yeah. Was it Dumbo yeah. or what was the first it, episode where we tried it? It was like two movies, like at the first time we almost nailed it and then, then it was a Dumbo and Dumbo went completely fucked. <laughs> I remember correctly, like, like it, it once again we fall back into our rambling style where we started to started on a road and then we had a had a shortcut and then we lost the road completely and we were talking about all the different aspects and million different topics and then yeah. we finally get got back into actually talking about the film and it it was once again absolute nightmare try to squeeze that into an you know hour le- long movie like Dumbo. Yeah, I was like, okay, well the doing the commentary track is uh very much a different process I learned. It's kind of like you should be behaving as being like part of the audience, which we have never done in this podcast. We just go into the next scene and we try to analyze the best as we can. And then I see that, okay, there's scene one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> and then Henrik is still going about the scene one. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. <laughs> what, what are the nuances of these <laughs> hand-drawn figures? <laughs> what, what does the train mean? <laughs> but when it comes to our possible future in Patreon, uh, there's one idea that I have had for this and what, this could what, be if, the... you, if, you, if you give us money you actually get shorter episodes <laughs> <laughs> we, if, if you give us 10 bucks a month we promise that in in the episode that you are getting we actually stay in the topic <laughs> <laughs> oh god well if somebody would actually pay for my editing then i could consider that but my idea concerned that Wow, this would require even more time. But uh, theoretically speaking, Patreon could be the proper place where to throw any kind of commentary track type of things. But even those have the problem that, you know, English is our not first language. So we have to do a lot of editing. And when you do a commentary track, you cannot edit almost <laughs> anything because then you lose the time code. That, that is, and also the second problem that comes with the commentary tracks is that movies, especially these days, they are not any set length, like the lengths change incredibly a lot, and with, with us, you know, jumping from different genres to the another, one week we are discussing about old Disney feature that is one hour long, and the next week we are talking about somewhat modern war film that is two and a half hours long. So kind of a keeping all the content in those time frames, making sure that, that the animated film talk lasts only for an hour and cutting everything so that you can squeeze it into that time slot. It, I, I can believe that that is kind of a madness-inducing project. I remember when we started this podcast and you had seen the Rear Window and the Big Lebowski, the first two episodes out. And then you told me like, Gary, you don't have to do this. Like we can go for longer. You don't have to edit them into the 90 minutes that they now are. And I was like, 
No, no, it's just like a freak accident. It just happened to be 90 minutes. And then the ne- next episode was like two and a half hours. So <laughs> you got what you wanted. <laughs> But like... The, the yeah. cards of podcasting are on my side. <clears throat> okay, time for game two. <laughs> no, we still going on with this bullshit. Yes, we are. Yes. Uh... Not letting you off the list. It's episode celebratory episode 50. <laughs> Relax and enjoy. Let's have fun. Okay, so what is the game number two? The game number two is alternative titles. Oh boy. Oh boy. So we're going to use this as an example. So the man who haunted himself could be turned into the confused mustache man in a brown office. So you'll go with 10 and I'll go with 10. Okay, shall we take turns or something lame like that? Something lame like that. Okay, well, I have Deep Jungle Funny Times. Mm, the Lion King? Mm, close, but not quite. Apocalypse Now. Mm, that actually should have been in my mind. Okay, here comes one for you. The Pride of Monarchy. Or the Lion King? Excellent. One point God for you. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> And next, from Henrik. Much teats a mu- Fuck. Fuck the strong foreign language. Much teats, but still no boner. Hmm. Well, I guess there was that as well. Or are you trying to lure me into the wrong direction here? Do I go with the opening of Misty Beethoven? And there you have it. Yay. Congratulations for opening your point score. I do admit, Henrik, that this will be quite hard. But let's see what happens. I believe you're good with this. So, the shattered dignity. Well, fuck you. That's pr- basically all the films we have done, <laughs> M- more or less. Uh, I will say it's uh, from the newer era of our filmography. Uh, it might be foreign. Nightmare Two. You can try again. Yeah. Stray Dogs? Yes, there it is. God. Well, I will give you half points. <laughs> okay. Well, my next one will be easy one. Uh-huh. Tin Can Learns to Feel. Terminator 2. It's precisely that. Yay. <clears throat> Let's see if you can uh, get ahead of me. So, the serene spell. <laughs> uh, 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 and is this... Spell uh, as a spell you cast when you are a wizard? No. Or a, 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 a mood feeling? It's like a good mood. In that case, I would go uh, guess, call me by your name. Well, there you have it. I will give you full points for that one. Okay. Well, my next one will be a bit tricky, but we have already tackled Awakening of Misty Beethoven, so this is not going to be that film. Okay. So, sexual escapades of an addict. Sexual escapades of an addict. There's been uh, a few addicts in this podcast. This is also from from the newer episodes. So, it's closely to the themes that we dis- discuss around the film. <laughs> Emphasis on sexual. Aha. Uh-huh. So, Nightmare 2? No. You want to take a second guess? Uh, not quite, uh, not not that new. New, but not that new. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, of course. I'm sorry. Hilly. 
you old devil. Precisely. Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, do you want half a score or full score? Uh, this this that, is your chance to cheat. That's, this is gonna be half points. Okay, your honesty cost you a half a point. Alright, can't wait to see what you do here. Darkness tomorrow. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's actually... <laughs> it's actually really easy when you think about it. Really easy. But you have to go through the titles, do you know? Fit it with that. Uh, darkness tomorrow. Yeah, darkness tomorrow. I'm gonna go on a hunch that it's apocalypse now. Yeah, it's apocalypse now. Full points for you. I I'm kind of curious. How did you turn it into darkness tomorrow? Well, the title is apocalypse now, and then he kind of eats the heart of darkness and darkness tomorrow. Yeah, 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 because the apocalypse is going now, so yeah. tomorrow would be after. Yeah. That's a good sequel uh, idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I well, this will once again be a bit easier one. Mm-hmm. My sweet Japanese summer camp. My sweet Japanese summer camp. Oh, yeah, that's of course. That's of course. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Actually, it was Akira. Really? Oh. No, it was Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> All right, let's see what happens here. This this is gonna be hard again, I admit. Fateless Destiny. Or maybe not so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Fateless Destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of get the feeling that this once again ties into the themes of the film. Yep. So, Heavily. would it be... Would it be Dead Poet Society? Unfortunately not. Um, I I guess I have to skip this one. Like I'm drawing a blank. I, c- I can give you a hint. Um, it's around the turn of the year. That's too easy. Well, then then it would be sixty degrees of celebration. Unfortunately not. Okay, what what was it? Terminator Two. Yeah. I think it was kind of yeah. For Sarah, Sarah Connor, it was Fateless Destiny. Yeah, it it pretty much was. Okay. I, I got confused all all the weird Halloween God of Thorn movies. Michael, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Speaking of God of Thorn, the next one: How to Toy Business One Hundred One. How to Toy Business One Hundred One. Halloween Three. Precisely. I, I tried to mislead you with the Coat of Thorn mention. But you <laughs> were too too smart for that one. <laughs> martyr. The Martyr. I, I, I can tell you that you put much less effort into coming up with hard names than I did. Mm. Uh, would it be White Hunter Blackheart? There you go. Okay. So, for, for the next one, this is going to ask some of music knowledge out of you. Okay. But Busta's mixtape was way too many. Halloween Resurrection. It's precisely that. Congratulations, you you do know your pastas. And my pasta pack ends. Okay, this is again. Well, we'll see. Team Corridors. Um, um, would it be Hellraiser? Uh-uh, but you got the genre right, let's say. Okay, so how many... Horror movies. We have tackled quite a hell of many since we did the Halloween franchise. 
Mm. So but, not yeah. much help in that regard. More hints. And uh, now I think it's better if we keep this just in one hint. Yep. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nope. It would be Halloween 2, 1981. Yeah, because of the hospital setting. Because I love the hospital so much. Yep. Okay. So you start making the beach pie pie. Wait, what, 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 what are you? No, don't. Oh my god, why did you, you maniac? No, no one can eat it. The movie. <laughs> Would it be? Would it be? Halloween 29. Uh, no, uh, of course, <laughs> call me by your name. <laughs> Whatever gave you that idea, but yeah, you were right. Yay, that was tough. I think you'll get this one. Home alone with nothing left to do. Well, that would have to be Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Actually, no. The fuck? <laughs> it was nothing but a Home Alone. Well, that too, now that you mention it. But there's another uh, Home Alone in the lineup. Home Alone with nothing left to do. Okay, now it goes tricky. Nah. Mmm... Okay, uh, this is going to be once again guessing game, because I don't remember where the line exactly was, but... Hints? Well, I could take one, so I can nail it down better. Well, it was something... It, this title was cut from something that you said in the actual episode, and I put this up for you. Basically, the whole goddamn film is based on that idea. Still not much help? Um... Uh, Actually, that made it even more confusing. Because I, I was actually going on with the Halloween titles. Once again, because they are a bunch of being home and watching the kids. Uh-huh. But then again, basically every fucking film is about that, more or less. So, uh, fuck. It's like element movies. Uh, Halloween 4? No. No, in this episode you... <clears throat> mentioned how the character has jack shit to do at this point and it was at the point when the character had already killed all the main characters and finished his mission so halloween resurrection is the answer yeah yep it's a good thing that i don't actually listen our past episodes myself <laughs> but for your next one once again pretty easy honey i sold our son what <laughs> um there is one sun-selling film. Sun-selling film? Would that be... Dumbo? Mm, no. Dumbo was born in captivity. Also, now that I think about it, it might be a bit misleading to alternative titles that I have here. The Bridge? And no. But it is in the International Cinema Challenge lineup. Okay. Well, if I get the third try... Um... Oh! Of course. Oh. Yup. Jesus. Citizen Kane. Was that in the International Cinema Challenge lineup? Oh, what the fuck am I doing? What What else can it be? Uh... It's a. If you want another hint, it's not a film that came from any of the Beta Virgin territories. It didn't come from those. I have no idea, but Stray Dogs? A Screaming Man. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. So, my would be The Forbidden Love. Mm, my first guess is Call Me By Your Name. 
That would have worked also, but uh, no. Okay. Well, it, it was kind of a, how you take it, because the love was not entirely forbidden. In that one, it was and it wasn't. It kind of depends on how you look at it. Yeah, I'm willing to give you full points still, because it would have applied to call me by pretty well. So, what's your guess? Uh, if it's forbidden, I, I'm, I'm going to take another try with the same theme, so it would be Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Well, maybe that could have worked too, but that's not what I was after. Okay, so in that case, I guess in the name of? Also no. What the fuck? We are- <laughs> Uh, about going through all the forbidden loves, <laughs> like the only one I I still kind of would have in my sleeve would be Pocahontas. Wow, and still no. <clears throat> uh, like like we, I'm running out of forbiddens and also <laughs> out of loves here. Well, I'm I will still give you one full point because that was a great effort, but I was after Shiri. Oh, yeah, 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 because of the North Korean and South Korean operatives. Well, my last one for you, so that we can both get all tens here, would be of Kyttäjä mummos and men. Rear window. Yep. <laughs> okay, what's the points? Let's see. My, my calculations are giving you seven and a half points. My calculations are giving for you six and a half points. I would say that your calculations are wrong. <laughs> you have accidentally marked an 8 as a 6. <laughs> but yeah, we have had a lot of um, themes here, some involving homosexuality. When I go back in these episodes, I'm honestly shocked and amazed and surprised that we have discussed so much about so much of gay themes in this podcast and it's some kind of I, I didn't intend it it just happened it's almost as if someone here in the podcast has an agenda <laughs> almost but not quite there's been well, let's see we, we have had hellraiser uh, call me by your name was of course intentional it was uh, the pride month going on anyways and i kind of tried to fit nightmare on Elm street too into that theme as well so i admit to those but in the name of was I was it the one, first one that we checked that yeah. had homosexuality as a theme? Yeah, must be. Uh, in the name of well, that was of course my my way of being kind of a controversial for the Independence Day of <laughs> Poland when this episode was released. So and it is still to this day our most listened episode. So uh, definitely worked. There's been some comments that. We should not have these obscure, weird, unknown films, but lo and behold, in the name of From Poland, this is our most listened episode to this day, so numbers have spoken. There's been something else. Uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence uh, did have gay yeah. gay themes, even though they weren't in the forefront, but they were still in two of the main characters of the film. And homosexuality was openly discussed between the characters in that film. And of course we touched on generally on sexuality in the opening of Mr. Beethoven, the porn film that we, yes, covered in this podcast. And But all in all, yeah, don't know how this happened, <laughs> but um, 
I guess it's not a problem either. So it's been a interesting, uh, yeah, it's been interesting discussion points. Hopefully you haven't uh, gotten bored out of your mind at some point. Uh, no, no. On, on the contrary, I do find kind of the, I, I do find, and okay, th- this, there, there is no way to say this so that it doesn't sound wrong. But I do find the theme of gayness in films in general kind of a quite exciting. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you for that view. And uh, next topic. <laughs> next topic. <laughs> Let, let's not never discuss this one ever again. <laughs> now, now your co-host has gone on the on the record saying that he finds gays as an interesting subject. <laughs> it's a nice topic to discuss. <laughs> yeah, do you want to talk more about your, you know, preferences in this podcast? No, but it's uh, that's that's great, and I found really your views kind of really re- refreshing here. That um, I think you are able to talk about these subjects very openly, and you don't really care what people think. And I think uh, in some cases, maybe many cases, heterosexuals. Straight people have this kind of a baggage that you have to look like something, appear as something, do some uh, behavioral stuff that uh, to appear as very, I don't know, alpha male or generally heterosexual. But I guess that's happening less and less. I think it could be that the, the whole LGBTQI blah 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 movement has also kind of made straight people more free to express themselves how they want and not really care about it. Not being like the head of the family and the strong person in the picture. Just taking it easier. Maybe it's it's kind of a... It is a societal change that I myself also have noticed that it is going on. I don't know which faction is to thank for that. Or blame for that, depending on your viewpoints. But, well, because basically the thank yous on that change kind of have been spread to basically every group. Your your average leftists say that, you know, it's us or or then the LGBT community can make the statement that it's thanks to them. Or the feminists can make the statement that it's thanks to them because... Each one of these blocks deals with this subject matter in different ways. Do you feel then that uh, you are more free to express yourself more freely after all of this sexual revolution? Uh, I myself, I, to be completely honest, I don't feel that. I guess it goes from person to person. I, I like, guess it does. Like, there, there are couple of factors kind of that come into play with me one is the one that there is a lot of things that i simply can't speak about like like we discussed for example in the apocalypse now episode when it comes to to some aspects of what i realized and what i found in the army when i did my time there some of mm. those aspects, I, I I still haven't been able to talk about them with my family, and so so that that is one thing, and the other is that I kind of feel that that 
at this point, the society itself, and this kind of a, applies to basically every Western country from from US to Finland. I I kind of feel that there is this great divide between people, and there there is this like we are we are getting into these cliques and these battle groups living inside these bubbles, and we become more and more. Uh, unaccepting towards other people and their views. Like we, everybody at this point is trying to grab their nearest friends and dig into the trenches and have this verbal fight going on. Everybody appears to be pissed these days. Like you, you have social media outrage every single day and, and Twitter is simply a shouting match. Facebook is a shouting match. A movie studio releases a new trailer for a film that nobody is interested about, but it still gets turned into its 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 gay propaganda, or you know, it's trying to smash the outright or whatever. And I, I kind of feel that that combined with this push for political correctness kind of creates this social atmosphere where you have to be more and more careful about what you say, because if anyone on the wrong side catches whatever statement you make, you immediately land into trouble. You are a Nazi, or you are a leftist cock, or or you, you are trying to turn the kids into gays, or you are hating the gays. Yes, um, I guess, I don't know if you have noticed, but... Uh... I really don't take any like particular side in this conflict. I'm only interested in the facts that I can know. If I don't know something, I will happily stay out of it. And what happens now is that people take catchphrases or they take fucking memes online on Facebook and then they see like a picture of... It was a good point that you raised in one episode. We're discussing that, well, isn't that, isn't there always some child in some pride march seeing some leather dressed like slave cat thingies and uh, then somebody says that somebody gets traumas from that and when you post it on facebook then everybody thinks that in all the pride marches you usually see these type of people and that's how the whole of lgbt community wants to represent itself and and that the whole of LGBT represents this and they want to communicate this to other people, that this is okay. Well, no. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, it, I mean, all, all of these things, they are kind of made by individual persons in yeah. the end. And you, you shouldn't take any individual and make, make him or her an absolute presentation of any group. Yeah, it's like the Trumpists versus the leftists, or leftists versus the right, or the communists versus the capitalists. And yes, there is no it's... fucking middle. There's no middle ground in this discussion. More and more, everything gets exaggerated online. Uh, it's absurd in a way in an age where we have more information available to us with the simple uh, act of a keyboard and a mouse click than ever in human history, but we use it wrong, or we ignore it, or we find these extremes, and then we point fingers to each other, and uh, 
Yeah, the kind of uh, I I feel that internet has made it so that basically these days everyone on internet are simply trying to grasp the next club that they can use to smash someone else, and these people don't even anymore know the other side. Like if if like the comment sections on YouTube videos. They, they more and more they become these battlegrounds where people just fight with each other, and none of those people actually know the ne- person next to them. They don't know the person who they are arguing with, and it's just you know it's just internet in itself has become a thing where you simply desperately try to find facts that that or you try to find facts that appease you, yeah. that prove your side. So that you can use those facts to attack strangers. And I somehow don't believe that that was what the internet was meant for. This is why we need media education in school, primary schools. Hopefully that will come commonplace. Yeah. Then you also have to remember that, you know, media education in schools is it's a leftist conspiracy. You know, oh. to hide you from ever finding the real truth. Whatever that might be, like chemtrails. <laughs> yeah, Vac- vaccinations are, you know, poisoning your child and you should most definitely avoid them. Also, yeah. Earth is flat. Uh, so, we have been traveling quite a lot with this podcast. Way been... too much, actually, <laughs> if, you, if you ask some of our listeners. I do admit that it does kind of amplify once again the workload because you can't simply kind of get comfortable with one one nationality like for example with, with America and simply get familiar with America and then you know you constantly use that background information in every film and every analysis you make because now, now the way we do it because we constantly pick different countries and to which we present by the movie choices that we make here in the podcast, it also makes it so that you have to constantly study a new country. And in some cases, like for example with Screaming Man, a country that you have no background info information at all. Yeah, yeah. We've, as I've said prior, we have been quite lucky that we have had the guests that we have had. But the movies being the means of time travel and seeing the world. For for this, the medium of film can be kind of either treacherous or a brilliant way to bring worlds to life, you know. You can easily manipulate the whole generation into believing lies if you execute your historical biopic for all the wrong incentives. But this podcast has more than anything been like a fantastic way to travel around the world from my couch, see new worlds, learn more about the world and force myself to study more about said worlds, especially Pretty Village, Pretty Flynn. Um, but uh, even though we're a film podcast, we time and time again see that the cultural context matters massively here. For example, Uncle Boon Me, thank God we had Annie as a guest. Yeah, and that that was a godsend. Oh, oh, yeah, all those, you know, cultural beliefs and Mladen for Pretty Village, and the list goes on. And... Yeah, I'm kind of a traveler spirit, so for me it's been a great adventure to get to these places, basically from your couch. I don't know how you feel that, but it's been um, the, one of the best things to enjoy in this podcast. Yeah, I 
I do share the sentiment and I do appreciate the journey we have been able to take through movies. But of course, I don't know, somewhere in the back of my mind there will always rings that notion that in the end also the movies are, well, first and foremost they are a representation of the people who make the movie. Like the writer and the director and to varying degrees also the actors. It's it's kind of a, it's their personal presentation and it is also a presentation about them because that is that is kind of a how art works. But and also the notion that at the same time it is kind of a one-sided presentation, usually also about the country from which the film be, uh, comes from, because there there is some aspects in in that country and the people living in that country that the filmmakers kind of emphasize through the presentation they give in their film. At the same time, there are some aspects that they simply don't necessarily deem that important that they have to present them in the film, or as maybe in the worst cases where the film itself is being transformed into a mean of a propaganda where where it becomes so that the film is used to give this well e- either glorified or way too harsh look upon any given given country or and any given nation and i i feel that that is something that you kind of have to remember when when you take this road and when you travel around the world through the means of film. Yeah, that's a very very good point that you bring. Maybe we have been uh, doing quite harsh subjects sometimes, to say the least. But <laughs> it's it's also what brings the listeners. Uh, I think if we anything is to go by from in the name of and horses of God didn't do that bad either. I mean, but. Yeah, more variety, not only so in the worst sides of every country, as you said. We don't want that. Well, for this podcast, we have gone to movies only once. That was Halloween 2018. And boy, was that an adventure. Yeah, I've been aching to ask from you, how was it to prepare the notes for premiere film? And you couldn't stop the tape whenever you wanted to pay attention to particular scene. I would almost say that it most likely was easier experience for me than it was to you, because you also had to deal with the language barrier. Yeah, I I don't actually know how much into detail we can go into in in regards of how, how we made the Halloween 2018 episode or, or what we did behind the scenes without us maybe landing in some troubling waters. Uh, <clears throat> um, yeah. There's been a lot of interesting tricks to make us do some of these less known uh, film episodes. I mean, I've been around the world and, you know, the lengths that we do go to into making these episodes is amazing sometimes. They most definitely are. It wasn't that bad as an experience. Made games become simply, you know, preparing the notes. Of, of course, there was the effect that you couldn't watch the film as, as you were preparing them. And because of that, you couldn't actually have that constant refreshment of memory 
as, as you were preparing your notes. For my saving grace, there was the fact that the internet already had pretty extensive articles about the film immediately after the premiere was shown. And we did, did do the recording pretty soon after, after seeing the film. So the film still was fresh in your memory. But oh, of course there was some aspects that, like, in, in some episodes we go through the film frame by frame and, and we, we do talk about individual frames in, in the movie. And that was something that you simply couldn't do with, with the newest Halloween. Um, but maybe that was kind of the biggest loss there, right? Like the ability to, to kind of um, to do, do the second checking on your notes. Yeah, yeah. I feel your pain. I was, uh, I remember I was also extremely sick at the time. I had sinusitis infection. I was basically having a fever. I had my dog in the flat and if you would leave the dog alone for 30 seconds then he would go completely nuts and start barking. So it wasn't really like the most convenient situation. But off I went to the next city where the theater was and uh, yeah well you can imagine the hurdles it was dubbed in spanish as well so uh. (laughs) i'm still amazed that you were willing to learn spanish for that episode like it, it was just one episode for this podcast and you had to study spanish in order to understand you know the spoken dialogue and not only that in the Shiri episode, I re- remember vividly that I had to become a C1 in Korean language to get the ins and outs of this film. But oh, those were the times. You also ha- had to actually get inside or join the South Korean Secret Service in order to understand exactly how authentic the, the presentation of South Korean Secret Service was in that film. And these are the reasons why you should listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> These are kind of the reasons why you shouldn't try to make the film podcast on your own. So were, were there any films that grew on you after recording the episode and changed your opinion on it considerably for the better or worse? Any of that stuff? Um, I Well, the first one kind of a, to pinpoint, I guess, is The Big Lebowski, which I e- even went on to record on that episode, stating that I... Suddenly, while making the episode, I found out that I actually liked the film more. And I appreciated the film more than I actually believed before we started to make the episode. Before hitting the record button, I was actually prepared to give give an axe to the film. I even said that myself in the episode, yeah. Yeah, I I guess we both both stated that one out. And that that was kind of a I don't know it 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 was a humbling and eye opening experience in a way because you you kind of realized or I I realized through that process that kind of a how important at times it may be that you speak about a film to so, to someone else to another person and you have the kind of a you have the dialogue between the two of you. Because for me, the, that that act of dialogue and that the act of of talking about what I appreciated in the film, kind of a, it it showed me exactly 
how much in the end I was able and capable of liking the movie to a point where I even ended up recommending it. You know what? It wasn't even the humor that kind of spoke to me in that film, but you, you know, yeah, you can ap- appreciate some sides of the film, and it's an enjoyable journey. It was, and it as a process, it it does remind me of the importance of of dialogue and importance of people talking to each other and taking the time of listening to the other side's opinions, because we what we ended up kind of doing in the course of the episode was that we changed each other's opinions on the film. Kind of, yeah. In, in a way. Yeah, Th- this film was actually uh, recommended as one film to discuss on this podcast by Anas, who I was uh, kind of con- considering to be the co-host of the show, but um, we decided it's not really working, and... But I had also made notes on that film, so the first was Bone Tomahawk, and then I started doing the big Lebowski notes, so that's the background and history of those films, why they're in the podcast. And in my notes for Big Lebowski, originally they actually did read that I wouldn't recommend the film. Oh. I I had written that into my notes. Oh. And then (laughs) during the recording, I actually realized that I actually... I, I... can't be without recommending that movie. In the end, still, even though my my first-hand opinion was what it was, I kind of realized through the talk we had that my opinion is kind of a wrong one. Uh, so I guess I guess we could talk about like individual episodes like really quick because there's a lot at this point, you know, fifty. So like an overall feel about that experience, rare window was the first one. We got it done. It was okay. And we didn't even have any episodes that we didn't ever publish. I mean, Rear Window was like, we were like wondering how it's gonna go. We recorded it, then we decided that we'll release it. And it was the first time we ever uh, did anything episodish. So that was basically our training period for this podcast. It was meant as such that we kind of do it and we see how it works and, and at the least, I was kind of extremely prepared that you decided to throw it away and decided that, you know, we are not, never going to publish this one. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of expecting that as well, but uh, oh, it was pretty good. It was funny. Henrik in full power already there. <laughs> and then we did the big Lebowski, then we went into the Halloween marathon, which was my idea that, okay, the next Halloween is coming soon, it's around the corner, so... Oh, you know, the perfect moment, of course, to do the Halloween marathon, which is probably something that, I mean, if I think about it today, I would I would never really think about doing anything like that ever again in this podcast, because first of all, it took like two months to go through all those movies. We would pour the shit out of our listeners, and it kind of worked as a, you know, nice prepping for the episodes that f- would follow. So we kind of got our training there for sure going through all all the great moments and the, all the not-so-great moments. We learned a lot. I enjoyed it. But thank God we probably will never do that again. Yeah, yeah. On, on the same time, you have to note that we are actually doing two, well, not marathons, but we have two running themes going on at, at this time. Like, there is, there is the International Movie Challenge, and then we are also tackling with the Bond franchise. 
which is also 11 episodes long. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> at least we have something in between. Uh, at least we have something in between. Because I, for one, I couldn't do another franchise like we did Halloween, like back to back. And uh, of course, something that also did come into play and affected the in my experiences with the Halloween marathon we did, is the fact that, well, we... Well, first of all, we did tackle two films at once with The Curse of Michael Myers, where we went both of the cuts completely through, and also the fact that we kind of fucked up with the whole scheduling of recording the episode, so we actually had to do, like, two episodes yeah. a week. That's my bad. It also got into so so bad situation that I, I felt that the, our listeners would, were getting extremely bored. So there was one moment where I did the extreme, unthinkable, amazing thing that we released two episodes on one Thursday. That was Halloween from Rob Zombie and the Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Those came on the same day because I th- felt that we really need to move on from this Halloween shit and do something else. <laughs> And I, I, you know, that that also, I, I've heard some listener feedback, <laughs> which is not the most encouraging one, but uh, I, I guess through that marathon, we also kind of, uh, we did lay our groundwork on how much and how deep background work we would do for each episode and in those Halloween episodes we also kind of highlight to the listeners exactly what type of podcast this is because the amount of facts that we present in those episodes and I've heard this one coming from our listeners is I've heard the argument that there's so much facts that it's borderline obnoxious like (laughs) Like it's we we give too much facts, and, and, and they they have said that it it comes obvious throughout the throughout those listening the episodes that we are extremely passionate and extremely knowledgeable about the Halloween franchise and every single film about it because we talk about the scripts and we compare the different scripts and we talk about how is this one thing done in a different script and we talk about individual stunts and you know once again one frame editing throughout the films and it, it has been said that there is so much information that that at least the listeners who have talked to me their brains haven't been able to take all that information <laughs> in like I, I've heard these statements that you listen to it like one hour in and in that point your brain kind of shuts down because of the information <laughs> dump. Well, I guess we have we have been successful in what we planned out to do at least. At least we have been deeply analytical because we have been so analytical that even our asses that hold our heads have their heads up their asses. Oh, I I think I take this as uh, encouraging and positive <laughs> feedback. <laughs> I, I, that may not be the correct assessment, but <laughs> but uh, episode three, Halloween '78, yeah, great horror classic. I have uh, great fond memories of that episode. It was loaded with information indeed, and Halloween two, the same thing. Still going with those horrible mics, and then Halloween three, I got my update, season of the witch, in which we did not agree on too many things and uh, yeah, no, the things that we had said in the past kind of 
held through still there. But um, I guess for both of us, not a completely terrible film. And then Halloween 4, uh, like a decent return, which I just didn't like. Enough to give a recommendation. Hendrik recommended that. Then we move on to Halloween 5, which we both agreed was a complete shit show. <laughs> Halloween Curse of Michael Myers, which was even more so probably a shit show. I mean. So somehow it managed to be even worse. And I don't know how that is fucking possible. I'll tell you why. Jamie and Uncle having some sexy time and producing babies. Oh yeah, that was the incest baby. Yeah, yeah. at the age of 14 or 15. Oh my god. And that's enough of that. Uh, Jesus Christ. So, so, then... so, something kind of showed you that the rights turned into into dimension films, which had Harvey Weinstein on board. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Well, they tried to get John Carpenter for that, but didn't work out. And uh, well, it's still a decent, okay return. Enjoyable, and I did give a recommendation, and so did Henrik. It was uh, kind of a good ending for the Laurie Strode storyline which just unfortunately kept on going in the <laughs> terrible Halloween resurrection which killed off the main character from the previous films and tried to do some random shit with antagonist who had basically nothing left to do there were these all new characters and they were doing this reality tv stuff in the Myers house and what else to say about that my god then we watched Rob Zombie's Halloween I just don't like the way that he executes these films. His style is not my cup of tea. We did kind of agree that to give a non-recommendation for Halloween and then Halloween 2 from 2009, you did recommend. And actually in both of these movies, we had a lot of like existential discussion and <laughs> uh, a lot of like stylistic discussion, like what is Halloween 2 2009 really saying? Is it a very smart artistic depiction of how there's no hope in life? And I just said, it's a shit show. Take of it what you will. I guess it was the episode where we, or at least I, started to open up personally for the first time. And that may kind of have been the instant where I laid the groundwork, which for me led into whatever was said in the Apocalypse Now episode. Yeah. Those are the episodes, that are some of my favorite episodes, because of these little sidetracks that we took. And then we watched Halloween 2018, and uh, yeah, didn't recommend it. You liked it more than I did. I'm still feeling the fatigue, I'm happy that we don't have any more Halloween films at this moment. Then we went uh, finally to some new territory, in the name of the Polish film, most listened episode, followed by Horses of God, which I recorded in Barcelona. Kind of a special one for me. Also incredibly hard one to pull off because of the topic matter. Yeah, it was. I was in a hostel. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Islamic terrorism. Right. Feeling kind of uncomfortable about that. <laughs> Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Oh yeah, that was recorded prior Horses of God, but Pocahontas came after Horses of God in the release schedule. And Pocahontas I recorded in Poland. And that was extremely fact-loaded stuff. I delved deep into the history. I mean, definitely recommend that episode. And so did you. And uh, then we did Bone Tomahawk in the releases. Inspector Palmo's error. My internet was complete shit. I remember I went to a bar to get an internet connection. <laughs> White Hunter Blackheart. Yeah, I was doing that by the pool. 
<laughs> it, it, it may have been the swaggiest episode you ever made. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Even if if I may disclose that, that's still the only episode in this podcast where you have recommended a film. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I, I simply had to have that as our Christmas episode. <laughs> it is basically, the film was horrible torture and war crimes and reminiscing about now there to David Bowie, so it was obvious big like what gets you in the Christmas spirit? I had not seen the film prior and when Henrik made those closing remarks in White Hunter Black Heart I thought he was like serious that the next episode is going to be very lighthearted and <laughs> but not really. Then we did Six Degrees of Celebration, Russian film with Jana. That was uh, our first shortest episode ever because I fucked up the recording schedule. And yeah, I guess we could have continued the discussion after Jana left, but we just didn't do that. And we have stuck by this format that we keep the guest ongoing in the episode, except, well, there was this Junking Express and we fucked up this, that as well. So in the middle of the podcast, you don't hear our guest. But uh, wasn't a big deal. It worked fine for me. Terminator Two, yeah, the the first episode of this year, yeah, kind of basic stuff. Uh, Apocalypse Now, not so basic stuff. One of the deepest level discussion episode of this film podcast. I, I guess it was the one where we bored out our hearts the most. Like in that one, we were most naked. Mm, could be, yeah, that could be one of those episodes for sure and uh, the episode I guess where I come out for the world as, as a gay man and it was also the rare episode where we actually had to have consistent cuts on the material because we we did record the episode and it, it took forever to do and after the recording we realized that throughout the episode we had talked quite intimately about our experiences with the army and we realized that we had kind of described some aspects of the army like like some training drills and stuff like that i i i can't say that 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 deeply but deeply enough that we kind of became uncomfortable with the fact that can we actually land in trouble like can it be stated that we have leaked military secrets through some of the statements that we made during the episode and we did try to check this out like we did try to study what the text of law says about the matter to Mm. make sure that nothing we said during the episode is in such detail that it could somehow land us in court at any time but in, in the end we we kind of chickened out in that one and decided to make extensive cuts into the episode in certain places to make sure that the no way in hell is is the possibility that someone can come and say that we have we, we have shared military secrets because we me and Kari even though we are no longer actively in in the army duty we are still bound by the agreements we made and the oaths we gave when we signed up for our military service. So we kind of started to be afraid of exactly how much information we disclosed in the episode. 
And it was super hard to see where to draw the line because all the information that we could get was that was kind of a gray area and you know ambig ambiguous you couldn't know where to set the line so we cut out most of the you know anything that could be specific yeah, we, we even started to read and check back up on you know the the official army guidelines and the manuals yeah. army manuals that we had the chance to get in our hands to see that what they actually say about you know the the secrecy of information and, and the confidentiality and even in those we kind of found out that it was too vague to actually say anything for certain like there was no clear rules about what is disclosing confidential information exactly and then we had nightmare on elm street the original and we did have some interesting themes about uh, like is this kind of a sexual confrontation between the main character and Fred Krueger and should we be we be worried about that and whatever you raised up in there and Citizen Kane one of our at least for me one of the heaviest episodes to research there was just I guess simply a lot of material floating around regarding that film so I found myself just diving deeper and deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole it would never end but definitely one of our more technical episodes. Followed by Chunking Express, we had a guest from Hong Kong, and then we tried to get a visitor for episode of Shiri from Korea, failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was the first time that we had had a failing with a guest. But really didn't bother me in the sense that I listened to this episode a little while ago, again and revisited it and uh, I have to say wow I was surprised how much once again information we had backed into this episode I was positively su surprised I, I was a bit hesitant with that episode simply because that subject matter of the film is the ongoing hostilities between the two Koreas and that is yeah. very politically loaded topic at least we managed to sound smart then we had porn the opening of Mr. Beethoven. Our most watched episode, at least in YouTube. Yeah, 1.7k views as of this moment. Yeah, go goes to show you that I was right, you know. If you want to get views and clicks in any way, you should touch with porn. Like, you can't lose with porn. Once again, a very interesting topic to get into. Maybe on the outside it looks like, oh, what are these two perverts doing here? But... <laughs> There is uh, quite a lot of history from that period of time when porn was really taken kind of seriously and it was played in wide circulation in theaters, the golden age of porn. Yeah, you, you can listen to that episode and realize that in the end, yes, it is two perverts talking about porn. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually still feel that we should actually do another porn film in the podcast. And this time... Because, because it, it really, it, it just still continues yeah, every now and so often bugs me that when we originally entertained the idea of doing a porn film in the podcast, we raised that possibility out as a joke. The episode was done professionally by our standards, and we did take the subject matter seriously. Yeah. Some might even say too seriously, because... We got into such of a deep discussion about the film and the story and all of that that you really can't get that much 
porn graphic excitement out of the episode. But the founding blocks for making that episode, in my opinion, still were wrong because it was kind of a joke to us. And I I, I still feel that we, we should kind of go back and repair that one. Like, not the episode, but do another take on a porn film. This time with the, you know, the mindset that the prospect no longer is a joke to us. And maybe actually have a guest from the adult film industry, because there might be quite a lot of deep inside take and information to be gotten. Yeah, especially deep. <laughs> but um, yeah, you raised that, uh, that we could have like a guest from the porn industry and that could probably be done. I don't know how much does it affect on the subject matter on is it a straight porn or is it is it homosexual porn? Yeah. Because I, I've kind of understood that those still are two different sides of the same industry. Like the attitudes and the audience expectations and attitudes are different for straight porn than for example gay porn. But um, yeah, we did pretty pretty village, pretty flame. We have talked quite a lot about that and then we did Akira one of our longest recordings and one of our longest episodes surprisingly was over three hours I have no idea how but <laughs> there was certainly a lot of things to talk about to kind of understand the film and our first anime film then we moved on to Raiders of the Lost Ark tried to kind of appease the wider audience don't know how that went but we pushed that out and started once again one of those series is that we could continue in the future with the Temple of Doom. And then once again, one another. So Hellraiser, one of our longest episodes recorded in Novotel Hotel in the center of Warsaw. Very noisy recording from my part, but I think it was okay. Also a most talked about episode in the Facebook page. Yeah, some people weren't really. The, they, they thought we were kind of clickbaiting or grasping at straws exactly by yeah. dragging the gains into this episode but uh, it was uh, actually uh, coming from from Henrik when he was watching some YouTube video and got the idea out of that that this could be an interesting topic and it was Dumbo from 41 the new Dumbo live action was coming out so we went through that and uh, we watched Inuk Greenlandic film that was fun to prep for reading about Greenland, and really nice vistas in this film. Uncle Boomy, who can recall his past lives, this Thailand art film, quite interesting. We had guest Annie from Thailand. Also a pretty tough guest. She really put, once again, put us on the hot calls with her questions. She had incredibly in-depth look on the artistic yeah. aspects and the symbolism of the film. Yeah, <laughs> that was hard to unpack. I've just watched it on the first go. Didn't take, I think, any notes. I just watched it and couldn't know exactly what to think about it, except that the, some of the takes were so long that it was a kind of a struggle to go through. But I ended up rec recommending it because uh, it, there was enough powerful imagery and kind of interesting storytelling. It was the first time that we touched upon what I would say was true art house cinema yeah. in this podcast. Because Uncle Boon May was an art film through and throughout. 
And the cinematography was done by Simon B. Mukdiprong, which ended up becoming kind of my one of my favorite cinematographers of the whole podcasting year. Very interesting shots in, in the film. But uh, of course, these were running for extended periods of time and really dragged out your patience, but still beautiful stuff. And once again, we were revisiting this guy in Call Me By Your Name. And uh, I was really happy to see more of his stuff there. But Uncle Boomy was followed by Uzumaki. Actually, Uzumaki was already recorded back in February, I believe. And then it was only released like two, three months later. <laughs> and this was the technical uh, issues, the episode once again. And um, there was a lot of incredible stuff. Like I, I lost the three first three minutes of our guest's audio. So I had to do some incredible tricks to make the episode make any kind of sense. But turned out to be all right. Then we did Blade Runner. We did, did get some nice feedback about it that it kind of reinvigorated people's like uh, feelings towards it, and they wanted to see it again. That's nice. We did the Breach German film. Greatly enjoyed that as well. You ended up recommending it as well, right? Yeah. Yep. Ghost in the Shell '95. Wow, those were some deep ass discussions once again. Yeah, we once again found our ourselves on a different side of the existential border yeah i just um couldn't get into that film if you want to get into that then listen to the episode let's not get into that uh, <laughs> a screaming man oh, wow i pulled your leg a little bit there by being the fake guest in this episode <laughs> we, we, oh, in which i fought completely <laughs> that was a kind of challenging i had to actually create a separate account so the fakery would be believable <laughs> pretty good film from chad then the man who haunted himself to kind of uh, reminisce the times of roger moore it had been two years since roger moore passed away it, this was his favorite performance in any of his filmography and we did uh, give an axe to that film unfortunately dead poet society gotta get some of those classics on the way was recommended by our guest from horses of god anas great film from Russia with Love, we started Bond Marathon, Call Me By Your Name, one of my favorite episodes. Call Me By Your Name, I should kind of pause here a bit because uh, that, uh, I don't know how deeply it affected you, but that was just everything, everything goddamn worked for me in this film. And it impresses me even to this day so much because this is a film that seems to get the emotions going pretty deeply, regardless of your sexuality or what kind of films you watch, everybody likes this film. And um, we did get into quite, I don't know, deep waters there, but I certainly did get quite emotional there. Did you get emotional when watching it? I did, but not into the extent that I guess you got. I guess, yeah. But yeah, wow, that, especially that last shot in that, <sighs> there, there's not a thing that didn't really click for me. Wow, that's... And also all those Italian countryside imagery. Just a pleasure to the eye. <laughs> and then we did Stray Dogs from Taiwan. Wow, the shots dragged on even further than in Uncle Boon Me. Because I was surprised that we didn't give it more shit than we did. Yeah, it was... Stray Dogs was extremely kind of a hard film. And I, I, I still don't know what to say about our decision you know, to recommend or not recommend the film. Because even today, it, it is a film that I would recommend, but 
at the same time I know that the person watching it very well could not have the best time in their hands. It's a kind of a it's in, extremely important film and it is a ext- very good film on its own right but at the same time it's a film that I still today wouldn't like to watch again. That's one of those, you know, suffering films. It is, but not in the typical sense. Not not in the sense that like a Passion of the Christ, for example, is. Like it's it's kind of a very special type of suffering. Yeah. The director is very much known for this kind of style throughout his filmography. We followed this with the Lion King, the original in anticipation of, well, for some, for anticipation of the live-action version, which is soon premiering in Poland. I guess I'll go watch it, but only because because I have the opportunity to go without losing too much money. I most likely will skip that one. I, I yeah. simply am not interested enough. Same, same here. After watching Aladdin, I'm not really... I mean, it was... Some things I liked, some things I hated. Not really interested in these live actions. There actually could be an interesting discussion to be had on the nature of these now live action re-adaptations or live action remakes of the animated classics and what possibly might be going on behind them like the attitudes and why they are being made and even with the fact that why they suck as hard as they do. Sure, yeah. But that means that we would have to actually watch some of these films. <coughs> well, have you yet checked out the live-action remake of Beauty and the Beast? I mean, that is a Disney animated classic. Won an Oscar and all. I, I haven't seen the live-action. Maybe at some point. And then we watched On Her Majesty's Secret Service. One of my favorite episodes so far, actually. Had really, you know, well... Chemistry, obviously, but you know, kind of the flow was nice, and there was a explosion of information. Just really good vibes all throughout. Really relaxed, good times. Even though I was, ex- like, we and Henrik were so tired. <laughs> but uh, to my amazement, it's one of my favorites. Uh, well, when it comes to the Bond episodes, there also is we have to note our returning guest, Tom Franklander. You know, yeah. when discussing about the quality, because the dude brings a hell of a lot in those episodes and in their discussion. Like, I I would say that, especially on Her Majesty's Secret Service, might not be as good of an episode as it is, if it were, weren't yeah. for Tom. Great guy. Yeah, and he kind of balances our deficiencies in English and its pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) At at, at least we have a proper pronunciation and we also have that sexy British accent. Yeah. Then we did Nightmare on Elm Street 2 with a lot of fighting or not really. We were civil once again, but... But completely on different sides with that one. Like, we really didn't see eye to eye. Yeah, uh, now re-listening to it when I was editing it, at some points I made it sound a little bit like I was too friendly or too accepting in some points for the film, which obviously has a lot of flaws. But uh, yeah, there's only so many things you can say in a lengthy podcast, I guess. And then we did Prisoner of the Mountains, uh, our revisit to Into the Russian Territory. Very good film, very good film. And All right, well, 
What were your favorite episodes to do or research? I don't know if there is such thing as a favorite episode to research. Because since I'm a lazy fucker, it can't go to the episode that I had to do least research for. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I Pretty Village, Pretty Flame was a real yeah. information dump. At, at least on the researching side. Like that, that was hours upon hours of research, simply considering the conflict, but also reading, you know, literature like causes and prevention of war and stuff like that to even even properly understand the nature of how how war and conflicts come along and how they are formed. I also quite like the research done for Pocahontas. Yeah, mostly. Perhaps because with that episode you kind of knew that everything, all the research you are going to do, kind of just ends up being ammunition for against the film. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. That, that that was fun. It was kind of like gathering cannonballs into your own reservoir, knowing that you get get the chance when you can simply shoot all of them against the target. And I don't know. Um, I even like kind of how obnoxiously extensive we went on our research during the Halloween films. <laughs> uh, you know, some of my favorite episodes are the Halloween episodes. They are really a lot of fun while we are drinking as well, but you know, <laughs> the, the feeling is really loose and you can sense that we both know a hell of a lot about the franchise. And, you know, especially episodes like Halloween Resurrection, even if the movie... Um, kind of even imaging the film in your head is kind of painful. The way that we punch that shit back is really entertaining. For me, yeah, I would have to side with you and say Pocahontas. I just have to go with Pretty Village, Pretty Flame as well. You know, it keeps repeated in this podcast many times and for a good reason. I guess, in a sense, Ghost in the Shell was fun. Because it's a film that I didn't really care for, but I had to research it anyway and found some fun ammunition to play with and fire it at Henrik, but it didn't really work. At no, least no, to, I, to, to I, change I, I, his views. Yeah, I, I'm a harder target than Disney's Pocahontas. <laughs> and Disney's Pocahontas had millions of dollars behind it. So was that for our games? Are we finally free from this hell you call... Celebratory episode games. I'm afraid we have fantasy draft here. Coming up. <laughs> this is actually kind of recommended by one of our listeners, so we kind of have to do it. In that case, we can't skip it. Yep. So fantasy draft. My idea for the rules is as follows. Each of us selects five characters. One director, genre, scriptwriter, musician, and production designer. And of course, we could have chosen a lot more different kinds of areas, but this is what we'll go with. And basically, we can choose the same character. So if if we have any overlaps here, then we will have to adjust. For my part, I will reveal my first character. That would be the character is Inuk, played by Gabba Peterson. And uh, you? Okay, well, my first one would be Captain Willard from the Apocalypse Now. Okay. My second would be Timothée Chalamet, uh, Elio character. Okay. What about you? So, to make make this one easy for myself, 
My second pick would be the Cenobites, in plural, as the whole bunch. God damn. <laughs> it, it's it's basically it's it's four Cenobites. So te- technically, I now have five five characters. <clears throat> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> No, I, I, I can I can come up with more characters for you. But but I, I wanna take this moment to point out that I, I actually went five and beyond. <clears throat> so maybe you'll just uh, stick with the main Cenobite. No, I, w- I would say it's a package deal. Okay. Four in one. You, you kind of ha- have to take take all of them, but I, I can take four Cenobites and simply count them as one. Let's let's yeah. I'm not going to argue over this. So <laughs> My third one would be Telisavalas playing Blofeld. Okay. My third one would be William Gilgore, also from Apocalypse Now. Uh, I'm setting up here a horrible and blood curling Vietnam War horror film. Mm. And then I would select uh, Hansuk Q playing Agent Yu in Shiri. Okay. So, as as my fourth one, and to also get the female presentation a chance here on my draft, and to keep with the Hellraiser theme, I would go with Ashley Lawrence, and the character would be Kirsty Cotton. Oh, okay. And I would then pick up Misty Beethoven. I, I can't tell you what, what kind of movie you are actually trying <laughs> to build up there. <laughs> I'm getting to this. Like, like this, this starts to sound like an interracial gangbang. <laughs> I guess those were the main characters. Uh, if you don't mind, I will actually kind of mix and spice it a little bit, and actually there will be like a minor characters mixed up in this whole story. But I don't think anyone gives a shit. No, well, I I still have my fifth. You are actually trying to steal my wind here. <laughs> God damn it! Go ahead. Well, my, my final pick would be Inspector Palabu. What? <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be a mystery horror story set in Vietnam. Actually, it's just better if I select a little bit of more characters here, if nobody minds, because... Exactly how big gangbang you are setting up there, man. <laughs> this kind of sounds more and more perverted the longer you go. Because Commissario Palmo is also integral in my story. And I really don't feel like fixing it up anymore. <laughs> I will pick some extra characters also. Simba, Nala. <laughs> that, 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 that's bestiality, man. You can't do that. There, there's a law. <laughs> Pinhead and Michael Myers. This sounds less of a film and more of a train wreck. <laughs> but that's all my extra characters, I think. Now, who is the director of your your film, your epic production? For me, it would most definitely be an epic, and an epic deserves an epic director, so I go with Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, that should work. I will go with uh, the one, the only, John Carpenter, to pull off this one. You, you do know that on, on his later years, Carpenter has been somewhat slacking in the quality scale. And, and you are building up a quite a nightmare production there. And this kind of a mixed up fuck up will be 
the best best choice for John Carpenter in his later years? What would be the genre? You know, I I could almost say that your genre will be precisely that a fuck up. So I will go with uh, with horror. <laughs> Mine is also horror, actually. Hor- horror fuck up. I I was counting on porn. <laughs> a horrible well, fuck up. Well, horrors do have like sexual imagery. Speaking of sexual imagery, before you can actually s- steal my pick, my scriptwriter would be Clive Parker. What? Mine too. Yep. <laughs> I I said it first. God I said damn. It first. <laughs> go, go find yourself a new scriptwriter. <sighs> okay, I I can uh, compromise here. I can try to change this one. I'm gonna go lazy here. I'm... Yeah, so my scriptwriter would then be Deborah Hill. Haha. <laughs> and what about your music department? I would pick John Williams. There. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Brad Fiedel with his metallic vibrance. What about your set designer? Uh, Dan Tavolaris. Basically the production designer of the Apocalypse Now. Since we're going to Vietnam. Okay. I decided that we have to have some fins in this production, so I will go with Arre Koivisto from Commissario Palmo as the art department. So you'll get some classical Finnish vibes in this epic as well. Going all out, I see. Mm-hmm. But that would be pretty much be my actually fantasy draft for a film if we would go with the building blocks that we have gathered throughout these 50 episodes or 49 seeing how this one does how, how our 50th does not tackle a film did you put up a synopsis for this one it would be set in in vietnam and it, it would be a mystery horror story like i said there, there would be the Cenobites who would come in contact with, with captain villard and william gilgore more gilgore than villard since Kilgore is more violent and more cruel of the two. Kirsty would be there kind of a because due to her understanding of the Cenobites and Inspector Palmu would be there in the background of the war trying to piece together the mystery of what the fuck actually is happening. Hmm. Sounds like a something to go watch. M- most definitely. It's also something to produce. So please feel free to give me money. Hmm, time to put up that Patreon. <laughs> Is this where it's going to go? So we're going to finally pull off our production together to pull these films off from our listeners' pockets. You know, I I'm, I actually am crazy enough to attempt to make a film with you. <laughs> I, I don't know about trying to get a budget from our listeners. Like That could be too hard of a task. And way too impossible. As long as our film has nothing to do with Terminators or special effects, I'm fine with that. As long as we manage to somehow go around all the copyright problems. (laughs) Because most of these are actually licensed trademarks. Because we just have to change the names. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) And we have to state in the beginning of the film that any resemblance to real person or entities or companies is strictly what do you call accidental accidental it it, it would have to be named something like not heaven razor (laughs) and and the main quote-unquote bad guy would be something like a nail head okay 
Looking forward to that in theaters 2020. <laughs> I went kind of uh, more specific. This is more than a synopsis. It's kind of a, like, well, it's the synopsis of the entire film. So I don't have a script or anything, but... Uh, I was already worried here that you know, we are going to be here stuck here two hours when you are actually going to read <laughs> out loud the entire script. No, just a few rows. Thank God. Because in this one... <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. In Korea, Agent Yu has a new and complicated relationship with Mr. Beethoven. She's it's starting to sound like porn already. It's heading there, but it's going to be pretty clean in this film. So basically, a Misty Beethoven was again. No, no. So she is sexually very promiscuous and leads uh, via this to several petty arguments with the agent. Meanwhile, Oliver got married uh, from Call Me By Your Name, which I forgot to mention as a character. Fuck it. Uh, Inuk and Elio are friends, and they travel to Chad in search of a new life. And they plan to build a legit business, actually, in the middle of a desert. There will be see-through igloos made of glass in the middle of a deepening in the middle of a desert. Sort of like a slump, or what do you call it? But little do they know that Ernst Stavro Blofeld has built his undersand castle right below the sand of this deepened section of the desert. So Blofeld starts doing scientific experiments, which ruptures the foundation of three of the glass igloos and four and a half customers die in gruesome ways due to some glass shrapnel injuries. So Inuk and Elio investigate further and find hidden passage to Blofeld's castle. Meanwhile, in South Korea, South Korean secret operatives have gathered intel of Blofeld's actions in Chad. So their understand operations have something to do with a virus called Ugubebe, and it causes infertility for all Chinese land sharks on the African continent. <clears throat> and the launch of the virus would be pinned on South Korea. That would mean war between South Korea and China. So tensions are high. If Blofeld's demands are not met, he will launch the virus, and a world domination plan with North Korea would ensue somehow. So the South Koreans sent their best agent, of course, that's um, Yu Yong-won, played by Han Su-kyu. He tries to shut down Blofeld's operations and to save Inuk and Elio inside this uh, castle, which is filled with trap rooms. There's one with a catfish who wants to have sex with them and kill them. And <laughs> in the auxiliary room, there's Simba and Nala as uh, roadblocks before you get to Blofeld. Then there's troglodytes waiting for the prey. And right before you get to Blofeld, there's still Michael Myers and Pinhead that act as Blofeld's last lines of defense. So when they're finally just about to kind of penetrate Blofeld's defenses, then there's Inuk, Elio, and Agent Yu entering Blofeld's room. And there's only one person in this room. But Blofeld is not the one sitting at the end of the long table. It's actually Inspector Palmo, after all, who already figured the whole shit out ages ago and gives his famous... <laughs> <laughs> laugh and then sucks on his cigar Misty is on his lap and roll credits it actually does sound less convoluted than most Bond films <laughs> so that's for the laughs and uh, yeah there, there is still a lot of steps for putting together the entire show as we have said we first basically research 
or watch the film and research, then we record the episode, then I have to cut the episode, mix it, multiplex it, meaning putting all the different audio tracks together into a single unit, checking that the audio levels are meeting certain normal standards, that they maintain the same level throughout every episode, making sure that the audio sounds good in different speakers, hopefully, and there's a lot of technical stuff that is probably not too interesting, but you know, there's a lot of steps, let's say like 20 specific steps in the entire editing phase, and the most annoying part is just waiting, waiting for the computer to render the audio file and then rendering again, which means I need a quicker computer at some point. There's also a great courage from Henrik's side, who is leaving the entire edit to me. He almost never gives me any notes on what to cut or change, unless it's something crazy like Pretty Village Pretty Flame episode. So, uh, I don't know, props to you. You you, I, <laughs> you keep yeah. trusting what I do here, I guess. Well, to be honest, I never actually have, have had any reason to doubt you on that department. Or, you know, be, be afraid that you would somehow fuck it up. Mm. And, uh, of course, on my end, there also kind of is this need to kind of a, for me to remember my place that, or remember that I am a co-host. And I, I do understand this is something that does not come up behind, behind the scenes. This is not something that you and me fight about, and I very much believe that you yourself, you don't feel about this like I do. But I have watched some of these artistic projects, what this podcast also is, and I've seen how taking part in a, such of a project can kind of start to fuel your ego, and these... These endeavors, you know, ma- making podcasts, making films, making basically any kind of artistic product at all, it is very easily ego-driven. And to me, because of that, it's kind of important that I myself do remember kind of that this, at least to me, this is for, first, this is your podcast. And I am here to work for the podcast, kind of work for you and to kind of do my duties as a co-host and it's it's kind of a, to to me it's important that i kind of remember that even though there really is not that marching order between us behind the scenes yeah you you are not pulling up the rank outside of the recordings and we we don't fight but i kind of i might be a bit afraid that if i lose kind of the fact that i am the co-host i there might be the possibility that I could take too much liberties, and then it would kind of a, I might be the driving cause for us ending up in a fight about well, who crea- came up with the idea of the podcast first, and who does most job, most work behind the scenes, and all of these aspects. And I really want to be careful with myself as not to let that accident happen. Yeah, like you said, there is none of these ranks behind the scenes. So if Henrik wants to do something, I'm listening. And I'm not limiting anything here. The way I approach it is that this is like a cooperation between me and Henrik completely. So kind of a 50-50 approach. And and, and you, you have made that perfectly clear. Yeah, 
Like I, I, I don't have any kind of a, I, I don't have the wrong impressions when it comes to your attitudes on the subject. This is just, just something that exists in my head. And I may sound bossy sometimes, but it's only because I know that I'm used to it by now. That at the end of the day, I kind of have to pull the strings a bit, drive the thing forward, and decide what's the next movie, perhaps, or. Or if we want to do something quick, then I will say, okay, let's do it this way. And I usually don't hear any arguments, so we just do it my way pretty often. But I'm listening. There was even the absurd thought process in the beginning that we might even do this more often than weekly, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was a, that, that, those were the crazy times. That was when I still had the idea that, you know, we could possibly maintain this as such of a simple format that we would just grab the mic, talk about a film, then move on, grab the mic, talk about a film. But uh, what's the point in that? And after all, I wanted to do something that delves deeper into the film, so sorry it's not going to work. Yeah, we kind of a, we got too ambitious, and I, I, I don't want to give out the impression that I, I think more highly about the podcast than I do, but I think that we have or we try to keep this level of professionalism in this podcast. Like we really we really drive towards us, you know, putting up the the enough amount of work and to, we really aim to make sure that we fact check everything and we study everything and we make the best possible product. And we actually even take quite a lot of pride in how professional we try to be here. And I, I, I guess, you know, that aim to be good enough for our listeners kind of arose to the point where we actually can't, where we, we started to put too much limitation, we started to put too much demand on the background work and all of that, those little aspects that go behind the scenes so that we can't simply do that grab the mic and let it flow type of podcast that you could actually do more than once a week i mean we are kind of a, we are half past dead and almost burned out by this the workspace that we now have i do admit it's kind of part the the, the ego trip i guess that you know when you come to the episode you want to be you want to have as much ammunition as possible of course you want to be able to talk about the film as well as you can but yeah it's Apparently, this is the way that we want to do it. Like, be knowledgeable. Yeah, yeah this, this wasn't something that we kind of a knowingly were constantly pushing ourselves. Or something that we kind of um, forced ourselves into. This just yeah. kind of happened naturally to us. The, the episodes got more... They got deeper and deeper as, as we went along. And I, I don't know if, if it was the Halloween marathon that we did, which was kind of the breaking point for us in that regard, because <laughs> for those we did a shit ton of background work. I remember thinking that, okay, I know quite a lot already about Halloween, so this is gonna be fun. But after Halloween, how is this podcast going to continue? Are we going to keep the same way of approach into these films? And I said, yeah, why would we change anything? So this is the blueprint follow that and that's how it kind of came to be and just to be kind of specific about the how many episodes we would punch out i was kind of back of my mind thinking that probably one per week is okay uh, but then henrik asked me 
like how often were you thinking of doing this podcast and I said weekly and I wasn't sure if you were thinking that's too little or that's too too much or what so I said okay we can do it even more often if you want yeah I I was actually actually like to me weekly was kind of the maximum yeah which which I I could see for us especially since we are not making money here I think 14 days in between episodes is kind of pushing it and might kind of alienate the crowd and what do you keep doing in in the in the middle I don't know I mean this is really hectic and busy but I feel this is this is good you've raised up the topic that you are kind of hesitant on would our listeners return to us if we would kind of take a long break and not release an episode I guess there is the possibility that there will be like a episode per break somewhere and that's kind of natural sometimes life happens who knows but um yeah now it's been going like this we do a lot of episodes into the bank so to speak and we take a break and but regardless of that episode will be out every week anyway yeah basically for every break that we take we kind of work twice as hard before that one to make two episodes a week to make sure that we have those in the bank episodes so that we can at least partly lay back two weeks every now and then during the christmas period and even then you know you are still editing and releasing the episodes yeah this is taking way too much time right now like editing is about two evenings and research is at least two evenings probably three evenings and you know that's already five days for the podcast and (laughs) then you have your kind of rest of the life so it's insane yep i mean i i i I have been listening to this finnish political podcast politburo which also is a weekly feature it's three three political professionals who weekly delve into the basically the politics of finland the parliamentary decisions and elections and all this stuff and well their episodes are like half an hour like they are sometimes they are bit longer sometimes they're a bit shorter but they're in the half an hour ballpark and even they you know take proper holidays (laughs) they are now on a summer break and that is going to last is it going to last i guess you know two or three months maybe yeah i thought that the breaks in podcasting schedule are kind of always kind of confusing for the listener whenever somebody some podcast takes a break i'm always kind of like okay nothing's happening like maybe next week i don't know well guess you can find it out on the website but i'm lazy like that so well at least like we have done it right now at least during our first year i hope it builds trust and i hope people can see that we make the effort and we are stable every single episode has been coming every single thursday throughout the goddamn year so that's something to cheer about really there was the halloween h2o was kind of almost came on the side of friday but uh, i happened to put it out at 10 p.m or something there was a lot of problems it was my first day in spain and shitty internet but i did it but it 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 all does still kind of tie down exactly how taxing the process of making this podcast is and the risk of burnout that we kind of face yeah have been facing throughout the year Yes, yeah, I want to avoid this, like, 
like crazy. I don't want to burn out. I don't want to burn out. If you have any feelings like that at any point, we have to do something about that. I don't I, I don't feel like burning out, but I do kind of acknowledge the risk with the, with the space that we are keeping here. Yeah. Of course, there has been the days when I really have not felt like I want to do this podcast. Like There comes the days when you would rather eat, drink bleach than fucking do another episode of the Flick Lab. And there even have been the days when it has been Sunday and you know that at, at six o'clock you have to hit the recording button and start to make the episode and you just are like praying that, oh God, I, I don't want to do this. I just don't want to do this. Like, let something happen. And then, you know, at, at five, 5 p.m. you kind of have to simply grab yourself from the back spiritually and put all those feelings behind because you can't show them when you are recording you you can't show that to the listeners because yeah. that would be a shit episode then and so so you kind of have to push past them and simply once again do the best episode you can do but uh, i that still is not burning out do we still have this goddamn games i hope not so finally are we really reaching the end here? Are we finally getting to the feedback of our listeners who have been waiting for 75 hours at this point? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's listen what you have to say if you if you insist. <laughs> I think this kind of episode was very much needed, especially for our listeners to get them to, you know, say something. And it's important to uh, you know, have this back and forth communication. I yeah, we have to have more communication with our listeners. We kind of, we most definitely do. I, I do know that some listeners have stick with us from pretty much from the early days. And this is something that I realized only a couple of weeks ago, actually. Like, I, I we were in episode 43 or something like that when I realized that we are actually close on hitting the 50th episode. Mm. And... It was only a couple of weeks ago when I finally actually realized that what that actually means is that we have been doing this podcast for over a year now. <laughs> like m- more than a year has been passed in us making a making an episode every Thursday. And that also means that you know those listeners that have been with us through this journey also have sacrificed a year and and three weeks from their lives like it's when, when you start to think about it like 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 the like the amount of time that they have been they have graciously given to us but by listening to this goddamn episode it's it's kind of a like it's it's insane like it, it's uh, uh, if you are one year older now than you were when you started and yeah. i i you know, if that doesn't deserve for us to actually giving more spotlight to you as a listener, trying to make the communication even better, you know, give you a chance to raise your own voice. I, I don't know, you know, what does in podcasting world. It's still hard to actually, actually understand the time period that has passed and, and the fact that someone might have sticked with us for a year. Addressing the episode lengths, listeners. 
So there's been some that are very supportive about our episode lengths and some less so. Well, Contest the episodes do take a fucking forever. Maybe we could take a vote on our different medias and see what uh, actually... <laughs> I'm actually scared of the verdict, I have to say. And see what kind of episode length you would like to have. The problem with the length is that since, since we are doing this on free flow, and this is not these episodes are not something that we have scripted, since writing a script would kind of mean, I don't know, three weeks more work for the for the two of us because we have first we would have to write an individual script and then send those scripts back and forth and then try to mix them up into one complete script which we then would read out loud during the recording process and most likely that would sound like precisely that two Finns reading English out loud from a piece of paper but since we are avoiding doing the script since this is a free flow it's in it's incredibly hard to try to actually manage it so that you can guarantee that the episode will stay at a certain length especially since this is kind of a deep dive podcast which also means that you can't kind of predict exactly how long you are going to be trapped in one theme of the film or one aspect in any given episode like sometimes it's you can get several scenes fly past you in the scene by scene and at times then you are stuck for 20 minutes in a deep philosophical argument with Curry who has all the wrong opinions but still refuses to admit it so that that all kind of weights down on exactly how long these episodes are going to shape up yeah I suppose we can say that we are basically catering for a certain kind of film buff crowd certainly a film buff crowd or somebody who wants to get really deep into these different films and their backgrounds and what we think about them but of course we have a certain crowd at the moment and if the crowd is not pleased that well we might need to think about it and see if we can at least streamline the episode length which i believe has been one of the concerns for some people which we have attempted with varying degrees of of results in some of the episodes there has been two or three attempts to actually streamline these in some way there was that a studio type of format which we tried to pull off that kind of a went belly up when the discussion simply became too deep and you once again you had to take more time to kind of think through your argument before you say it out loud because the arguments got so heavy and so complicated that you really wanted to make sure that you don't give a wrong impression there was also that one time when we tried to tie the episode length into the length of the movie so that the episode would run as an commentary track to the film but that kind of was shit idea because a the discussion points that we had and the discussions those points led into were kind of a it was hard to say beforehand before starting the recording exactly how much you are going to find something you have something to say about and how long saying that thing will take and that that was the first problem the second problem we had faced was the fact that 
since we are not tied into a certain genre and a certain year of filmmaking, like only films from 90s, that means that the length of the films we go through, it, it changes very drastically. Sometimes you have a one hour feature like Dumbo, and the next, next thing you are watching is, is a three hour epic like Apocalypse Now. So making it sure that you can keep the episode short enough for Dumbo and kind of a streamline it enough to not go overboard and at the same time find enough things to say about film like Apocalypse Now and guarantee that you will hit those marks. It gets incredibly difficult. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree when we were trying to do the commentary track format. I love commentary tracks. But uh, after we tried that with Dumbo and something else, I realized how really, really, really hard it is to keep up with the pace of the film where kind of your your thoughts are running in your head and you're trying to put out as much material from your mouth as possible during the film and then kind of finish it. So I know that I also do not like commentary tracks where they have a lot of very audible cuts and it doesn't feel like a natural conversation that is just going on and flowing throughout the film. So, yeah, I also don't want to do that, and I have to face the fact that we simply don't have time to do extremely edited and uh, and time-fit commentary tracks for, for films. And looking at the way that we have been doing this from, like, episode one, going through different kind of deep analysis of the characters, and, yeah, it just didn't seem to work for what we are trying to accomplish here. Yeah, and it's something that gets incredibly easily derailed by even one deeply analytical talking point. Yep. Like anything you can't cover in five minutes can just derail the entire episode length thing. Like it happened with Dumbo, if my memory serves me correctly. It did, and well, when it comes to this episode length argument, I'm very much willing to try once again to fit into a certain time slot. And I know that we will usually go over time and uh, that just happens. But we could try to, you know, make these episodes more or less like max two hours, right? I don't know what kind of episode lengths people are actually willing to have here. But yeah, uh, for example, I know this guy who runs the Polish podcast, of course, He's in a kind of a different position than most of the listeners, but because he runs a podcast, so he comes from these circles. But his opinion was that, well, since he has gone to film school and knows a lot about films, he absolutely loves just go through those. So yeah, we can try to make the format a little bit more fitting. Yeah, we are aware of the problem and we do sympathize with your feelings, but it's it's hard to actually say how to make sure that you can actually trim these episodes the only quick solution I can come up with would be axing the quickies. Mm, that's actually my favorite part of the podcast. Pretty much, it's like the high point of the of the whole thing. Would you say? And that so so that's where you have the problem with that idea. But that would be the only one that I would actually say that you you can easily throw out. Or then you know the scene by scene. But then again, we kind of need the scene by scene so that we can have a structure. Mm. And also, since we do dwell a lot of in foreign films and films that are not that mainstream, to also give the listeners some kind of a basic understanding on what actually happens and goes on in the film. 
Oh, Henrik. Looks like <laughs> we still have one game to go. What? Still? Yeah. You treacherous bastard. Well, yeah. It seems that you have also selected clips for this one. <laughs> so it's a guest the episode game. I, I, I was hoping that you would simply forget the episode package and we wouldn't touch this one. Seriously? Then we'd fall. Yep. After the all the effort that we went through to get this to the show. No, no matter the effort that we ha- have to go through, I was still counting on, you know, you simply skipping this one. Uh-huh. Alas. I'm nothing if not lazy. Well, who goes first? 50-50, I will say with Henrik's clips. It's 1607, or maybe 203. Who cares about these darn historical accuracies? So, as my first one, I, I'm starting off with an easy one. You think? Pretty, pretty, yep, it's it's pretty clear where this one is taken from. But my clips are a collection of longer and shorter takes. So the lengths vary. And also, I would like to believe that they get more difficult as the clips go on. Okay, so I will say, of course, Halloween Resurrection. I mean Pocahontas. You already had had me at Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> but yeah, most likely that is the opening of the Pocahontas episode. Yep, undoubtedly. So would that be playing first of mine? Well, if I absolutely have to. Yep. They completely, at least for me, they take me out of the movie. Yeah. They completely piss me off and make me lose all interest in the atmosphere of the scene. And because of that, the build-up they try to have does not have any effect on me. (laughs) I hope that was not an easy one for you. It it was definitely not an easy one. (laughs) I, I want... This to be the moment when it's noted that I actually, I set up my own clips much more fairly so that they start with easy and they get harder as they go on. And you, on the other hand, you know, you go straight to the deep end. Yeah, I'm a piece of shit from the beginning. Uh, yeah, that's a, actually a pretty hard one. Well, can't, can't remember exactly how many films we have had on this podcast that has had plot elements in it, which I felt completely ruins the experience. If you want a hint. I'm I'm already guessing that we are once again dealing with Halloween episodes. Uh, well, this uh, clip deals with fake-outs that completely piss you off. Well, that that very strongly is the Halloween episodes. But which one? Uh, that, that is the question. Goddamn marathons. Uh, which one was the heaviest with the fake-outs. They were all pretty heavy ones. The franchise kind of gets its groove on. So one of your all-time favorites, probably. <clears throat> yeah. I, w- I would hazard to guess it's Halloween 5 and all those fake kills. Yay! It-, it was either that or, you know, the bunch of jump scares, which would have pretty much made it something like Halloween age 20 or the curse of Michael Myers or something on, on you know, on that ballpark. Yeah, I will accept your one point for that response. Okay, Henrik's number two. Let's hear it. 
Hey, open up. Boom, ba ba da ba da ba da ba da. Would that be Halloween Five? <laughs> it most definitely is Halloween Five. Once again, the extremely easy one. Seeing how this was one of those moments that you at one point kind of named to be one of the top moments of the podcast. Yeah, so it happened. So I kind of ruined that number two. Actually, you kind of had the precognition to understand what parts exactly to listen to. That too. All right. Okay. I'm checking out the clip number two. It kind of brings together all the main points, and still, even though there's a lot of things that are left unsaid, if you see this like more times, I think you can pick up on the nuances of the characters and what was really meant behind this or that word. <laughs> Yeah, not letting you easy. Obviously not. Or am I? Hmm. I, I, I restate my statement, obviously not. But most likely, you know, this is one of the later episodes mm-hmm. from the podcast. Could Apparently be. a film that you actually liked. Mm-hmm. No comment yet. I, I, you notice how I'm slowly trying to wriggle out the correct answer out of you. Hmm. Manipulative as well. <laughs> That's what podcasting is all about. But this was kind of kind of a put me in the the ballpark of 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 the more artistic films we have lately done, starting from Call Me by Your Name and ending maybe with Prisoner of the Mountains. Mm. But Prisoner was pretty straightforward in its presentation. So there is Call Me By Your Name and Stray Dogs, and Stray Dogs didn't have that much dialogue. In it, it was more images. So I would hazard a guess it's Call Me By Your Name. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, I tried to include a kind of a half emotional part of that episode, so you would get it right. I, I, I somehow feel that I have completely missed all your clever making it easier hints that may have existed in your clip. <laughs> well, you pulled it off. Let's see number three clip from you. I understand the need to having an army, of course, in the world that we live in. I'm not particularly patriotic. I just look at it more in a practical sense, of course, that if I have to defend the fucking place where my house is and where all of my family lives, then okay. That's the last effort to salvage that by going to war. But going to army, the idea of going to learn how to kill people, because that's what it is, and nobody still wants to hear it. I don't know why, because that's what it is. And all these military parades, all this bullshit showing off or showing your equipment, I never understood that. I never understood that. It, it, it almost reminds me of North Korea. North Korea showing the military march is exactly that. It's just showing off your ammunition, what you're capable of. I, I'm already fearing this is going to be too easy as the editor of this podcast. But I'm going with Bone Tomahawk. Or am I... Uh, no. No. I, Wait. You may want to reconsider that one. Yeah, okay, so it's... Me going like semi deep and failing, so would that be apocalypse now? 
that it is. The one of the kind of a longest or, or one of the longest we did in the early stages of the podcast, and also the one that I guess has most edits and most stuff that got left out. Yep. All right. Let's continue. Okay, so it's your third one. I I guess we would actually get banned from the podosphere if I would get into the details. I can already see that our long-time listener and fan of this podcast going by the nickname Definitely Not The Cops is already typing and asking for our contact information on our Facebook page. Mm. Okay. So touching by the sound quality, this is once again was the Halloween episode, which does not help much because certain issues were raised up repeatedly during the Halloween run. Yeah, so this was about getting into details that would get us banned from the bodosphere. So we're talking about pretty extreme stuff at that moment. That's still very highly ties us into the Halloween episodes. Hints? Yeah, drop me one. It's not Halloween. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I, I, I was certain, you know, I, I was very much going on with the hunch that it would have been dealing with the situation on how we actually managed to get some episodes done or background material passed on between the two of us. Mm-hmm. But it's from the early productions, as you can, of course, hear. Well, fuck it, I'm, I'm going off with a hunch, this is Bone Tomahawk. Well, it is, actually. Well, goddammit. It's the moment where we're talking about cows and how appealing they are or aren't. <coughs> Thankfully, I've completely forgotten that discussion. <laughs> I- entirely. Does it ring any bell to you? A- actually, no. <laughs> yeah, the star was making comparisons between his wife and the town cow. With the town cow possibly being better looking than his wife. But on my ne- next clip, which is short, I admit it. But this is the moment from our podcast when you finally went on and explained exactly why you chose me as your co-host. Oh, okay, let's play number four. Just because we need a guy like you. Somebody who is a good slave. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all he said. <laughs> I'm afraid that's a bit taken out of context and forced into some other context. <laughs> Most definitely not. I rechecked the notion. <laughs> I remember saying that, but where did I say that? <laughs> it's one of those newer ones, isn't it? Mm, yeah. It, it's not from the newest end of the podcast it's not like the latest five episodes we've done um no could it could it be no it could not be but it is after i've gotten the mic that you graciously sent to me yeah well god damn it you want a hint yes please so counting with terminator 2 we have done like Four science fiction films in the podcast this far, and this is one of Blade four, Runner from not quite what? Oh, Ghost in the Shell. Yup, yeah, damn. I was about to say that as the first one, but all right, I guess you have to give me half a point. Marking your half here right now, 
And I guess it's my number four. Apparently, even though it was recorded in studio. <laughs> but you know, it's that super hearing. <laughs> you know, I, I no longer feel in any way bad for actually making only a few second long clips into the package <laughs> I sent to you. I, I can al- already hear that. Once again, this is one of the early episodes. Yeah. One of those, the audio quality was what it was in my end, kind of deals. And chasing someone with, with superhuman abilities? Kind of, or, well, not not exactly, but you're onto something. I'm onto once again checking out the Halloween lineup, since that that, that is kind of, a, it appears that that is my go-to suspect on where your clips are from. But where would Michael had been kind of the most super maniest? It's kind of hard to say with the character, because it, it he doesn't stay consistent. Fuck it, I'm guessing it would be Halloween 6. Well, it's not, but maybe you want to hint? Yeah, drop in one. I was going off that it's one of those moments when Michael hears the baby, or, or what was the little kid, the goddamn incest love object of the film. However, here is one of those early noise-making scenes from the film. Yeah, this comment refers to post-production of audio in this film. And you are pretty close. Well, once again, basically all the the films have gone through pretty heavy post-production. Or it's not so much about the post, but perhaps how this actor performs this particular thing. Well, it can't be Michael's spoken dialogue, because that would tie it only to Rob Jumpy's Halloween 2, the only one where Michael has actually spoken anything. And a- any clip from that film would be simply you spitting out poison and hissing like a goddamn rattlesnake. <laughs> so I would keep guessing it's resurrection? Well, goddamn, you got it. Well, goddamn, I can't believe it in myself either. Yeah, we're, we're at this moment we are talking about the ADR scream of Sarah that Michael can hear in the corridor, reading from her phone that she shouldn't be screaming. Okay, yeah, now, now it wakely kind of rings a bell. Okay, would it be then your clip number five? I guess it would be. This is kind of a, one of those moments where you have the choice words with our listeners. Okay through in science this far, it very much suggests so that there is nothing special about the human being. Oh, are you tricking me and choosing the same movie for several clips? I confess to nothing. <laughs> this is Ghost in the Shell. It most definitely is Ghost in the Shell. The philosophical fight we had over whatever or not, is there anything in the human condition and does human beings have anything like a soul? Yeah, claiming to be the correct mouthpieces to actually talk about such things. Well, ain't we? In the end, I mean, we are movie podcasters, and that makes us professional in all the fields there is. Of course, my apologies. So it would be my number five? Yeah. And the final confrontation is something that never completely made sense to me, because the only reason... 
I, I kind of ha have an inkling feeling that that would have been easier had it gone like two or three seconds longer. Yeah, I think this is still maybe quite specific because you're referring to the final confrontation. Well, it's a good thing that we don't have many films that, that have final confrontation in them. <laughs> in, in this podcast, basically all the horror movies we've done has it in some capacity. This is nothing but awkward. Cannot remember what you've said in this podcast. Like, like I said, like I said, I usually don't go back and revisit my old stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be awkward for both of us. I hope that you are going to fix this one in post. But since we've already tackled the Halloween franchise, I guess at this point you would have kind of been changing the franchises. So would that make it the first Nightmare on Elm Street and the Home Alone fight? I have to give you a hint, I believe. It's an animated film. Well, good thing that we are not in shortage of those either. Yep. But with with animated... Well, the first guess would be Akira from the animated front. Unfortunately not. God damn it. Like, what, what other... Well, except, of course, Pocahontas. Unfortunately not. Okay, in, the, in that case, you know, I, I give up. Just... Yeah, it's uh, the Lion King. You're talking about the final confrontation in which Scar loses only because he tells the truth to Simba about Mufasa. So, yeah. God damn you, Disney, for stopping me in the back here. Okay, clip number six from you. Th this is, once again, one of those moments where the obnoxious level of detail we, we get into here com comes to play. Hmm, can't wait. Mr. Henrik, let's talk about little buddy's finger. Does he really give the finger when he starts to drive with his bike? I think he's just giving the back of his hand. <laughs> yeah, who could ever forget this little buddy and the damn factory? So would it be Witch of the Season, number three Halloween or Halloween Season of the Witch? That it is. The, one of those moments where we went, where you actually had to go and buy the newest HK Ultra HD Blu-ray release of the film simply so that you can go and watch this one frame and try to decipher, is it a finger or is it the back of a hand? <laughs> yeah, looking back at it, I'm not sure how exciting this is. <laughs> well... I, like, like I said, I, I've had some listener feedback that at some times we are obnoxiously on point on, you know, with, with the little details and exactly how deep we will analyze any given film. At least we were there first. At, at least we didn't give up. And number six from me. Okay. You know, this is kind of the scene which I had the biggest bone to pick when it came to the film because... Me too. Kind of all the dumbskullness of the characters coming to a high point on this scene in every single way. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say that much that I think you were a little bit uh, rough on this one. Really? I, I really don't sound that rough on the clip. I didn't feel it was such of a dumb fuckery, but that's as far as I will go, but... I, I don't know, I 
I almost can hear you agreeing on on the background of my mumbling noises. Yeah, just dumb fuckery is maybe a strong word to use here. It was a pretty decent film, after all. It, it kind of takes half of the films gone through in this podcast out of the picture. <laughs> oh good, then you have a hint. <laughs> then I have a hint. Uh... I admit this is pretty crazy. Maybe you can pick up something from my background, which is noisy as hell. So it's from that certain period when things were noisy in this podcast. Unfortunately for me, I can't for the life of me remember when that period was, since we actually have used this improvised recording location so many times. To a point where I myself, I'm still using them. So kind of the weird background noises at this point just mend into one consistent noise when, whenever thinking about this podcast and recording process. I will give you a free hint because this is quite tricky, I believe. So I don't know if this will help anything anyway, but it's from that period when I was homeless for quite a bit of time, so to speak. Just switching hostels and hotels and being in the most expensive hotel probably of the entire city of Warsaw. Okay, this would be easier if my memory wouldn't be completely full of holes. <laughs> well, it's part of the International Cinema Challenge. Okay, because I for the longest time I was going on with the Terminator 2. Oh. I was kind of banking on it, it being something to do with, with the char- characters traveling into the final confrontation and everything that happens on that road. Like, for example, the moment when Sarah Connor decides to take out the IT technician. Yeah, just drop the hint. I I, I try with the half a point here. Okay, it's an episode where <clears throat> a guest failed us, didn't appear. Didn't appear or tried to do it, but, but didn't make it through. Didn't appear. Okay. Kind of forgot. So that would tie down to Inuk. Yeah, I'm willing to give half a point. Yeah, it's, yep. a, it's about when we're talking about Ikuma's drunken rage, where the dumb fuckery was culminating. Yep. Still today, the only episode which we have had where the guest really actually did not appear online for the recording session. Yeah. Still, uh, or like with, with Prisoner of the Mountains, the situation still is that we and the guest were there and we tried to make it work, but for some technical difficulties, which we still actually haven't been able to figure out what they were, the guest just completely dropped off in mid-record. Okay, let's play seven. That was... it was war. Hey, it was war. It's okay. It, it was what I was told to do. So... Do we accept to look for the moral bareness or do we reject that and turn to the primordial side that we all have? Well, I can honestly say don't do that. But there is the risk that you lose yourself. The more you experience horrific stuff, I can totally see why you would not care about some trivial shit that we experience every day. Whew, okay, deep level stuffs. Most definitely deep level stuff. I'm kind of a... In my clips, I've chosen to give the best possible picture of you. (laughs) I guess that took hours upon hours of research. (laughs) It's it's not actually... Surprisingly, it's not that hard. (laughs) 
Even though I do maintain that you have some wrong beliefs in you, man. Well, judging from the background reverb and the subject matter, I would have to go with Apocalypse Now. That it is. It's it's the later conversation in that episode where we kind of were going through what the possible mental and and spiritual consequences of army and wartime situations could be for a person. Okay. Primordial soup. Okay. Clip number seven from me. Let me say that this scene, at the very least at this point, it was something that kind of started to drag the mood here. It, it was getting a little bit too much of a drag. It just started to get a little repetitious. It was just way too long at this point. I did lose some of my concentration here for a moment. Very helpful, I must say. Any ideas? Mm, nope, I'm drawing a blank. Like, like a film that with a scene that takes a bit too long. Yep. The, the most definitely is not those. Well, it's one of those kind of early episodes. One of those great classics. Well, see, seeing how you completely yet haven't lost yourself, I would say that that takes the Halloween sequels out of the way, at least for most part. So, and you sound to be overall quite pleased with the film, seeing how you emphasize one scene over a complete dumpster fire. I would this be the dream sequences in the Pikulepavski? It would not be. Okay. In that case, I guess I need a hint. Well, <clears throat> well, it, it's a film that um, is done in and around Apocalypse Now in that ballpark. <laughs> and involves boats. You kind of lost me with the boats. I, I can't fucking remember a film that has a boat outside of Apocalypse Now itself, which was nothing but a boat. Yeah, I kind of tricked you with that in and around comment. I'll give you half a point because it's apocalypse now, actually. Yeah, we're talking about the French plantation scene and how it's kind of starting to drag on the film. Okay, yeah. it's Basically, it's such a long way into the episode when we even have the entire scene. that I guess most of our listeners would have already died at old age before we reached the moment. There is two realms of existence here when we are dealing with the apocalypse now. <laughs> it, it is the raw files. The redux. And then it's the, well, we did release the redux version first. <laughs> and, and then it was cut down. All right, you're number eight. And uh, future handjob designer on Fifth Avenue, right? <laughs> this is the one where I repeated the joke that you made in an earlier episode. I don't remember myself making the joke. Well, then it must have come off really badly. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm positive that I have made the joke earlier, but I have no recollection of the day when I would have actually made it. Like, I, I'm willing to take your word on the subject, but I don't remember it. Yeah, well, would that be Stray Dogs by any chance? No. Oh. I'm I'm surprised that you I actually finally got a miss from you. Yeah, this is kinda lacking any context because it's from the intros, so 
Yep. Now you know how listening through your clips actually feels like. Okay, drop me a hint. Well, what what to say? What to say? First, I can give you the free hint, which would be that it's kind of on the edges of the ballpark of Stray Dogs. You are off the film, but you are not off the film, like half the production run. We are off the film. So you mean after Stray Dogs? Mm, would be before. Well... I don't really see any other choice than, than Dead Poet Society. Mm, close, but not quite. Okay, which one was it? That would have been The Man Who Haunted Himself. Hmm. The ugliest film that we have sit through in here, if going by your remarks. Pretty much, yeah. Terrible sets. Yup, you most definitely hated the brown color that was consistent throughout the film. It hasn't gone well through the test of time. No. Most definitely not. The, the, the film itself hasn't gone that well through the test of time. I concur. Clip number eight from me. It has been burned into my retina forever. Um, I guess audio quality is the biggest hint in this one. Audio quality is the biggest hint. Seems to be a memorable moment. It is, but then again, the films we have gone through kind of are full of those. My first gut feeling would be Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Except, is it from this era of recording quality? It's not. Okay. This is this is kind of the moment where it, it helps you extremely a lot that you are the one who actually went through like three or four different stages of audio quality while getting this far. <laughs> So it's shit, but it's not the worst we have had. No, it was okay. Hints available for half a point price. I I take the half a point hint. It's one of our most successful episodes, and it has to do with the uh, kind of an ending conclusion. We have had a few successful episodes that have gotten quite many likes, or a- at least someone has made the effort to click the link, which is all that counts. Yeah. In, in, in this game, um, like what would have stupid enough o- o- ending? I'm kind of like going off with opening of the Mr. Beethoven. That was really good, really good. I don't know, man. I will give you a full point, actually. So, you're talking about Dr. Seymour Love when he's dressed up as Napoleon. I had actually forgotten that one. Yeah. And I was much more happier having forgotten the, the scene. <laughs> Oh, it's back on your retina. It's it's back on the retina. Alright, clip number nine from Henrik. Because we are very thorough in this podcast, I actually contacted the doctor to speak about larynx and how it would affect someone's voice if they are even completely losing their larynx. So, he said, even if you cannot make sounds... You can use your lips and tongue to make a sort of a whisper. So there goes the entire plot device of... <laughs> of Halloween Resurrection. That it is. To once again showcase to everyone that we most definitely actually take great efforts to make sure that our facts are correct and we do a proper research behind the scenes. At least on occasions. What? Do, do you try to imply that it's not a constant theme here? Yeah, yeah. 
Schmuckery is a constant racing team here. Like, goddamn, for, for the, on her Majesty's Secret Service episode, I ac- actually went on and contacted her doctor to get a, get a official statement on whatever or not. Does a person die if you hang him by the climbing gear on the edge of an albine mountain base? <laughs> Should have done that one. <laughs> okay, so is it the ninth clip from you, then? I believe it is. Well, today's movie is a beast. Let me just gather my brain cells together. This is, this is a, a bit of an undertaking, not least because... This would have been easier if you would have actually also let in the point why it is such of a beast. Yeah, I'm being really, really terrible for you here. But definitely an important film for me and what could that be? Um, well, seeing how all except one of the films in the podcast have been your picks, it kind of, it, it narrows it down <laughs> to only 48 films. <laughs> yep. So easy as pie. One down, 48 to go. Uh, well, I, I will start the dropping off process with, um... Terminator 2, because you hadn't seen Citizen Kane before we recorded it. <laughs> yeah, it's T2. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I did a fan film based on that, so of course it was important. Okay, that kind of uh, explains why you omitted the moment where you tell exactly why the film was so influential and such of a big ordeal to you. Yeah. Alright, clip 10 from you. That's kind of exactly the way he explains it, ex- exactly how uh, how f- first love kind of feels, Henrik. It doesn't matter if they went away for forever, but I mean physically, but they went away anyway. And what's there's not much difference. And goddamn you took my <laughs> sh- shaky voice back into this podcast. So this would be no other than Call Me By Your Name. It is none other than that one. <laughs> I gotta admit, that's one of the greatest greatest films in the podcast so far. I, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to say it's that good. Not, not to say imply that it's not a great film or it, it would be bad film in any sense, but we have gone through some real classics here. We have gone. Of course, I have reasons to be biased with this film, but nevertheless, I feel that, well, of course, it's beneficial that it's filmed in Italy during summer and all that. I feel that like everything comes together there, which you can hear all about for like two hours in that episode. (laughs) Yeah, well, we are dealing with a piece of an art form. So with that in mind, it's hard to say who is right and who is wrong and what is influential and how much. Because at the end of the day, like with all art, there only is one consistent truth and that is that I am the only official authority that can actually tell how influential in any art piece is. Of course. You have the mic and the bandwidth, so you're able to discuss movies with authority. But, yeah, if I may disclose something, uh, in I didn't even care so much about Call Me By Your Name when I saw it the first time. I mean, I thought it was a really great film, but not quite that great yet. And then on the second time, you know, 
it really clicked, which I found kind of interesting. So would it be number 10 from me? Oh, I guess it would be. This movie I, I like in the sense because it is never ashamed of being completely goofy. Yeah, um, completely goofy, but I actually seem to like it. Hmm, what is going on here? It's actually a good question, because we haven't done any straight-up comedies. Well, The Big Lebowski. Yep, they are only the most comedic film that we have done up until this date. And even with Big Lebowski, it's kind of comedy. Like, it's, it, it's comedy, but it's also a crime thriller or detective film. And the comedy is I- extremely dark at times. Yeah, well... You will get this one for free. It's part of the international cinema. Um, completely goofy. It, it kind of a, with, with that notion, kind of a, I guess it would have to be Pretty Village, Pretty Flame. Or it would have to be 60 Degrees of Celebration. But which one? Well, I, I guess the more obvious pick would be Pretty Village, Pretty Flame, which is a horrible war film that deals with with PTSD and wartime trauma and the loss of life <laughs> and also sanity. <laughs> but no, I, I I try with six, 60 degrees of celebration. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Now that you actually reminded it, yep, that is the... That is like an official comedy. So we have also checked out that genre. Yeah, and here I was just a couple of weeks ago claiming that we have never gone through a comedy and we should actually hurry up doing one, but whatever, I will give you one point for that. But then there's some bonus clips for you, Henrik, so let's roll the (laughs) number 11. But uh, before we do that, let's actually count the points, so let's see where we are standing. One, two... I I got eight and a half points for you. Okay. You can try to disagree with the official counting here. This is your chance. Maybe try bribes. You feel so so inclined? Are you playing some games here? <laughs> no, eight. I'm I'm quite done playing games. Eight, <laughs> eight and a half sounds about right. I'm willing to accept that number. For you, it would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Apparently. Yeah. Still dragging behind when it comes to scoring points on the on the games. All right, let's try. If you can catch up with bonus, so three, two, one, go. You can find us and this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Well, at this point, I have to point out that I most definitely don't have any bonus clips for you. Yep, this is your chance to get past me. <laughs> well, I, I, I would say that that is. Well, that that is a closing mantra that you most definitely haven't heard, like, every single fucking episode. Oh, is it that common? Well, then I should say that it's part of International Cinema Challenge. Would that make it any more helpful? I, I would have almost could have simply go off and said that you can hear that rhyme also in the goddamn trailer of the podcast. <laughs> uh... Well, the film doesn't have any music. It doesn't have any music? No, no played music. Because I would almost say that we don't have such a film. Like, like this, this could be, uh, once again, trying to trick with, with stray dogs. Yeah, it's stray dogs. 
which actually has a music through singing in it. Yeah, but... Uh... Singing is music. Uh, at least it was when I last checked up on uh, the subject. I will still say that it's not played music. <laughs> e- e- you play the film and the film has music, so it's played music. Sigh. <laughs> I will give you half points for that. So that would make you at eight and a half as well. But now you have the possibility to go past me with the number 12 bonus track. Three, two, one, go. Jätän tässä ihan puhtaasti siis sinulle taiteelliset ohjakset. Jihaa. Taiteelliset ohjakset. Taiteelliset ohjakset. Jumalan kautta. Taiteelliset ohjakset. Taiteelliset You had not heard that before. <laughs> I I have not heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, I will help you that much that it's a, it's in an end of an episode. <laughs> Fuck it, I go with rear window. <laughs> nope, still half a point available. <laughs> well, it, it was it was the episode where I first time I actually tried to go on behind the scenes and give, give you the full artistic reign. <laughs> this is a comment made in a pretty random moment, so... Or not really. It was one of those more controversial ones. The more controversial ones? You can make only one choice. Well, it's a goddamn good thing that we... Controversy is something that most definitely is not a regular theme here. Good for you. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna take a take a hunch that it's pretty village, pretty flame. Nope. Okay, so what controversy is this one? This is uh, the opening of Mister Beethoven. I oh, was that? Can't remember the exact moment, but uh, it's no surprise that we're discussing about. Well, the fin- clip is indeed in Finnish, but Henrik is talking about leaving the artistic reins to me in this situation, and it's quite quite fitting. I have kind of done that pretty much in every episode <laughs> of the podcast ever since we started this one. Like that was one of the starting sentiments that I made is that I, I'm willing to leave the leading this podcast and the, all the artistic decisions to Kari since Kari is the one who actually owns the podcast and I'm here simply as a go-host. But there you go. Oh, this was exciting. Like I suppose we are tied with the points. Guess we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm out of clips, you know. <laughs> Same here, because I did not prepare any extra bonus clips for this game. Yeah. I put up the minimum effort, which will get me through the, what is needed, and that is kind of the story of my life. Okay, last game. Quotes game. So we're I, going... I've, I've heard this lie already here. I, I'm certain that you are saying that this is the last game and then it's going to be like 15 more games. <laughs> last of the last. So in this one we are going to read one quote part, however long, from any film that we have gone through. And we'll have to guess what it is. So my first would be, I'm a chick who's dressing up as a dude who wants to be a chick. Jesus Christ, that almost would be like Rob Jumpy's Halloween 2. Exactly right. And yours? In my selection of random shit from... from Films, all of them are not just quotes like 
but there is also like snippets of the script and the spoken dialogue. So there is some dialogue exchange in my picks, just to give you the heads up. Okay. But that shouldn't actually hinder you too much because we start off once again with extremely easy ones. So enjoy your almost free one point. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near Danhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. Apocalypse now? No, god damn it! How, how, how can you not get the fucking tears in rain right from right from the start? What the fuck? Tears in rain! God damn it! Tears in rain! Tears in rain. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Some dead boy society stuff. Still no. What the hell is this? Danhauser Gate. Come on, I, I, I'm giving you all the classics here right now. Dialogue-wise. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> no! Okay, I'm totally clueless. Tell me. Uh, Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Royce Death at the very end. Oh, yeah, that sci-fi thingy. Sci-fi, I think, is one of the most in- important films. I barely even recommended that. But that, that is simply because you are going off with a faulty brain. Depends from which looking glass you're looking. Maybe I have... There a... is only one correct one, still. My replicant brain. Number two. Go play your sick jokes on someone else. Get out before I call the police. Uh, would it be Halloween 5? No. Okay. But it's a woman voice. Yeah, also something that doesn't often feature in in the films that we'll watch. No. Go play your sick jokes on someone else. Get out before I call the police. Well, it's not part of international cinema. Yeah, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. What what is the man who haunted himself? Julie is talking to Bellum. Okay. I I have a faint recollection now that you mention it. Yeah. Okay, well, to once again, to continue with easy ones and monologues. Napalm, son. Nothing else in the world smells like that. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. You know, one one time we had a hill bombed for 12 hours. Apocalypse now. And it was all over. I, yup, precisely. <laughs> okay, those high hills, they'll be great in the jungle. Especially with the voice, like that. Well, the first guess would be Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nope. It's rear window. Jeff is complaining about the leisurely dress sense of Lisa and how it would be incompatible with his travels. Yeah. Kind of again, once again, remember it now that you have said it. Yep. So, to go with a simple quote, instead of going through with the whole goddamn speech... Who is Bond compared with Kronstein? <laughs> From Russia with love. Precisely that one. Kind of a, one of those moments where simply stating out the character names will immediately give you the film. You could have even crossed out that and I could have gotten that one. Yeah, Kronstein being a name that somehow is not that typical. Alright, next. <laughs> Your mother asked me the very same question. The imitation might be quite off, since I haven't seen this film in a while. But it it is a female character, right? Yes, or I 
I suppose. It's kind of a weird character to say the least. Well, when would we actually have had a character that weird? Definitely the suggested sex is female. Would it be the opening of Misty Beethoven? No, it would be Pocahontas. So it's a grandmother willow talking to Pocahontas about finding one's path. Ah, uh, yeah. I was trying to go with a film that actually would have had a living mother <laughs> at some point and not, not simply this bunch of orphans. Yep. Okay, so for, for the next one, to give you some of the poetic quality of the old time classics, and this is actually from, from one of your favorites. Okay. Favorites possibly, if needed, in quotations. But still, amazing grace. Come sit on my face. Halloween too. Don't make me cry. I need your pie. Dude, why didn't you just shut up, alright? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Halloween too, 1981. Yup. Alright. No, he went drinking with my Godfrey and he won't be back till late. You'll have to call him tomorrow. Uh, what was the... Uh, went to drinking with who? My Godfrey. God damn it with these names. Come on, it's, your, it's about your favorite character of the entire franchise of films. We have, oh, we have okay, done. in that case, Halloween 5. No, it's uh, Halloween 1978. Annie is talking to Laurie regarding Ben Tramer. Okay, I I was certain that this was the case of Tina. Runs <laughs> a fucking get time because the simply won't you know leave us alone and <laughs> will constantly raise her head. Okay, to you some a bit more modern material. Could you please convince Miss Too Coolio for Schoolio that our costume idea is totally rad? Too Coolio for Sco- Halloween 2018. Actually, no. What? Or the Rob Zombie, number one? No. Okay, what is it? It's actually Rob Zombie, number two. Ah. Halloween 2, 2009. This is when they're talking about the Halloween costumes. Okay. Wake up. Wake up, or I'll leave you behind. Would it be Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence? No. I will give you the additional line after that. Don't leave me, never leave me. Okay, yeah. The insert woman character here for no obvious reason Carva immediately ties it in the Bond films. So that would once again be from Russia. Yeah, it's Bond to the drugged Tatiana on the Orient Express. Okay, so to you, like individual, like organization, over-specialization leads to death. Ooh. Yup, what is the film where podcasting has been addressed on? Oh, Halloween 2018. Mm, no. But I, 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 I can give you a free hint. I was putting that... smoke out of my ass when I men- mentioned podcasting. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, would it be Shiri? No, but close. Kinda. <clears throat> you, you, got, you got the parts of the word right. Not sure what you mean with that. The man who haunted himself? Mm, still no. We're in the wor- wrong parts of the globe. There also is no clearly indicating follow-up lines to that remark, unfortunately. I remember this line, but I can't connect it anywhere. Over-special. Akira? Nope. Okay, I'm shooting in the dark. Let's reveal it. 
Ghost in the Shell. Ah, yeah. You had you had Asia and you had even the style right. Once again, yeah, Japanese anime. Yeah, that was starting to connect here, but yeah, totally failed that one. All right. <laughs> Too slow. I'm just kidding. One more time. Uh, it's it's e- either one of those. Like it, it sounds like a horror movie. Nah, it doesn't. It does most definitely. Are you trying to tell me that it's not? It's not. Well, shit me. Because I would have actually gone try to guess Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. Well, that one. Yeah, I guess that laugh went a little bit too much to the belly, but uh, it's kind of this uh, brotherly laugh. <laughs> too slow. Okay, in that case, Terminator 2. There you go. I'll give you a full point. Yeah, John Connor on Terminator playing Gimme 5. Yep. Okay, to give you a life advice from the earlier days of the podcast, smart men don't get married. Ooh, I should know this one. And it's uh, Broke, not Broke Back Mountain, but uh, Bon Tomahawk. Precisely that. The film that gives you those old time values and actually tells you how to save yourself from quite a lot of grievance. Yeah. Those 19th century moments where you are so opposed to marriage. But I guess that happens. Well, still, I would say it's a lesson that is well to be remembered even today. (laughs) Alright. You you Americans, you're all the same. Always overdressing for the wrong occasions. The fuck was that? (laughs) Uh, uh, Uh-uh. It has to be the... Eyeglasses Nazi from Raiders. Exactly. Yeah, it's Todd talking to Marion in the tent. Was it because of the tone of voice or what he said that you guessed the it? tone of voice, pretty much. I've been overusing it here. Okay. Okay. I heard a story about a couple of meat wagon boys fucking corpses over in Essex. Whoa. Yup, when were we in Essex? We were in Essex, and I should remember such moment. Well, you, I, I think that, you know, if you have been fucking a corpse, you most definitely should remember the moment. Oh, yeah. This is so familiar. But definitely was off screen, so... It is, it is. This is, this is a, from dialogue exchange between two characters who are not in Essex. We are dealing with rumors. Well... Is it also Bone Tomahawk? No, it's not. It's way more modern. It's not a big hint, but it did take Pocahontas off the po- list of possibilities. Oh, <laughs> I'm lost. Tell me. It's, w- once again, it's Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Of course it is. Uh. Yep, it's transportation of Michael's corpse in the early parts of the film. Before they hit the magic cow. <laughs> so much cow in this podcast. Okay. Der Engländer ist verschwunden. That that kind of ties it down to either Raiders or or, or or Her Majesty's Secret Service. And Indiana was American, so that would make it Her Majesty's Secret Service. Very good, yeah. It's Blofeld when he gets the goal that the, the Englishman has escaped. Okay. And uh, as the last one for you, once again firing off the classics... Oh dear, we've become a race of peeping toms. Misty? No, but you're not that far off. Like, 
Peeping Tom is still a heavy subject of the film. This sounds like uh, something that should could be used in a very old film, but it's not. It must be. It's probably American film. And it is. It is. It's an American film. So you can kind of count off all the Asian animes. Merry Christmas. Mm, not. Not. It's actually more like a British production, I guess. Okay, tell me. It's Rear Window, the very first oh. one that we actually did. You stupid, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. A- American American film with a British director. Of course. Okay, last one for me. <coughs> Christ, what do I have to do to make you understand me? Not being that, that hysterical would be a good start. <laughs> I can give you the follow-up line. Okay. <clears throat> he owns me. Okay, it has to be Nightmare 2. Exactly. Yeah, it's Jesse talking to Lisa, where Jesse is inside House of Lisa soaked in blood, which is kind of... You, you, can, you, can, you can kind of simply trim that down to just say, it is Jesse talking. <laughs> which is kind of an interesting line, this Christ, what do I have to do to make you understand me, because he hasn't made any effort before that to make her understand anything, really. And... It, also doesn't make one with that line. He only states that there is this weird someone who owns him and gives no more actual information about the situation. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I think he had mentioned Freddy Krueger before that. Could be, could be. Really can't remember the film that closely. One, two, three, four, five. I count six points for you. And I'm looking at solid four here on my end. Yeah, way to go. You win. You get a pat on the back digitally. <laughs> ouch, ouch. So that was the games. Okay, let's get to the real stuff here. Let's listen to the feedbacks from our listeners. Or should we go first by the text-based ones? Let's, let's go with the text-based ones. All right, I can read the first one from here, so... Pat Smith asks, what was the very worst film you've seen so far? Not only while doing the flick lab, I'm meaning ever. So do you want to go with that? Kind of a hard question to actually answer. Like what has been the worst one you have seen? Because uh-huh. I, I actually have seen some proper shit movies. And it also comes down to exactly how do you count the worst one? Like the, the worst one that you still have been able to see through? Or, or something that you have actually stopped while mid-watching? Like, does that, that, that count as, as it being more worse than something that you have finished out of some kind of obligation or simply because you have been in a locked room and you couldn't have escaped? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what has been the absolute bottom of the barrel. Yeah, it's basically, for me as well, impossible to like pinpoint one single film and... Those films that I stop completely midway, there are very, very few of them. I mean, I actually am some kind of a sadomasochist here, and uh, I usually finish what I start, no matter how grave the consequences. More often than not, you actually go through with the film and you watch it through, even though you actually hate yourself throughout the entire process. Like, that's how I experienced, for example, Spice World, when that one came out. (laughs) Roger Moore getting some love. And I, I, I can tell you, that was a proper shit movie, but I did still watch it through. Okay, the, the worst film I've 
probably seen lately just might be Lil Bitches from 2018. I mean, I can't even listen to it. There's these obnoxious teenagers and they're given like extremely despicable teenager type of dialogue and absolutely nothing happens. So if you want to figuratively die of boredom and perhaps lower your IQ a few points to some kind of tomato levels, then this could be it. Yeah, I watched some pretty bad films recently. Just last night I watched the Conjuring spin-off The Nun, and goddamn was it boring. Yeah. But I still to say that that was the worst of the worst. I I guess not. Still haven't bothered with The Nun. I I recommend that you won't. Yeah. Like it's it's missed opportunity the film essentially. I can't say if these are like the worst ones I've seen, but to give you some real films to avoid, I guess the Focus Witch Project would be one. It's essentially it's a, it's a Blair Witch Project parody, and it it tries to be an anthology film, like the different segments from different makers. But pretty quickly you actually figure out that the reason why it is in the format as it is, like why it tries to masquerade itself as an anthology film is because there really is not that many jokes that anyone can come up with from Blair Witch Project itself. Like there are two themes the filmmakers constantly make in as a joke. The first one being that extreme close-up on some character's face as he or she is making the I'm so sorry speech from the film. And the second one is the overall theme of people simply getting lost. And that is kind of the most, the smartest moment of the Poker Switch project. The aspect that it follows different camera crews as they get lost in shopping malls and parking lots and whatnot. But. None of the segments are is any way fun, and they are not even tied together like your in your typical anthology film, where there is something like a narrator or some other character that forms a bridge from one segment to another. This is simply you know cut and paste different segments one after the another until you know the hour and a half mark has been reached yeah sounds like a film that for which somebody had the great idea like this could be really funny and then noticed halfway through the production that yeah we don't have enough material to pull this off uh, pretty much yeah and that goes with all of the segments like every segment smells like that it, it was started by someone who actually felt like that this is a funny idea, and then they made those two jokes. Like, they had a funny idea where you can get lost, and maybe you had that extreme close-up moment. And after doing, pulling off those, you actually realize that there is no more material out of which make jokes. Yeah, but that's for, like, uh, all-time terrible film that could come to my mind easily is always the go-to film, the Manos, ha- the Hands of Fate. Like it's, in a technical sense, it's a complete suicide, but also an all-around suicide. It is, but with Manos the case is almost as such that its legacy as being unbearably watchable trash is so high that at this point 
you kind of are with the film. You are on the film's side when you start watching it. Simply because you know that you are going to watch something that has been on IMDb's 100th worst films ever made. And was in the top one spot for like, what, seven years total or if not longer. But something that is shit and did not get a mystery theater treatment, as far as I know, is is Plump Fiction, which is a really unwatchable parody film about the Tarantino movies. Mm. In case that the name didn't give it away immediately, one and a half hour comedy that has, like, at max it has one joke that makes you smirk, and that's all. When it comes to productions that have a lot of they are high productions with some serious money. I would go to Uwe Boll and his House of the Dead. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I will never get that time back. That is one of the great classics. and There's so many continuity mistakes to begin with. It is, though, in Boll's defense, and I can't actually believe I'm defending Uwe Boll. Don't do that. But you kind of have to take a note on exactly what was the source material for that film. Like yeah, was, you are it, making it was, a film about on the rails shooter, which it's, was it, way better than the film. Was way better than the film, but House of the Dead is a game that lends itself extremely badly for a movie. I w- I'm not saying it can't be done because it has been done, or it, it has been done in the sense that. That a game series that is kind of almost impossible to turn up into a film has been turned into a film that is relatively enjoyable and I would say even good in this video game film adaptation sense. And that would be the Mortal Kombat from the 90s. Also, if you love camp, I guess also Street Fighter could qualify, but... You know, making a film out of House of the Dead, the video game, is, I, I would say, pretty impossible. I will give Uwe Ball half a ball for the effort of actually pulling probably better acting in there than in House of the Dead 2, the video game. Like, ah, he's dead. <laughs> okay, we have a question from Mia. Maybe you would like to read that one. If you were to create a film, which part would each of you like to play? Would you want to work on the script or act, compose, music, direct, or maybe be a stuntman? Choose only one. And then there is something in the brackets, which I guess we can completely skip. (laughs) Yeah, it says, excellent podcast, by the way. Then there's a winky smiley with the tongue out. Yes, you need to read that smiley out loud, too. So I did. Listeners can tell that you are both passionate about the subject. Keep up the good work. Listeners can also tell that we don't have a life. Also, most definitely. Well, since I can only choose one genre, I would go with actor. Because it's it's fun, it's easy to hide in the editing booth into your own world, but kind of getting close to your character, that the you in you ceases to exist for a while. I want to get there more often. It's a great feeling. Uh, hopefully would not lose my mind in the process as some actors have done. Actually, when I was in AV communication school, I 
I was invited to play a bad guy in a short film and uh, I felt a little bit disappointed. It took a little bit of soul searching to be like if I would like to play this kind of a part. But later I have kind of embraced it that I sh should have gone through with it, but I didn't. I'd probably be a more convincing baddie than a good guy. Yeah, Hollywood, please give me a call. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I do have some acting behind me, and I, I I can recommend it partly, not not fully, because it actually still takes incredible amount of time and requires a hell of a lot from you. Yeah. On my end, I I guess it might be the script, since I'm most and foremost about the stories themselves, and I I guess that would be. The most storiest role in a film production. Hmm. Oh, then the obvious, obvious answer for this question, of course, would be the producer. Because in that role, I can actually take part in all aspects of the film. Don't, don't, I, I, I can, don't. I can direct it, I can write it, I can act in it. And don't. even halfway through the production, I can kick out the real director and simply... Fix everything in the editing booth myself, as it was done in the good old Amiscus days. Yeah, and be a little bit promiscuous on the side. Yep, and on top of that, you know, you can actually everyone else in the production. So it's simply, it's just, you know, it's just a lineup of pros. <laughs> That's a tricky one to say in the ages. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe we actually would have to, you know, cut off the joke. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Well, it's a good thing that you trust my editing here, so we'll see if I keep <laughs> that or not. But yeah, we also have something from Reddit. I, I guess, I, I don't know exactly how you compiled this Reddit list here. Like, is, is this all the comments you got, or have you omitted something? These are both uh, commented under the link of the bridge episode. So that's, that's it. Okay. I can go with the first one. So, user says, unknown user, I know I should be a better person and focus on what they actually say. But I just can't listen to such heavily accented English for prolonged periods of time. I can very much sympathize with that one. And to, to give any kind of an answer to the comment, you really don't need to be a better person. Not with the Finnish version of English. We feel your pain. We do. And to alleviate that pain, we now... Since we are doing the James Bond films, we actually finally have a British guest here. So you can get that sexy British accent. <laughs> What's the next one? This also from the bridge. I think that is a bit too long. In that time, you could better just watch the movie yourself. It's not that difficult to understand, even if you have not much of an idea about World War II, because all wars are rather similar. They turn out to be worse than people expected. Yeah, so I'm not sure what to uh, reply to this or answer this one. I mean, the film is not that difficult to understand, yeah, and we're not making that case either. And uh, yeah, you could watch the movie 
probably a couple of times during the time that we're talking about it. But our point in the podcast is not exactly to tell what the movie is about. You know that already when you come into this podcast, usually. Unless you want to have all the full spoilers before you watch the actual film. Then again, there also is the point which has been raised before, which is that, yeah, the episodes are a bit too long, maybe. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we are still trying to topple that one. Not to really disagree with the comment, but I maybe have to point out that I myself, I don't feel that all wars are similar. Also, yeah. I would almost say in any sense, like the causes and the effects of each conflict, they change very drastically, like also has changed the nature of war and also our perception of the war, which changes from one conflict to another. The impact of the conflict, I would say that clear war, where where there are the invaders and the defenders, it's much more easier to all sides to live with after the war than than a civil war uh, as a type of conflict. Then there is a comment about armors. Maybe you want to go with that one. Uh, I most definitely don't want to go with that one. I inserted it there simply to see if I can sneak it past your eyes, but apparently you have (laughs) been been spending too much time on this dog, so... Unfortunately, yes. I just noticed one day that there had been... Some additions popped up. All of a sudden there is like 15 lines of text that weren't there yesterday. I started reading it and then I noticed something about (laughs) penis size and (laughs) decided it's probably not for our listeners. (laughs) I was simply hoping that, you know, you wouldn't actually read what it says before it's too late. (laughs) You pestered me with paranoia. Okay, let's go to audio feedbacks, or questions and answers. Q&A. Okay. First one would be from Heli, one of our top listeners, I think. Okay, one, two, three, go. Hi, guys. Congratulations, 50 episodes. Hey, wow, what a milestone. Bravo. You keep going. Well, my name is Heli. I'm a keen listener. And, well, here I go. Well, first of all, I'd like to offer some big thank yous for you. I've listened to almost all the episodes, save the first two, which I probably will have to listen to because it's getting kind of annoying to state that I haven't listened to all of them. And you've kind of become a staple of my weekends. It's something I I really look forward to. So thanks for that. But most of all, a huge big thank you for the International Movie Challenge. I know it's sometimes quite difficult to get hold of all the movies, (laughs) but the rewards, they are great. I mean, these are movies that I'd never really watch. I mean, even, even if they were readily available, you know, on TV or something, but without the challenge... Um, I doubt that I would have looked into them. So it's interesting to think about, you know, how much I would have missed. Because all of these movies have opened some new doors and shown me some great new worlds. So really well done for that. 
Okay, so that, that much for the thank yous. And then I, I do have a question too. I have been thinking about different pieces of art in general, you know, paintings, books, movies included. And especially I've been thinking about how they change. Either they can change over time, which is, you know, quite usual. You know, something that you read or look at when you are a child, it changes when you do that as an adult. But sometimes you have epiphanies or you suddenly come upon a new perspective on something while you are discussing a certain piece of art or thinking about it so this is something that you have to you know you you have to do a lot these days of course you you know your workload is is quite heavy but I am curious to know whether you have noticed something in a, you know in a movie that you thought was quite familiar to you maybe that there is something else to them, that they, you, you suddenly notice something crucial that changes everything about it. So have you had any such experiences during the 50 episodes? And what were they? Okay, that was quite complicated, yet simple. Um, anyway, thank you. I look forward to your answers. Bye. Yeah, I don't know if it's wonderful or not that the podcast has opened new doors for you. I mean, as long as it hasn't opened doors for you that are aching to some kind of a hellraiserist direction, then that could be... Yeah, but to answer the question, well, first, outside of these 50 episodes, as kind of like a long, lifelong follower of James Bond, I remember roughly how I saw James Bond as a kid and how I saw them then as an adult. You know, as a kid, you don't see a lot of the sexism. As a kid, you kind of ignore and get uncomfortable with the romantic scenes. Uh, then as a teenager, you understand it a little more and what those sexist jokes really were meant to mean. And again, as an adult, you pick up on a lot more on the you know, systemic, institutional, whatever the case is, hierarchical, Babylonian aspects. And at that point, you think you now understand these movies down to the fine details. But surprisingly, when you, every time I find something new when I watch these films, then there's the quality aspect in a way. First time I saw these films, it was from my dad's VHS tapes collection when he had recorded them from uh, Finnish public TV and MTV3, which was MTV back then. And uh, with those having the pan scan for the three formats. And then finally you get the widescreen DVDs. You get like 50% more of the picture. That is a kind of a different experience on itself. And then you get scans from the original film prints with scratch removal and color correction and sound improvements. All of them not so good when they start changing the original effects really. Then you get the almost 4K digital video files. So it's fun. But... When it comes to films we've touched during episodes, hmm, it's probably been kind of a 70-30 ratio of something we've seen and something we've never seen before in this podcast. Would you agree? Maybe something like that. So when it comes to like Dead Poet Society, I remember vaguely that I didn't like this film when I watched it at school. I'm not entirely sure why, but uh, watching it for the podcast, 
it was either my second or third time seeing it and now I view it and my view has absolutely changed and I do indeed like the film quite a bit. So this switch has more to do with Teenage Rebellion, I think, than anything logical. In the same fashion, Siri has grown on me. Since I was a teenager, I could not, or more likely I didn't care even to follow the plot very deeply. I was probably expecting for, you know, just some easy popcorn time and therefore I couldn't fully enjoy it. Now re-watching it for the podcast, I kind of realized that well, you really have to pay attention to keep <laughs> when you keep watching this film. Also, I came to respect the film even further. Vis-a-vis, once again, the societal themes come there. For example, now at least I understand the Korean conflict on some passable level. So it makes the film so much more enjoyable now, and even sadder. And when it comes to those first episodes that you haven't listened to, yeah, or maybe don't listen to them. Maybe don't like that. That that is the advice of the guys who actually made the episodes. (laughs) I can already see the improvement we've done over the 50 episodes, but yeah, for historical reasons, sure. If you can listen to those first two, then go ahead. But the thing is, like, like pointed out, that we are dealing with pieces of art, and with all art, I would almost say is that. You never actually get the whole picture so that you have, you have kind of a, the 100% experience because your perception of the art piece easily changes due to a multitude of factors. Like with, with film, there is the repeated viewing during of which you pick up more things and you notice new aspects, you notice symbolism, you notice flaws in the image. You start to notice, for example, gaps in dialogue, stuff like that. And there is also the point that as you grow older and as you spend more time studying the art, you start to understand it in more ways and in different ways. If you watch a film and then you go through a couple of analysis about the set film and then you return to the to that film, most likely the your viewpoint to the movie has changed due to those analyses. Or if you spend time dwelling in basically any philosopher and philosophical thinking points, most likely those also can affect on how you, from that point onwards, it kind of changes from that point onwards how you approach art in general. And when it comes to noticing these differences when making the episodes. The first one that comes to mind is, I guess, Big Lebowski, where when going into the recording of the episode, I was actually still relatively ready to simply bury the axe on the film and not actually give it a recommendation. And then while we were talking about the movie with Kari, I actually started to realize that there were all these aspects that I hadn't yet picked up. And my attitude towards the film ended up changing as we were recording. In that process of us two having a dialogue, I started to appreciate the film even more than I had previously, and it did merit a recommendation from me at the very end of the episode for my great surprise. Yeah, you simply gave up to the group pressure and you gave a recommendation to avoid further penalties to your career as a podcast host. 
You did the same goddamn thing, you damn hypocrite, if my memory <laughs> serves me correct. Um, just kidding. In this podcast, in Halloween 4, I would say that that also was changed for you during this podcast, because you mentioned this ending scene when not Rachel, but Jamie touches the hand of Michael Myers, and you were reading this as something kind of sympathetic moment of uncle and uh, niece having this little quiet moment together, and kind of... Jamie forgiving for Michael for what he had done, or understanding where all of this is stemming from in a psychological standpoint, perhaps. But then you find out that it's actually about some cursed shit, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you said that doing this podcast has ruined a part of this film for me. So thanks a lot. <laughs> and on the on the opposite note, like where the change is not so drastic when recording, but but the change still does happen. There is a example that there is a Hellraiser episode where the homosexual overtones were something that I had already picked up with the film and I had already made my mind that they may exist in the subtext of the film in the form of the Cenobites. But what I actually realized when we were doing that film, when I was actually going through the actual point and when we were discussing about it, and this is something that actually I think kind of goes as a tip to basically everyone doing an analyzing podcast is that it is two different realms when you form the opinion and when you have this realization of something that may be going on in the film and you simply work with it on your own, in your own time and in your own pace. Like, it's, it's easier to actually have the argument and feel good about the re- argument and feel confident when you are simply going through it in your head versus the moment when you actually have to engage a discussion about that viewpoint. Because when it was raised in the episode, Curry came out, out with a full swing and was extremely opposing to the point I've made and really didn't... Uh, record any any homosexual overtones into the film and at that point I found myself in the position where I had to defend where I was coming from and I had to approach the whole point in a different light and now study it under scrutiny and even pay even more closer eye to everything I was saying and the point I was making. I kind of had to dig into my heels and stand my ground with the point. And that is something that I can very much say that it's kind of a make it or break it moment for you and the argument you are making. That that moment when your argument is called into question. And in that discussion it ended up strengthening the way how I saw the film and what I saw in the film. So there I would say in that case the simple aspect of the two of us having a discussion actually changed on how I felt about the topic being discussed. And also this way, how I today feel about the film. Mm, okay, very thorough. So this one would be from Jeroen from the Netherlands. Hey, Kari and Hendrik, this is Jeroen. I've been listening to your lovely podcast since, uh, I don't know, November last year. 
when I was uh, having some good times in Helsinki with Kari. And uh, well, he kind of convinced me over a few beers to uh, start listening to the podcast and have been listening ever since. I really enjoyed the James Bond uh, episode, uh, but also the more obscure ones like the one, the Bosnian movie, and also uh, Call Me By Your Name. Great stuff. I love the chemistry between you guys. Congratulations on your 50th. And remember, life begins at 50, because at 50, I know by experience, you have forgiven your parents, you've come to terms with yourself and life, and uh, well, looking forward to your 100th. Congratulations, guys. Me taking the advantage already over a few beers. Yeah. That, that's, I, I can kind of guess that is how you have gotten the listeners to this podcast. <laughs> Like it, it kind of makes me worried for Heli. And exactly in how bad condition is her liver after you actually made the slight recommendation that she should spend her time listening. But thank you for sticking with us, Jeroen, and for the life wisdom. Thank you. And uh, it was, uh, by the way, a great evening of drinking and dining with you guys. So thank you so much. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, also, thank you from this end. I, I don't know you, but hopefully we still are able to entertain you. <laughs> hopefully we will reach the 100th someday, even though at this moment it is in quite the distant future. But who knows? Like hopefully this podcast will stay up and running for the 100th episode. All right. This is from Wukash Susiok. Let's try that one. Hi guys, uh, Luke is calling here from Poland and uh, first of all congratulations on your 50th anniversary in Zbine Bless. Listen to you for the last couple of weeks. I listened to most of your shows uh, and I quite enjoy those. Regarding feedback I have two points actually. First point is I wish you could actually focus more on those classic movies, not on some random movies that nobody knows but some classic movies from for instance from 1960s and 70s american movies by the greatest directors of all time like like peter bogdanovich william friedkin martin scorsese steven spielberg josh lucas francis for coppola don siegel sin lumet Milos forman uh, john slesinger uh, roman polanski you know just to name a few and there are a couple of more i wish also that you could maybe focus on one director and his whole filmography just to make a point how those movies or how this one particular director made an impact for modern directors like Paul Thomas Anderson, Coen Brothers and uh, David Fincher for instance. This it was the first point. The second point of the feedback is the uh, technical feedback. Now uh, you guys are recording together and one of you is more silent calmer type you know with this great radio voice and the other is like a screaming bird was very loud and to be quite honest ununderstandable i cannot understand what the other guys is saying so my finger actually has to be put on the volume bottom all the time because i need to put it down when somebody else you know when one of you guys are making his opinion which is 
always informative, but the the, the language barrier or maybe the, the the accent doesn't actually make it easy for the uh, for the ear. So uh, I don't know if it's repellable. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if you can actually fix that. But you're asking for a feedback, so this is one of uh, this is one of the, the issues. I bigger issues, or maybe the only issue I have uh, uh, about your podcast, guys. Other than that, I believe that you are doing a splendid job, and I only wish that it was uh, that both of you were more calmer regarding the way you speak and regarding the way you actually sending the message or putting your knowledge on a tape so to speak other than that great job keep it up and see you soon i hope yeah Ooh. I don't know if you're that quiet in this podcast. Yeah, I don't know about that either. And we have a different way of speaking, of course. You you are more louder and I am, I don't know, not silent, but I guess I have this more calmer voice. This is the first time we have had a feedback of this sort. And this kind of also touches on the subject of mixing. In mixing, I have made a special point to always check that our levels are equal, that it would appear, according to the data anyway, that we would be on the same levels. But maybe the fact that the bars are hitting a certain decibel number doesn't always, of course, mean that it would sound similar to your ears, because I have more bass in my voice and Henrik has less, and, and uh, we are in different settings and there's so many factors that go into the room, everything goes, everything affects audio. But yeah, maybe you want to me to slow down and pick up on that one. Yeah, well, I I don't know about how, how fixable basically the difference between the audio between the two of us is, like w- without me crushing the larynx or, you know, pulling out my vocal <laughs> cords and hanging them from the string. Uh, that may be something that we can't quite address. It's on my end. It's also somewhat of a learned. I don't know if it's if capability is the right word for it, but like it is something that I have had to learn. Speak first and use a lot of voice when I speak, and that that is because on the offshot gigs that I every now and then do to make the ends meet, I have to take marketing and lobbying jobs. And those are situations that re- require you to actually... Also, often you find yourself in situations where you don't have mics, where you don't have any audio equipment at all, and you have to force your voice to kind of carry over the entire hall. So that might also kind of a factor in extremely heavily in how I sound in in podcast and in, in how much... Kari actually has to do his magics to make the voice levels match up in any way. I think some problem that we have had in maybe a lot of the episodes, it depends also so much on which kind of a gear you're listening, but there are these uh, there are these problems with some uh, like very technical stuff that should be fixed and uh, we have paid way more 
attention to that now. I mean, I have always paid attention to that, but now even more special attention that we really have to fix this shit type of thing. And uh, note that if this is in any way contributing to your experience, we will try to fix this part. Yeah, Maybe we have to look into some technical environment changes, let's say here. Yeah, we, we try to do as much as possible behind the scenes and fix this when editing. But I I kind of am afraid that some of the problems may be the sort of that will stick, unfortunately. When it comes to the second thing, I understand the point that we go through many unheard, unheard of films. I even understand that this may put off many listeners. It should be said, though, that there's nothing... Uh, random about the way we go through selecting these films because one of our goals has been to encourage people to also watch different kinds of cinema regardless of location or budgets or or fame or which is artificially twisted by hollywood insofar as their budgets kind of history and exposure tend to overshadow um, artificially the, the rest of the cinema and their contributions so we try to strike a balance here in a way well, but I, of course, do recognize the contributions of all the great directors from past and present. I'm afraid that if we'd only go with the great ones, we would we would even further disappear into the great universe of film podcasts. There are so many film podcasts, it's not even funny. Like as an example, the other day, when I was looking for the Spy Who Loved Me episodes, there's 95 podcast episodes made of it by different podcasters. Yeah, at least with that title. I'm not sure how it would stand out in the crowd, as many of these are also very informative, I found, and well-produced episodes. So, But we will do an episode on it regardless, because we want to, and we'll see how that goes. And what looks like we have more listeners now, like I see a little bit of a spike when we have the James Bond episodes. To kind of continue rambling, just to make sure that your ears bleed, uh, after we have checked your points... Um, <clears throat> Because that, that is how you can actually say that you have listened to the Flicklack episode when your ears are gushing blood. Uh, but yeah, the problem with the... I don't even say it's a problem, but there, there is the aspect when coming to the high-class directors is that basically they have been tackled so many times and even individual movies have been tackled so many times. There's, when it comes to Spielberg, when it comes to Foreman, when it comes to Kubrick, even an individual films have gotten books written out about them. That easily lends it into the the trigger waters where everything that can be said has already been more or less said. At least in the capacity that we can provide audio entertainment to you guys. Because it kind of brings us close to the dangerous edge that we knowingly or unknowingly simply end up saying just the things that has already been said. And I don't know if if that actually would serve anyone, because that would be kind of a... In that situation, it would be the situation where the screaming bird is giving you the shit you already know, and that, I would say, qualifies as a cruel and unusual punishment. But I, I do still think that there is something in the recommendation that we should tackle more the Hollywood directors... Like, I, I have been thinking, and I have meant to propose that we could look, for example, Steven Spielberg's films from a set subject matter, 
like for example watch E.T. or Encounters of the Third Kind and then watch yeah. War of the Worlds and have a talk about how Spielberg's attitudes and how, how the way how he perceives the alien and this way the other has changed mm. between the films. I, I don't know if that's a talking point that can last for two or three episodes or if, if it's just some throwaway notion that only can be made in one episode when talking about one film. But that could be one approaching point, for example, to Spielberg, or then look at someone like Michael Bay and his Transformer movies, and for example, have a discussion on how Michael Bay perceives the male characters, and how Michael Bay appears to perceive masculinity, and even is Michael Bay in the end a feminist director? Like, those could be something that could have an interesting discussion to be found in them. Actually, we we did have Close Encounters of the Third third Kind on the list for for a long time, but uh, it seemed to have mysteriously disappeared from there, like aliens themselves with their ships, so we have to see if we can call it back to our calendar. Yup, it appears to be one of these weird cases where we watched the film and we took the notes and then we forgot to make the episode. And I, I'm, I'm tying this extremely heavily to the fact that we were, at that time, we were also tackling with Apocalypse Now. And before, and most specifically after recording the episode, we were completely wrecked. And that may be why we forgot to make the Encounters episode. Yeah, something like this must have happened. And, 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 simply to linger on, on the comment, just a tad bit more to make sure that this is extra painful for everyone. One aspect I also am fearing, if we would take the approach that we would pay a huge amount of attention to classic directors, is that first we would kind of completely steal the spotlight from more obscure films and international films, which all still, at least in my opinion, they merit to be seen because they are still pieces of art, and therefore I feel that it's important that people talk about films that also come from outside of Hollywood, and yeah. come come talk about these obscure films, because you often don't hear about them, but they still can be just as important as movies, as, exactly. for example, yeah, as, as Spielberg's works. And exactly. some something that has been troubling me, this, once again, as a as a kind of a thinking point that I have been going through in my head when he, we have been making this podcast is that are we as podcasters and this way film critics and are the film critics as a community, as, as a whole, like as a profession, are we actually distorting how people see see cinema? And how people see movies. Because I've noticed that we easily kind of... A, we talk about the same movies. And we easily draw the same conclusions. That this movie is good. This movie is yeah. bad. This is how you make film. This is not how you make film. And this way we are limiting what is accepted from the art form. And we still are talking about art. Where there really can't be just, you know... 100% good and 100% bad because 
because since it's art, it's tied into your own perception and how you approach and how you feel about any given piece. That's an important point, and I think it should be more emphasized that this podcast has been pretty much since the beginning trying to emphasize the point that we try to look at uh, the cinema from the world as a whole, not to get too tied down with Hollywood or, or pick some specific country. We do have the cinema challenge as kind of a maybe maybe a specific point to bring that up, in my opinion. But I think on the core, we are trying to give like a fair look at all types of films from all around the world. But who, who knows? Maybe, maybe we can, you know, meet you in the halfway. Yeah. And for, for example, try to pull off the Steven Spielberg thing. If the change in seeing the other is... A strong enough point that it can merit for being inspected for, for example, in, in the viewpoint of two different movies. I actually did take a little bit of a note from you, Wukash. And since you have, I asked from you what kind of a films then you would suggest us to, kind of as a further point, for us to tackle in the podcast. What would be something that you would tune into? And one of the films that you mentioned was uh, Death Wish. And that's what we're going to take a look at in November. You mean the new remake that came out with... Nope, the oldie, but a goodie. I, I almost recommended that we check out the remake. Simply <laughs> because everything appears to be to have gone wrong when it came out. <laughs> like it, it, it was fucking death with movie and it ended up being, being like the, the worst possible timing you can have for releasing a death with movie. So, yeah, but each film in the podcast has been selected with... Uh, great care there was a lot of there has been a lot of hours and upon hours of pondering about that too i'm the guy who obsess i'm i'm kind of an ocd about these things and it may sound kind of counterintuitive in this podcast but by watching these more unheard of films we're actually tapping into this episode niches like or niches to exemplify on youtube our most listened episode is the opening of mr beethoven okay that's porn but uh, let's take another example then Inspector Palmer's Error is the next most listened episode uh, in YouTube. It's one of the most famous films in Finland. Unfortunately, very unknown outside of Finland, but it's one of our most successful episodes anyway. And one that has been also a listener favorite is the Serbian Pretty Village Pretty Flame. Our by far the most downloaded episode in our podcast of all time is the Polish film In the Name of Vimeo. So we're tapping into previously underutilized crowds, which is great. Of course, this is episode-per-episode-based uh, episode statistics. And I think this is kind of a flaw that we should pay attention to. Now we market the hell out of like individual episodes, but we should have also more marketing for what the hell this podcast is all about on the whole. Right now we're kind of doing a balancing act between where approximately every other episode is... Uh, Never heard of film from a kind of a randomish sounding country. And then the other 50% is internationally recognized super films. And there's like Jurassic Park also around the corner. So we will get into the easily hateable Hollywood trash eventually. Yep, fear not. Okay, let's listen to. Let's go to Pat Smith. Okay, so it's late while I'm recording this. I'm doing this for Henrik and Carrie. Boys, 
I see what you got. I've been really enjoying listening to um, listening to your podcast. It's been great fun listening to you guys talk about all the shows and all the films. Um, I particularly enjoyed your Akira. Now, I know you've just brought that one up on the Facebook page now because they're making the live-action movie of it. Please, give us your lowdown. How do you think it will be? Because that animation is one of my favourite films of all time. It is exquisite it took them eight years to draw to hand draw the movie all two hour two hours and 20 minutes of it and it blows my mind every time i see it i watch it maybe once maybe once a year maybe once every two years but i'll get it on after obviously recently um well, it was Ghost in the Shell that they made a live-action movie of, and in all intents and purposes, that was an amazing film. I thought they did a superb job of turning the the classic anime into a real live movie. Um, some of the reports I read saying that they they whitewashed by bringing in Hollywood actors for traditional Japanese parts, but I can remember clearly uh, the I can't remember his name, but the um, the, the main boss guy speaking Japanese. I know that he was a an indigenous person. Um, and if you well, if you look at the um, uh, the the animated movies, then you'll see that while well, she is an, a Japanese character, an anime character, her actual race, uh, well, doesn't actually it's not, not so clear because she's a cyborg. So. Akira. Kaneda Tetsuo. What's going to happen with these guys in the real live movie of it? It's set in 2060. Whereas the original was set in 2019. Which is now. And um. Well. Cause for concern or not. Remains to be seen. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it yet or not. What are your thoughts? Okay. For the second one. Now. You know, like um, you know, James Bond, Jason Bourne, um, any spy movie, basically, any 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 stealth, do not be seen, get in and out without being seen um, film. Why is it the camera crew are never seen? It baffles me. I mean, they're right there, out in the open, and yet the, bad, the, the enemy, the bad guy, he never sees them. That brings me on to something else, actually. Prequels and sequels. Okay, so the guy in the first, the bad guy in the first movie... I, fair enough, like, you know, he, he it's the first movie, so he doesn't have anything to be able to, to watch and, and do some research on the, the good guy for. But, like, take Die Hard, for example. And the first one, okay, bad guy dies, he gets all screwed up because everything goes wrong for him, and then dun, 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 Bruce Willis is the hero. But why doesn't the bad guy in the second movie watch the first movie? At least then he's got an idea on on how how much of a tough guy Bruce Willis is. You know, he's he's, he's got a little bit of an, more of an insight into how he operates, and it's just it's the same with all the others. Why don't they just the, the, all of the, all the James Bond movies? Why don't the bad guys watch the previous movies? If they do that, they know all his tricks. They know what he can do. It's a walk in the park for them. Then, beggar's belief, I tell you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's tackle the first point first. So, 
I'm actually very surprised to hear that you were happy with the Ghost in the Shell live-action remake. I, I would suppose it's the most anime fans like go to like go to duty to hate all these American remakes. But of course, I don't think like that automatically. I can't. I have to give the fair chance to every film that we watch here. I try to give every film a fair shot. Now, when it comes to Akira remake, well, at least now I see that there's a passionate team behind it. There's Screenwriter is Marco J. Ramirez and the producer Andrew Lazar, but uh, who knows? Ramirez has script-only TV series, as far as I know. Lazar, then, well, he's an industry professional with a long career, which can mean any types of things, but he has many notable credits, such as The American Sniper, I Love You, Philip Morris, etc. But who knows? Um, however, my hopes are not very high that they'll get it right, like, Hopefully, at least they will take a noticeable de- departure from the original, not to do just a carbon copy. Um, uh, hopefully, they just put a new spin on it. Perhaps Akira should lose the manga roots this time. Yeah, blasphemous, I know, but in this one, they could try to make it look very documentary instead, to give it a new spin. But I'm expecting some kind of a huge explosion spectacle, aching to average and mandatory and annual Marvel vomit. But let's see what they pump out and prove me wrong, Hollywood. I'm here to see if you can pull this off. I mean, this project has been in limbo since, what, 2002? So better get it right, for Christ's sake. I too am a bit hesitant with the live action remake. This mostly stems from, well, Hollywood's repetition on and, well, I, I guess I have to say overall repetition of the live-action remakes of animes. Because even the Japanese can apparently can't make these work. But with Akira, uh, the scriptwriter doesn't really raise my hopes up. Unfortunately, too unknown. And really, yeah. I, I, I can't find, you know, those solid pieces of work which actually would give me the confidence that he can handle a project of this magnitude. I mean, even even the police standby wasn't, in my opinion, that great when I originally saw it to, to actually give me enough confidence on the writer so that I, I can be 100% that behind him that he can make it, make the script work. Taika Waititi is a capable director. He is the now the current Hollywood sweetheart when it comes to directors. But e- even with Waititi, I'm kind of hesitant to say that I, I can fully believe that he is that good, that he is so capable that he can pull this one off. Because Akira is is extremely, it's very hard. Like, it's incruciatingly hard anime to turn up into a live-action remake unless you try to do it kind of like a a scene-by-scene, image-by-image remake, at which point you kind of have to ask, what is the point? Why why remake? Why spend all the money if you're not going to do anything new with the material? I also am a bit hesitant with the American remake because of the Ghost in the Shell, which I wasn't a huge fan of. With me, the major problems came with the themes I felt that were mishandled, like Kusanaki's infuriatingly strong link to the to the concept of self. 
and and the value of identity which i felt went completely opposite to the original manga and even even to the original anime film where where the technology was studied in a way where they showcased you the dangers that this technological advancement can have but also the benefits that you can reap from technological advancement and in the live action remake it's it's kind of the opposite like the technology like it often is with american films the technology ends up being evil and the value is found in the individual yeah kusanaki is the first line of uh, of these hybrids this type of cyborgs they have never been done before of course the makers of the cyborg is is the evil company who is so evil that they even steal young children and take their brains and then try to brainwash them to forget their original identity and give them a new identity because they are evil and that's what you do like that that kind of bugged me and i i also am one of those people who I I wasn't originally against the whitewashing aspect of, of the film because I do feel that you can take the character, uh, the stories and you can take the setting and you can change it from one country to another. And if you do that, you know, obviously you have to kind of uh, make changes into the characters. It's uh, also a monetary reason behind that because... Scarlett Johansson simply does sell more movie tickets than some unknown Asian actor. If if yeah. you are aiming to be a Hollywood film, that's that's simple math. And I'm yeah. willing to a- accept that. But what I did have a problem when it came to the whitewashing aspects of the film was the bullshit argument that the film eventually had about how Motoko was Scarlett Johansson, but it was still the Asian lady, which is a literal whitewashing. And with that, I was still would have still been okay had the film actually th- thought this through and actually used it as a philosophical point in the movie. If it would have been addressed, and if, if the movie would have taken the time to study what this actually means for her identity, like how he approaches the culture now, that she essentially is a Caucasian white woman who still has the Asian background. How does that affect her? But the movie completely avoids going into this direction and avoids having this dialogue and I really did not appreciate the movie for that one. To me, it was a missed opportunity of a major proportion. So like that would have been one of the, uh, one of those aspects where the live action remake would have kind of gained its ground and would have had that statement that this is why we are needed. Then again, we are getting kind of into this schizophrenic area of this podcast, or when we discuss about something whitewashing. Well, like you said, if you go to Americas, then you have to use somebody that, that is usually known to make your movie work. Of course, you could go with somebody completely unknown in those circles and get some Japanese actor to do the job. You could do that. <clears throat> but, but then it, again, is it whitewashing? Yeah, is, is it whitewashing? Um. But my main point is that why do we cling on to these things so often after all it's 2019 for christ's sake so your race 
or so-called race shouldn't matter in the equation. So you're not supposed to even look at that because it's a factor that basically doesn't exist because we are handling people as separate entities, their own characters with their own values and lifestyles and choices and not as like mere units of a group. So this I do not sometimes understand. But I of course all, I'm all for like more equal representation and I think this would stem from the fact that we kind of just don't give a shit. Mm, I, I kind of a would hazard a guess that the problem wouldn't have been such of a big deal hadn't it been Ghost in the Shell which is one of the the animes that have come out of Japan and if it wouldn't have been a Hollywood production because Oh boy, does Hollywood have a history with problematic elements and mishandling basically everything that is sensitive to anyone. Like, it, it, it's a fucking cesspit what it is. But that, that it is. Yeah, but with that under the way, race, traditions and nationality, they are still factors that affect quite all many people. And it, it is still an important part of the self and the identity. Mm -hmm. I would almost make the case for the most of us in some shape or or the another. And because of that, I can kind of understand that people are sensitive on these topics. But should they be or should it be something I, that matters? I, why, I, why is it part of your cultural background if it's not important? Because cultural background in itself is important and basically everything that that creates that background is is therefore important. I think what we're doing now in the global society, we're doing doing our darnest to get rid of, of of all those cultural connotations. And but I guess we just shouldn't pay so much attention to these these factors. We should think of us as yeah. We should be blind to these factors in a sense. At least how do you look on the outside? I don't know. I I on the other hand, I feel that we have every right and maybe even should pay attention to these these factors because they still matter to many people and culture and identity and cultural identity are important factors still and that that is something that i i would say still is even today it is very strongly going on worldwide like Americans identify as Americans and they have the cultural background behind them which they are willing to defend I, I would almost say to the death and, yeah, and partly yeah. that also goes for Finns that goes for this national pride and shit and which I have a very very big problem with so I kind of put these two in, into, a, into a context I think in an ideal situation nobody would be you know being proud of where they're coming from but that's just me I, and i have these weird opinions in this podcast so whatever uh, yeah to me it's unavoidable you you either like i i see that th three ways you are pr proud or you are ashamed or then you try no. to be kind of a, not paying attention to it but i i would say that taking pride or feeling ashamed are the two main no no, no. Maybe take something that George Carlin said, like, be happy where you're coming from. George but Carlin, to my understanding, still identified extremely heavily as an American. Not really. He hated everything about the American lifestyle, pretty much. He would sometimes 
bring out some of the more lightweight points. He was uh, he, but, but, he 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 was always he even made one point to say for quite a bit about it that he never understood national pride as well because he was coming from mixed background what he was like a mix of American and something else as well. So, so he the, could never understand it. So w- that would kind of tie more into being ashamed of the nationality, no. but that would still mean that the nationality is a big part of your identity. George Carlin, to me, always was an American stand-up comedian. He wasn't a stand-up comedian of the open world, this non-country. Um, he never wanted to identify, in my opinion, as as any kind of a American or representative of any nation. He may not have wanted to be perceived as one, but as I, I would once again, simply by the fact that he criticized America so much, I would say that he still identified as American, since that was the country and the background and the culture he was criticizing of. Sure, and he came from that background, but still you know, using that as some kind of a pride or shame. I mean, these are things that should not matter here. It should be just, okay, you can say that you are from a particular country and that's good because I can live a happy and healthy life here. But everything else outside of that, I think it's uh, toxic. And part of this uh, delusion you come to, everybody comes from their own background. And so they are biased towards that background. And they have to acknowledge that. So therefore, I think you shouldn't be proud or ashamed or any any of that. And I, I would say that only like 10 people in the world can achieve that level of existence where and you can should. rid yourself. Should, yeah, but if you identify that it's something that you should do, then that's what you should strive to do. And not be biased towards your own countrymen and then kill your neighbors because, you know, I, I don't know, they speak a different language. I don't know. I I I can see the point. I do agree that it's that national identity and the pride on the national identity is a slippery slope of going into extreme ideologies and becoming a prejudice towards other nationalities. But I still I I'm I wouldn't still take that as far as to say that you shouldn't take pride and you shouldn't identify as a member of Nation X. Yeah, like you said, it's a slippery slope, and uh, okay, we have to leave it at that because of timing. We, we kind of got got sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Once again, we, we were trying to answer a simple question from, from a listener, and this yeah. is what happened. God, sorry about that for everyone. My, I, I, my take on, on the question is that it's simply because the members of the film crew the cameraman and the boom mic operator and all those people, they are they are kids of the bad guys. Like, the, the bad guys are fathers and mothers of the persons who actually, in the end, form the camera crews. And this, of course, is the reason why no one pays any attention to them. Because obviously the parents are going to treat their kids with complete disregard and pay no attention to them at all. Just like my folks, don't pay any attention to me. That kind of makes me sad and alone. Oh, I'm sure they do look after you. <laughs> they most definitely are not listening to the podcast. <laughs> Never mind, shame on them. Well, I, I would say, so the question, why does not the bad guys ever watch the previous films? 
I think there's two reasons for this. Like first, the bad guys, there's, they are always a little bit too sure about themselves and too dumb. And second, there is this great film called The Last Action Hero. And in the film's universe, there's these real world films that get scrambled. For example, suddenly you might realize that the Sylvester Stallone played the Terminator. So this could play a part in there that they just cannot get it right. Like, how should I proceed after seeing this Terminator with Sylvester Stallone regarding this future happening? But with a little effort, you know, they might actually put one-on-one -on -one together and see that, hey, this plan should not go uh, forward from where I'm standing, where I'm sitting, from my desk. But as I said, uh, villains can be quite dumb and their plottings even dumber if possible. Occasionally, you become convinced that the movie's universe hasn't yet even invented films. For example, Hugo Drax obviously didn't watch Star Wars. You did? That, that's a very good question. And you did approach it from the right direction for, by using Die Hard as one of the go-to examples of this not happening. And the obvious reason for that one is that because the bad guys are all part of the and I, I, I know I know what you guys may be thinking. You may be thinking that I'm just an to which I have to say, yes, I am. But You gotta be kidding me if we are going to publish those notions in this podcast episode. <laughs> we are going to get kicked off the podosphere and the servers. <laughs> See, that, that is the editing decisions you have to make. Thanks. I, I, Scratching I'm, head already. I, I, I've given you the content and now you can choose what you do with it. You definitely do. I guess trust my decisions here, <laughs> even if I were to let this go through like it is. All right. Let's listen something from Teemu from Finland. Hey, yeah, so nice, nice review, guys. Yeah, so I really enjoyed the background information because, you know, when you listen to other podcasts, they typically don't include any background information or don't give any additional value but yeah your podcast really is educational and fun also and to keep the feedback short keep up the good work boys and yeah uh, one one thing also could you do a review of the movie the matrix i would like to see your opinion of that and the analysis of the film as a whole yeah, that's about it. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, Temu. I hope you're doing good out there in that cold land. <clears throat> it, it definitely is my personal goal to keep the show educational, or as Henrik indicated in previous episodes, we should be as honest and, and as unbiased as we can which probably hasn't always worked perfectly. <laughs> Not necessarily <clears throat> but, always, but we do strive for it. Yeah, we do. And, but also, we try to be thorough and encourage different types of like dialogue around the films and whatever is in its extended bubble, let's say. 
But yeah, I actually took note of your wish right away and I pushed the Matrix episode into our schedule on September 12th. So look for the Matrix episode in this podcast. Poor Teemu, poor Teemu. I, I get the feeling that you really do like Matrix. And <laughs> for, because of that, I, I do kind of feel sorry for you because now Kari has put it on, on the schedule and as we all know, Kari has kind of a funny opinions about good movies. Yeah. Stay tuned. So is that all the listener feedback? I'm not so sure. I think we might have missed something. Like m- maybe the 50 calls to actually get off the air and quit this <laughs> nonsense. The hell he was asking what has been the most frustrating one episode to do. What do you reckon? Uh, I don't know. Because th- there has been a bunch of episodes that have been frustrating to do. Um, Halloween 6 is-, is the first one that comes to mind. Because... <laughs> We had to go through two different cuts in the same episode and it took fucking forever and neither one of the cuts were actually good. So it was twice of the watching of a terrible film. Apocalypse Now was extremely... It was an episode which first it took very long to record and also it was kind of the episode where we were most naked, I would say. And where the discussion got most intimate and where we kind of opened up for the first time. So because of that, it was quite taxing to do. And of course, like it has been said like 500 times already, the Serbian episode was politically so extremely loaded that that was... Also very hard to do because you were constantly on on the seashells thinking like can can you say this and is this in can this be interpreted the wrong way? Are you accidentally saying something that you didn't mean to say or are you giving an implication that you were not actually trying to give but you accidentally fuck up? And the whole thing gets thrown into a entirely another light because of that. Yeah, yeah, those Halloween 6 was quite frustrating in a way, but I also got a big laugh out of how bad the film was. So that was kind of fun to analyze and kind of get into the deeper, kind of trying to crack the code on the film and its story, if it would make sense in any way that you could bend it. And the answer, I think, is no. But the, f- the most frustrating ones would have to be in the name of the Polish movie episode. Maybe kind of surprisingly, because in the background of that episode, I was in Spain and my flat was really cold and damp. I was having a fever and uh, I had sinusitis. And regardless, despite being completely under the weather and Henrik a bit as well, we pulled it through and a couple of others. I was also sick during the Halloween 2018 and uh, the Bone Tomahawk. But in the name of was by far the worst experience in that sense. Let's just say that some insane editing was involved <laughs> in that one. Turned out fine. Another one could ha- be our previous one, in fact, because it was a total fucking catastrophe. Everybody had tech issues and we kind of got sick and tired of Discord at that point. But we soldiered through, like always. What about your favorite moments in this podcast? I don't know if there is any. Or your like most rewarding experience? Uh, to me, this podcast has been nothing but losing. I, I, I've lost money, I've lost time, I've lost personal connections, I, I've lost my family, lost my Shut dog, up. lost my <laughs> house, 
lost my dignity. I'm going going to come and kick you. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, Hellraiser was one of those rewarding episodes, I would say, because that that is through that episode I kind of got the first-hand experience on exactly how hard you at times have to fight for your nonsensical point <laughs> concerning a film, and it did highlight. Like I stated before, the the disconnect that you have between the moment you make the point in your head and the moment when you actually word out your point and necessarily you have to defend it because it, it, it is surprisingly a lot. They are two completely different realms of an existence. So that, that was quite a rewarding and teaching experience. And I would also say that Perhaps Apocalypse Now, in the sense that w- once you broke the par- that kind of wall, broke the barrier between you and the audiences, which I had been trying to hold up pretty tightly and pretty high up until that point, you kind of got into a more looser waters. Like after that, talking about all this, all this intimate stuff became easier, and I would almost hazard to say that it as a result of that our own beliefs and viewpoints have become more obvious to the listeners and I almost would believe that also the episodes have gotten better after we have started to be more open yeah I guess we kind of had kind of a heart to heart there that's what happens when you start crazy projects with me you just might get into these weird waters to which we have not gone ever since, I believe. Not really. Not that deep. I, I, I don't or, know. I, or the I, feeling that I had, at least in my head, was that we were in pretty deep waters and that I was quite naked there, as you said. I, I got the same impression of you in the Call Me By Your Name episode. Oh, okay. Where, where well, that's... Where yeah, I you're... noticed some swelling in the voice. and I noticed that you at times you took longer gaps between the sentences which I, I took that that actually did hit pretty hard and pretty deep somewhere in, in you where there is no heart. Yeah, that's uh, that hit a special spot, that film. And also rewarding experience, I guess, would be would be Merry Christmas Mr. Lawrence, which might have been the, the breaking point after which we got even more philosophical and even more analytical when it came to themes and even more nonsensical e- even more nonsensical but i i don't know if we actually have today stand on a stronger footing because we are so nonsensical Be- because i i at times i feel that the best discussions we have and the and the discussions that give me the most are actually the nonsensical discussions when we are talking about heavy themes Hmm, I enjoy those. Yeah, if I could still mention one of the worst experiences during this podcast. I mean, uh, granted, enough time has not yet passed since that moment, but I would say that putting together and recording this episode for your listening pleasure (laughs) has been quite a nightmare. This is... uh, uh, Can we even disclose how much work doing this has been? Looking at how we, much we have recorded now, like raw material, it would be about... Holy crap. Yeah, it, it, it's it's from 
10 to 12 hours. Something like that. Complete with all these clips that we have brought here and all these games that we put together. The games took the most amount of time to put together. And I hope you enjoyed that. I, I, I hope that you don't need to axe them off in the final edit because oh my god would that be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, many awkward moments have been avoided in this podcast by the magic of editing so see you in the cutting room floor <laughs> but yeah my th- best exp- th- this, yeah. Ha- this has been the fucking celebratory episode which was supposed to be was supposed to be the lack the relaxed recording process where we do kind of a shoot the shit for as, as long as we we kind of come up with things to say and then just finish it off and i was actually thinking that this will take like two to three hours to pull off and this is day three of the recording process day four if you count in that failed attempt in which i tried to record do my part while on a fucking train so yeah like you said in the previous episode you suppose that this episode would be kind of a mercy for our listeners that it would be our most short episode <laughs> ever. Most short episode. Shortest. The, the, this would be the easiest to handle. We, we are si- simply, you know, talking a bit about ourselves. <laughs> My best experience in this podcast just might be on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Well, the recording wasn't too much of a fun for me. I was really tired. I was in a park and there was a lot of distractions. But despite all that and Henrik being extremely exhausted as well... We somehow managed, and uh, it became perhaps my favorite episode so, so far in the lab. Like special mention maybe also to Halloween Resurrection episode that we did because it was actually it was actually therapeutic shit talking that stinking abhorrent piece of cinema while being also completely shit faced. I might add. <laughs> because that is what this podcast is all about. It is the therapy session of the two of us. And all the listeners are simply dumb scholars who have turned in. And looking forward for more therapy sessions in the future, unless you, dear listener, are already in the need of therapy after listening to this monster of an episode. We will never do the 100th episode. <laughs> but if we hit it, it's not going to be a celebratory episode. It's going to be business as usual, because god damn it. <laughs> Yeah, is there anything that we could celebrate without going overboard? We can't even go through the listener feedback and questions without rambling on forever. We got got this one question from from a listener, and 30 hours later. (laughs) Alright, let's go take a look at some of the best or the funniest parts of the podcast from the entire year. Enjoy. Okay, yeah, so that was the theme music. Yeah, welcome yeah, I, to Flick Lab episode one. That, that, that is something not to do. It's, it's, it's 101 on hacking your wife to pieces. Don't stuff the body parts in a trunk. And I'm still wondering what the hell is the, like, the point of the helicopter? So, well, there are these really strange kind of an ups and downs on how fast the film goes. For the life of me, like, like I said, you know, give me five minutes and two shots of whiskey and I can come up with some half-ass symbolism for the helicopter, but what the fuck was going on with that scene? 
I thought that, you know, Alfred Hitchcock was supposed to be this master director and dude's a complete fucking hack. <laughs> but then there are weird comments like, here is the marvelous camera technique of panning. And uh, I'm like, but it's basically like saying the lighting technique of having the light on. It's pretty <laughs> integral for filmmaking. A rainbow, what does it need? <laughs> So the, if something the movie is a confirmation that you are completely right <laughs> in your story and you should continue it because god damn it you may catch up a murderer someday <laughs> let's see how this first episode goes and and of course it can be only up from here on yeah i mean at, at this point you know we have Basically, thrown stones at Rio Grindo and Hitchcock as a director and film students. So, what, what could possibly go wrong in the future? Would I recommend Rio Window? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would also recommend Rio Window. I would recommend it to every stalking neighbor. Maybe. All the waiting is because Cochran himself has tried to be actually find some logic in his plan. <laughs> and finally, finally, at the end of Halloween 3, you know, he's finally given up and, you know, just <laughs> goes with it. There, there is no rhyme or reason for me to do this, but I have been building this shit up nevertheless all these years, so fuck it, I'm just gonna roll with it. Yeah. Planetary yeah. alignment, so... Yeah, he says it himself. He's not deciding this thing, you know. The planets do. So, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I'm just a slave to the script, and the script does not make any sense. I, I, I saw the planet's alignment, and the planets for the script, and I just have to go with it. I'm stuck with low-quality VHS copies. I have to say, you goddamn, you have to update. Uh, I can actually travel all the way to Poland to see your high-end Blu-ray copy of this film where you can, as you said, you can see everything. And I would still see no point in Cochrane's plan or in the plot. The f- this uh, Roger Ebert also so, 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 some real love for, for Roger Ebert. Right there. <laughs> the classical pickup tactic of, hey, your dad died on my watch. Do you want to screw? Yeah. I drink some Miller and fuck this woman. I call you on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look after the kids, hey, while, while I'm gone. I would love to do some kind of a remix out of it. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it! No, no, I would not recommend Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. I recommend it, but with some cautions. In my case, I guess the niche would be weird Belgian porn. When he looks down, and he looks like he's confused, like like a confused <laughs> dog. Like, what happened here? Where did you go? <laughs> Don't you want to play anymore <laughs> with Uncle Michael? Michael should have gotten the real mask. He got the wrong mask from the wrong story. <laughs> that mask with the pink tint and white hair still 
looks better than the mask that they used for the rest. <laughs> Ouch. Shots fired. Shit, Earl. That's Ted Hollister's Cocker Spaniel. He loves that dog. You don't have a police force. So yeah. I'll create a lynch mob with these rednecks. <laughs> and what happens five minutes later? <laughs> yeah, immediately. It's Ted Hollister. <laughs> dead, dead, dead. Dead Goddamn Hollister. Hollister. <laughs> Alcoholister. <laughs> when you think about it, it, it makes sense. That it, it does be... not make any fucking sense in any way. Well, it doesn't make sense in that sense, but it makes sense in the sense that... Yeah, you, I... know, you know, making this podcast has ruined this scene and <laughs> part of this goddamn movie, movie for me for <laughs> life. So thanks a lot for that. Now what I want you to do is take the... Now I still don't understand and complete the sentence. Now I still don't understand why they need to... Make another fucking sequel for this series. <laughs> oh, I still don't understand why every goddamn time nobody ever transports these dangerously de deranged mental patients at daytime. What happened? <laughs> this is the famous episode where we are actually going with the kids. <laughs> Like the rest of this deceased franchise. Today we are checking out the Halloween 5, The Revenge of Don Shanks. Jamie has lost her ability to speak in this film just so that Mustafa doesn't have to pay Daniel Harris any extra money for line delivery. Tina! God fucking damn it! Hey, open up! <laughs> Boom, ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. I'm never sensible if I can help it! This this really is the point in a goddamn franchise where there's no likable character in the movie. We finally reach it. Maxi! Why? Why are you protecting him? Because this movie is a hour and a half long. It looks like a freaking gothic Moominland house. Mm-hmm. Ta-da! Tina, queen of outer space. Thank God they changed that one. <laughs> Not using security harnesses, having extremely dangerous nighttime car chases on a field, and not yelling cut when a car catches burning and you stop shooting. Like, once again, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Billy, no. Billy charging on his bike is nearly on the shape. Slam! Billy's front wheel smashes the back of the shape's knees. The shape crumples, acting like a ramp for Billy. <laughs> There's something weird going on there. Well, w what is going on there is the general dumb fuckery of Halloween 5. She'll cure you, Michael, of the rage! What's the first image that comes to mind? End credits. So, what's your overall feel? <laughs> Would you recommend Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers? Fuck no! Avoid the film. Almost like a plague. No, I would not recommend Halloween 5. Who knows? Maybe in these coming months I managed to have some very sensual and erotic relationship with Rudolf. 
Well, I guess we both have enough booze, you know, to stay professional once again. The, the alcohol consumption in this podcast is something that really speaks to our talents. Well, at least today's movie, Michael Myers is actually doing some actual slashing instead of it just being done by the editor. He got the ice skate to his face. You know, could have been just, just an accident. <laughs> Drunken accident. Drunken accident. <laughs> you like Creed? No fucking way, I don't like Creed. <laughs> just, just contact this podcast if you want to find better bands than Creed. Yeah. But basically, every character in this film has a jump scare. Even the old ladies are armed with jump scares in here. I like the fuck me shit jump scare. It didn't work. It didn't work as a jump scare, but it's a moment uh, to remember. I would just put the disc on repeat, just uh, replay and replay and replay this. What the fuck do you think you're doing? What the fuck do you think you're doing? Yes, I'm not normal. Yeah, you have some problems, you know. I could believe that it has go- been so that Akkad is ready to give him the three-movie deal and then John Carpenter also demands that there would be the- be a sequel to The Fog. And at that point, Akkad is like, <laughs> get out of my fucking office. Yeah, we first make the sequel to The Fog, The Fog 2, and then we make Halloween Edge 2. Yeah. Get out of here, John, you are drunk, and I never want to see you here again. <laughs> well, I'm just a hippie capitalist, so. <laughs> I mean, who who was the mastermind? Automatically decided that from the beginning of this podcast, we are going, we should go venture out, you know, outside of our comfort zones for the first episodes. And we, I, I don't know about you, but I haven't found the comfort zone yet. <laughs> so I take it that you would rec- recommend Halloween Twenty. Yes, I would recommend it. Yeah, I, I would recommend H20. Not only have we covered 17th century Virginia colonialism and Polish Catholic churches uh, homosexuals, we're now going to discuss Islamist extremism in this podcast, so enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is truly... <laughs> I mean... Th- this is truly... Yeah. Uh, this, this is, Kari, again, one of those things you just don't fucking do. <laughs> I thank Sorry. God I'm only available for one episode. <laughs> and now I need some pronunciation help, please. See, this guy is uh, Nabil Yauch. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the first instinct would be to say that it was exotic. Uh, Henrik, you're forgetting that nowadays exotic is now a racist word. <laughs> How the fuck is that racist? <laughs> well, I, I have found the exotic served to me in the grocery store for fuck's sake. Okay, okay. But by the way, who chose this movie to be a Moroccan movie of the week? <laughs> It's Kari. I really didn't want more Moroccan movie to be about terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> like the worst thing you could choose. I, I, I was thinking the exact same thing when I saw what the movie is gonna be about. Like I, I was like, we are starting the, you know, 
risk where we take different movies from different <laughs> countries. And what is the first subject matter that we touch on? Islamic terrorism. Like, yeah, they are fucking nailed it. And when it comes to Poland, it's church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my fucking God. It's like the worst parts of every country. <laughs> what is happening next week, Henrik? I don't have the faintest idea. <laughs> so a careful recommendation from me. What about you, Curry? I would recommend it. Henrik, what the hell is the Flick Lab? The Flick Lab is basically the two of us completely wasting our time and listeners alive while trying to sound extremely smug and smart. There's going to be a lot of complaining in this episode, so beware. Yeah, well, how is that going to be any different from any other episode you have done? <laughs> like, it's it's 17 episodes in, in a continuous complaining. And that, that, now you are actually giving our listeners the warning that there might be some complaining in this podcast. Technically speaking, he never called his wife a cow. <laughs> he, he simply made a notion that the cow was more appealing than his wife. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Well, have you seen that particular cow? I have not. Like, are, are you cow-shaming in this podcast? Is that what you are doing here? But what can you do with a limited time? Mm. To keep yourself up at night and watch some more movies with the bloody eyes. That's what I'm already doing for this podcast, so... <laughs> I would not recommend Bone Tomahawk for the faint-hearted, but I would recommend it otherwise. Great movie. I, on the other hand, I would not recommend it as a porn or fapping material, but it does get a flying recommendation as a film. It's very catchy. This far, when it comes to Asian movies, we have gone through a Japanese movie about Second World War, war crimes, a Japanese horror film about spiral cursing the town and now we are touching the politically loaded thriller about the tensions between the two Koreas. But hey, you know, we like challenge, here's a challenge. Talking about South and North Korean relationships without a South Korean. Yep, so basically, the, basically today's episode is two Western white guys explaining the tension between the two Koreas. Henrik, would you recommend Shiri? I would. I would. A glowing recommendation. Would I recommend this film with flying colors? Well, I guess that's a term that you can also use. Well, yeah, it's been a long ride. It most definitely has. I kind of had already forgotten all those Kind of light and choking moments in this podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, we have discussed how to make the podcast, how our feelings are about it. We have gone through the feedback. We have played a little bit of funny games. Anything to add at this point? Well, I, I guess as a last thing, we should ask ourselves the question, what now? Like, what are we going to do next? Because the obvious answer is, to quit, quite honestly. <laughs> it, it was a nice ride, man. 
<laughs> I, I, I was happy to be part of this. This is the 50th episode. Goodbye, you all. <laughs> but knowing Henrik, he's going to pop up at 6 p.m. in the recording booth once again. <laughs> Most likely. But but in all seriousness, we, we have basically, we have reached almost every milestone that a serious podcast can have. We have had the self-masturbatory celebration episode, this one right here. We have had a Facebook feud in the comment fields. We, well, I, I don't know what else we have had. <laughs> but we, we have touched upon politically loaded subjects. And we have talked about porn. We, we have talked about other cultures, often in quite mean and defining manner. So basically, we, we have done it all. We have reached it all. The only thing now for us to do anymore is to get a corporate sponsor and set up a Patreon and get some money, like two bucks. And after that, we can say that we have also monetized this bastard. And then we have done everything that Joe Rogan himself does. So it's I, I think at that point we can say that we simply quit at the top. <laughs> When it comes to the Patreon, it's on the way. I can't get, <laughs> what, get in. Are you serious? <laughs> like, like what, what, what is going to be the incentive? Like, <laughs> are, are you honestly going to be offering, like, give us five bucks and you get shorter episodes? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that uh, I have the possibility to go to several premieres, just like that. It has been my idea that uh, this would concentrate this Patreon page on actually showing our faces. At least my ugly mug would be there to tell you in video format about all these new premiere films and maybe doing something more lighthearted than usual even. Talk about the things that we cannot do within the confines of the podcast itself. So it could be more like a free-flowing, we can talk about whatever we want. And I can, you know, respond to all kinds of feedbacks with Henrik. I'm gonna build a nice community to talk about films. Also, there's ideas about uh, not really commentary tracks, but tracks for different movies. But what kind of tracks, if this goes, goes through, we will talk about it maybe in a later episode. <laughs> but <laughs> let's just keep this as a teaser for now. And before any Patreon happens, we need more followers. Well, yeah, I really don't know what are the listener statistics. Yeah, better to get to that after the episode. <laughs> I didn't know that the situation was, was that bad. <laughs> it's a kind of ep episode per episode basis. Let's just say that Call Me By Your Name was pretty good. Like, surprisingly good. And then... Yeah, we need more listeners. But at this point, I guess it's uh, still time for some shout-outs. So, a heartfelt thank you for all the listeners of the Flick Lab so far. Yeah, without you, this would not really make much sense. So, thank you for tuning in. Shout-out to the one Serbian fan who keeps listening every episode for whatever reason. Thank you. <laughs> there there um, most definitely has to be something wrong with you, mate. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how many podcasts you guys have in Serbia, but like, if you are tuning into this shit, you, know, you, you, <laughs> you guys most definitely have to start your own podcasts. 
Yeah, uh, maybe it can still be the Serbian government eavesdropping. <laughs> or, <laughs> or not really. Babies. Thank you, Mom, because you've been helping quite a lot actually behind the scenes to make some of these episodes happen when I've been moving a lot. Thank you for all the inspiration, for your feedbacks. Thank you for all the guests. Tom Franklin for doing the kind of a Bond marathon here. Still very well to the side of the next year until the April of 2020. Bond wouldn't be born without Tom Franklin. Yeah, Franklin, Tom Franklin and his T stirred not shaken. Thank you for Abdul Baba from A Screaming Man. Thank you for Nora for tuning in for Uzumaki. Thank you for Annie for Uncle Boon Me for your great knowledge. Mladen, thank you for saving the entire episode in Pretty Village Pretty Flame. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Mitch Tom for your great insights on what the situation is in Hong Kong and China. Jana for Six Degrees of Celebration giving the cultural background information about like pop singers and all amazing stuff. Sorry that we completely fucked up with you on, on the second time. Yeah. Not, not, not the brightest moment of Discord. Life happens and on us from Horses of God. So, sorry for, once again for what we did to Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was Anas thankfully kind of saved that with his presence. Magda, in the name of episode, great cultural insights from Poland. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone. Without you guys, it would have not been as rich or even remotely as interesting episodes. Thank you. No, we would have actually missed incredibly a lot on when it comes to insight to movies and also in general knowledge, because every guest has brought something from their culture and opened up their culture for us. So really heartfelt thanks for all the effort that you guys have made for this podcast to be as good as it has been. And this episode wouldn't be complete without mentioning Heli, who has been helping out a lot also in the background and supporting us like tirelessly ever since she started listening to us and found us. So thank you for the support and thank you for everything that you have done kind of trying to spread the word about our international challenge almost like every week and also spreading copies of the film for rent at your work and <laughs> incredible stuff and so much effort really she said that we should respect what we have done a little bit more <laughs> in this podcast <laughs> she she will say that <laughs> until we actually accidentally end up denying and after that, she will be like, you should be very ashamed of what you have done. Which we have not done. <laughs> not yet. And uh, Nick Rivel, huge thanks for your musical talents that we will hear later on in this podcast. And thank you also, Janne, for providing the goddamn internet for this show to happen in the later episodes. And providing the recording location in uh, actually several episodes when I was lacking the necessary space. Sorry that you have to know, Kari. <laughs> yeah, I have been... Uh, I I definitely owe you a lot, Janne. I don't know if I can ever pay you back for all that you have done for the last three months or so, but thank God uh, you're here in Poland with me. What would I do without you? 
And what would I do without you, Henrik? Thank you. Thank <laughs> Most you. likely would have a better podcast. <laughs> Or have a I life. Have <laughs> <laughs> you could have reinvented Moon TV at this point and be, be, be back in making, you know, game reviews and all the gaming related media. But <laughs> I think that... <laughs> instead you are stuck here. Not quite as much as you would like to think, because in our schedule I have put a game-related movie for us to watch. So What the hell have you done? <laughs> uh, like I said, there's still new frontiers to check out on this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm scared already. <laughs> But yeah, really, you have brought this... <laughs> this podcast really to the standard level that that, that, <laughs> that was kind of required i'm serious though <laughs> i am you, you you do know that we just went on listening the best bits of of the flick lab and <laughs> it, it mostly was simply drinking and swear words <laughs> on my end <laughs> like I, if, I, if this I, 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 i didn't i didn't count how many fucks there were on, on that recording, but the more, more, most definitely was more fucks than I have ever gotten in my life. If this was really just me talking here, it would be, it would get really boring really fast. And, well, you really brought like the humorous side into this. I was thinking of doing something very boring and technical, and you, you gave this the, you know, the spice and the dynamics, so... And, uh, of course, your vast knowledge in films. <laughs> Still, all the, all, all the weird stuff you can simply waste your life. <laughs> well, there is a lot of educational things that we could do. We could, like, do a book podcast. We could do a political podcast. But I think one movie podcast will just have to do for now. I, I, I think it will suffice. Yeah, let's let's go with that. But thank you, uh, man, Alasso. You know, you you still you you are the one who started this journey. I I wouldn't be here tonight at half past three a.m. <laughs> recording the self masturbatory celebration episode. Well, that was a lot of thank yous, and as you can imagine, at this point I'm very out of my best element. Four a.m. It's okay. You will save this at post. I'm certain of that. And th- thank God for the post. I mean, Th- thank God for the post. You know. Yeah. Thank. Thank you for the post. Yes. Th- thank you, Audacity, for being actually pretty shitty software. <laughs> like, I've been using you for an entire year, and goddamn, are you a nightmare? Yeah. I'm really scared. This. This. I don't even know if we can record tomorrow the next episode because this editing is going to drive me nuts in the booth. If If you want to postpone the recording, we can postpone. I'm not sure if that's gonna work either, but I guess we have to make it work. Have you made your notes already for that? Not yet. I was planning to yeah. do them after I'm free from the third recording of the celebration uh, <laughs> masturbation episode. Henrik, what about if what about if we allow ourselves a little bit of a break tomorrow? I, I I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Yeah, because God at this moment, <laughs> I have no idea. You have no idea how tired I am. I, I I do have an image because I 
also slept like two hours before <laughs> was again oh. waking up to do the do, do this final stretch so that we have covered all the material. And also, just thinking about your personal security, I think your family would kill you if you do another podcast episode tomorrow. That that might also be. But at the, that point, they would ac- actually have to acknowledge that I do a film podcast. <laughs> yeah. I have more important things to do here. Go away with your lettuce. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I eat lettuce after this one. I said five hours ago. <laughs> they must be rotting in a corner. All right. Thanks once again. If you somehow managed to go through all of this, I have no idea how that would happen, but congrats I, I, to you. I, I don't know why you did it, you madman. Or woman, in Helly's case. Or seek immediate assistance. <clears throat> and as usual, you can find us in the regular places. Do not forget to join our International Cinema Challenge. And, uh, of course, every last Thursday of the month we will be looking at James Bond until Bond 25 releases. Which, which special apologies to Lucas, whose ears must be bleeding already, and his head must have exploded. Well, thank you, and see you next week for The Spy Who Loved Me. And, yeah, I'm too brain dead to add anything else. <laughs> let's, let's just close this one. I, I want to be over with this one. <laughs> I want my life back. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, happy 50th. <laughs> Enjoy the celebration. It sounded good when we started, <laughs> now it sounds like an insult. <laughs> that means we've done something right. And I'm, <laughs> I'm most definitely not looking forward to the next episode. <laughs> this, this is how you celebrate in Finland. <laughs> went overboard as usual. <laughs> went, went overboard. And made sure that at the end of it, absolutely fucking no one had fun. I much prefer just sausage and beer instead of this marathon. Yeah, thanks also for my end. It's it's been a wild ride, like stated repeatedly throughout this episode. But yeah, it wouldn't be the same without all you guys, without you, Kari. And I, I don't know what the future will bring. But hopefully we will see you all in the next episode. Keep on flicking. Alright, see you next week. See you next week. Landlord has a question. Or shout out in a negative sense. <laughs> I, I guess he does. Did you know that your rent is too much due, you lazy hobo? Pay up or hit the road, and stop with this gay-ass podcasting. Truer words have never been spoken by my landlord. Hmm, thank you for those nice words. Like, e- even my own family doesn't listen to this shit. I, I told my mom that I'm making a movie podcast, and I got immediately crossed out of the last will and testament. I have noticed the same trend as you, Henrik. Like... Nobody. <laughs> no, from, nobody. No, nobody talks to you after you started to make a film podcast. Nobody from my close circles listens to this goddamn product. <coughs> and I'm already writing all of you out of my will. <laughs> <laughs>